99 episodes, 21 specials, including two annuals, two holiday annuals, three reviews, three commentaries. And now it is time to put it all away. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. All right. Here we go. Okay. So he's up. <laughs> he turned the, the lights, lights off. He is left. The... He just left. It's and dark. I, I assume he's going to grab his Antonio Banderas sex doll and just do... <laughs> oh, he's opening the door, yelling, "Pack it he's up!" Getting in his car, and yeah, he driving brought the, away. He's he buying a ticket. He his Antonio Banderas sex doll. I, okay, cool. It looks exactly like him too. It's so uncanny. He's staring me in the eyes. That's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, oh, he came back. Hey, what happened? What, what did I miss? <laughs> hey, what's up, Brandon? <laughs> I like the commitment. It was good. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome to the 100th episode. 100. 100. Of the Big Fake Nerd Podcast. Triple digits. I'm your host, as always, Brandon T. McClure. With me, as always. Ben Magnet. Yo. Ryan Eliopoulos. It's me, Mario. Sparkplug Wikiwitty. Oh my god, you're right. I had no idea I always did that. What? <laughs> what? Introduced you all in that order. Oh, always, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you also say as always, but we are not as always here. You all say right. most of the time. Sometimes all here. <laughs> sometimes I'll be gone. Most of the time I'm joined so, by. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Ryan will be gone. Sometimes you'll be gone. It's, you know. Things happen. All right. Well, we're all here today. It's a good day. Yeah. It's a new day. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. I yeah. drove. I drove here. You did. You got a new car. You I have did. a new car. It's pretty cool. So shiny. New car. It's a 2018. So screw you, you guys, in your 20s. I have a 2015. Thank 2015, you. 2015. You and your young cars. 2004. Oh, hey, I know what the, I had a. I, I have a broken Ford Taurus sitting in oh. the parking lot. So oh. I understand. <laughs> so I understand. Sparks, what's yours? 2009. There we go. Oh, there we go. There we go. So my car still has the rolled down windows, though, so I'm, I'm technically older than all of you. <laughs> I'm an old soul. I kind of was hoping to get power locks. No. Oh, wow. No? Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> gotta, boop, gotta no, push that button. You know what I was hoping for? I was hoping what? for um, one, because we went to the comic book store today. Yes. I was hoping to ride in your car so I could just like see your new car and also roll uh, down the window. I bet it smells excruciatingly like weed. No, no. I'm, I'm really? being, I'm, uh, I'm treating my car with care. Oh, all right. At least I'm trying to. Uh, but you went outside to smoke for a while. Yeah, but I'm very delicate. I have a process. Thank you I very see. much. Of yes, course. Yes, Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Yes. It's mostly me not being in the car when it happens. Ah. That's how it happens. Ben, yeah. how was your week? Today, this week how was your week today you know uh well today was good. one whole week in one day uh d- do you really want me to answer no it, let me guess you're alive yeah yeah work week hey i didn't actually talk about my week though real quick oh i thought that was no it. yeah no sorry i actually have stuff i want to talk about because i oh, been, yeah go so i haven't been in the comic store in like almost a month and for me that's an eternity mm-hmm. so i spent more money than i wanted to on comics it was still less than my biggest week it is. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but I don't get as many trades and stuff, that's I true. think, as you do, because um, I'm more of a single issue guy. But I want to talk about a bunch of number ones that I got, and they're all Marvel. Yeah! So uh, Thor, Hulk, and Iron Man all had number ones come out uh, around the same time, uh, and I enjoyed all and of Doctor them. Doctor Strange. Th- Sorry, I didn't read Doctor Strange. Yes. Oh, okay. But uh, Doctor Strange as well. Uh, I've heard mixed things about Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But the ones that I read, uh, Hulk, Iron Man, and Thor, I think they were all really great. I think they're really good. I think it's a very strong, very strong start. Um, I picked up Hulk. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to reading it. Hulk is probably the best, and it's very different. It's a. It, I like Al Ewing from Ultimate. Yeah, it is a it is a spooky book. It is a mean Hulk, and it's a he's good. Got, he's got a scary smile like that'll good. stick with you in your nightmares. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, so uh, Marvel's at a good spot in comics right now. I finally got to pick up comics today. You did. Yeah. You also spent less than my biggest week. I still spent one hundred and ten dollars. It was your biggest. That's oh, a lot. Yeah. And yeah. It was like one thing mostly. It was. So, so I saw on the on the uh, Instagram for Earth Two that they got the Legend of Zelda Encyclopedia, mm, and yes. all three of you guys know that I'm a big Zelda fan. Oh yeah. So of course I'm like, what? Are you? You've never talked about it before. I never heard what. 
We only talk about Mega Man and Sonic. Shut so up. That's one where Link's the princess, right? <laughs> Steve, I thought Stephen King, Mega Man, Sonic. <laughs> you can't add a third into the, an, another one into this mix. Stephen King is the secret up. Smash character. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. No, I the love you secret guys. Smash character. Yes, the secret Smash character that everyone knows. No, so I got the uh, encyclopedia, but they had, but according to the Facebook post or the Instagram post, they only had a, a certain number of deluxe limited editions. And what it is. Who was that? Couldn't have been us. Oh. <laughs> what? Someone blew into the microphone. Nope. Go ahead, Ben. Okay. Blew into the. Blue. Blue. Oh. It was startling. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, the reason why I want it is because it's a gold, gold foil. Like the edges of the pages are gold. Yeah. And. It looks like an original Legend of Zelda cartridge. It's a lot bigger. Back then, it was gold, and it comes in the sleeve, like the Nintendo game sleeves. Now, is this 24 karat gold or fool's gold? Oh, uh, <laughs> shit. But yeah, so the funny thing is, they had both versions. I got the last deluxe edition, and that sucker put me back 80 bucks. Yeah. They so, had- <laughs> Fanny, when you're listening to this, he said, and I quote, should I say it? Don't. Eight, eight no, don't, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Say he, it. He you can't sp- tease. He already <laughs> spent eighty dollars. That's enough. So, 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 so Ben said, and I quote, "My wife is going to hate me for this." Oh, that's right. That's so cute. That was. I'm a cute not moment. married yet. It just slipped out. Look it was that. funny. It's premeditated marriage. Look at that. <laughs> premeditated marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Can you go to court for that? Yeah, not yet. I don't know. <laughs> well, isn't the law states that if you live with someone for over five years, it's common Ten. law marriage? Oh, it's ten years. Also, California doesn't recognize it. Oh, never mind then. Co- it's com- common, common law. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So that but was yes, fun. So I also I picked up all four issues of Man of Steel. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first four. Yeah. Uh, I'm. Or yeah. the first four. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, I I really. Sparks, are you reading? Yes. Yeah, it's really good. Sparks, you and I need to talk about number four. Um, oh, okay. Later, because oh, oh, uh, these guys haven't said, hasn't, haven't. Yeah, I've yeah, that But one. here's the funny thing. So this something happened with my Sonic the Hedgehog number four. No, it was burned in the fire. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, sh- bullshit. It was running well, too fast. The thing is, is that I Stephen stole King stole it. You, you oh, he's dick. a mastermind. He ran all the way from Monterey. You dick. Does Does Stephen all King have a uh, cameo in it? Brandon, shut up. No, because I'm. I'm just... really digging the fact that your microphone and your headphones match. <laughs> Because they're both blue. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. It's aesthetically pleasing to the eye. Because I still haven't gotten Sonic the Hedgehog for number four, but I got a call from the store and they said, "Hey, we got a new issue of Sonic the Hedgehog number five, and I still don't have number yeah, four. Yeah, that that's, that might not sound like a big deal, but like when you run or read something, you're like, "Oh, I'm reading one, two, and three, and they don't have four, but you have five. That's like, the thing. Oh, I can't read five. I, so Diamond Publishing is awful. So Diamond is the only distributor. That's the problem for Sonic the Hedgehog they're or the, anything. They're the okay. primary. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, you can only get your comics through one distributor. It is Diamond. Oh. You can o- you cannot get them through anyone else. There's no one else, yeah. And so there's no competition, which means they could just be as shitty as they want. And let me tell you, they are shitty. Yeah. Having worked at the store for so long, uh, if so, you know, you get delays, you get uh, short, you get shorted a bunch of comics, and then you never see them. Like they were shorted Birthright number twenty five, and I have still yet to receive that comic, and it's been half a year. <laughs> That's Boy. messed up. And so, and that's and so they send a damage. They send this. They can just be terrible because they have no competition. Because like they're gonna be like, oh, like who else are you gonna go to? Exactly. Well, this uh, is the other one we deal with. It. It's like the South Park that episode of South Park where the cable guys where they keep rubbing their nipples. Like, oh, <laughs> exactly really? like South Park. Oh, you, that's right. South Park's you getting could, a lot of play this day. You, yeah. you could go to another cable client. Oh, there isn't, huh? <laughs> rubbing oh, our nipples. Oh yeah. Happy one hundred episodes. Right. Sparks. <laughs> Sparks. Huh. Well, that was your week. 
Ah, it was fine. I watched a movie with some dinosaurs in it. Oh, I just watched the same movie. Hey, so did I. Ryan did not. I watched Triassic World. Did you see there's the <laughs> the Jurassic Dead? Which is a, a Oh yeah, zombie dinosaurs. Yeah, zombie dinosaurs. I'm a, that's that's okay. I'm cool with that. Evil will find a way is the tagline. That's pretty really? good. It's like Evil Dead. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's right. yeah, all right. Uh yeah, I had a I had a very eventful week actually. You did. Um I was pretty excited about that cuz I love I love it when I don't just sit around driving because I hate my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I went to see a sneak peek of Jurassic World. Um, I thought you saw it early. I was like, wait, it's not out yet. I did, yes. At Universal, too. At Universal. Right? At, at Universal. Um, it's, it's cool. It's on my Instagram. They have um, they have a uh, T Rex out front uh, with the with the gyrosphere. Orb, the gyrosphere. Um, and I got a picture in, that, in front of that. Um, and they, they give you a little popcorn and and um, and a little drink, and you watch Aww. the movie in these beautiful counter chairs. Everyone in the theater liked it a lot. Nice. Uh, you'll find out my thoughts next week. Um, Whoa. <laughs> Um, and then uh, the next day, Thursday, I had a, I had a rare day off, uh, and I went to, and I went to Warped Tour. Wow, um, you went to a concert. I went to that's, many concerts. That's weird. <laughs> I mean, I went. Uh, yeah, these aren't my. It's not my kind of music. Yeah. I, a lot of these bands I listened to when I was in high school, and I was shocked that they're still making music. Um, well, playing music. I don't know. If they're, they're not. Making... They're they're playing the they're playing the jams that were popular. Then. Yeah, they're playing music. They're not Mayday making Parade music. and they mark it off nostalgia. Mayday Parade and We the Kings and I think Simple Plan Simple have Plan. all released yeah. new albums this year. Really? Did yeah. We the Kings wow. play Check Yes Julia because that's the only song they always play it. Okay, <laughs> of course they. That's actually, the only song I know. Actually, they were they Me were too, probably actually. the best. They were probably the best. Um, they were probably the best uh, uh, set, set I saw oh. because they actually put out a really, they were like, we're playing some new songs and we're, we play Check His Juliet. I really like that because, well, first off, they're just great. They have just great stage presence and they make the performance a lot of fun. They have charisma. Yeah, they have a lot of charisma, but, but Check His Juliet is one of those songs that's like when a band gets so far away from like their one hit, they don't want to play it anymore because like Stan Bush didn't play The Touch for like mm-hmm. the longest time. Um, and... I like the fact that there's like, no, people like this song. We like playing this song. We're just going to keep playing this song because it's a crowd pleaser. I like that they're not ignoring their past success. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, used to, I used to have that whole song memorized back in high school. I'm sure it. you did. Uh, and then, let's see. So, oh, Ben's pretending he doesn't know it now. <laughs> Check yes, Juliet. No, nope, oh. I'm not going to do it. Um, let's see. And Saturday, uh, I went to Universal Studios, um, oh. which was a Again? Again, yes. Uh, mm. For the first time in a long time, actually. Because I haven't been since her birthday, probably. Wow. So, no, since December. I went oh. in December. Okay. Uh, and I haven't been to the park, like the actual park, in, in a while. Welcome to Universal. I did park. the new DreamWorks, uh, the new DreamWorks animation theater. That was a lot of fun. Oh. Kung Fu Panda. Three uh, D pandas in your face. Yeah. Cool. Three D pandas. And is Jack Black. Whatever Dustin Hoffman is, I'm pretty sure it's Jack Black. I don't know. I'm not 100 percent sure. Sounds like him. Jonathan Off White. Um, <laughs> uh, it's certainly not Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Um, Good. And then, uh, yeah, I want to see uh, Life uh, Hearts Beat Loud and Tag this week. You're it. Hearts Beat Loud was really good. Can you tell the parts where Jeremy Renner has broken arms? Yes. Re- really? Is that it's noticeable? Yeah. Okay. Cause it, look, it's good, but like he doesn't do a lot of arm yeah. stuff. Cause and you can tell when he breaks them. Yeah. It's actually kind of funny. That's hilarious. Oh. That's fantastic. Uh, but I like Tag a lot, um, and I like Heartbeats, Heartbeat Loud a lot more. I really want to go see Heartbeat Loud. That looks Nick like Offerman is great. Yeah. Like he's just great, and I always forget that he's great. He's it's actually the soul. reason why I want to go see it is because of Nick, Nick Offerman. Yeah. yeah. So I had a very eventful week, and it made That's me good. very happy to have that week. Uh, I 
I'm getting closer to beating Assassin's Creed. It's a really long game, but I finally and met you Caesar. You just, just asked me to borrow God of War. Yeah, because like I'm reaching the end, and I'm like, all right, I got to get done with this game soon. Because Caesar and uh, Cleopatra met, and you know, if you know history, they're friends and stuff. So I'm like, oh boy, now I got to beat them up. Whatever. That's <laughs> oink, it. I got to be Cleopatra. Got to be Cleopatra. <laughs> Don't bang her; she'll kill you. <laughs> I, yep. had a, I had a friend. Uh, I had a friend who commented on uh, on Facebook, like. God, they just need to stop with Assassin's Creed already. What's next? Space? I'm like, you know what? I'd be honest. I'd be willing to oh see that. Oh, my God. If they just go like 10,000 years in the future and there's like space assassins and space Templars, oh, so dumb. But then I but the, I was like, ah, actually, the way they're going is probably going to be cavemen before it's not too long. Yeah. I'll, they keep going backwards. That's true. Also, it's kind of about, uh, about like the end of the world. So like they're trying to prevent the end of the world. So we can't go into the future because the world's going to be over. <laughs> what if the future? What if the end of the world is in the future? What if this is like the Terminator situation where they just keep preventing the apocalypse and it's just, just keeps, keep progre- uh, going further and further? James Cameron approves this message. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else you guys want to bring up or should we get into it get into I've it I've been watching a lot of <gasps> Mobile Suit Gundam oh oh yeah yeah Cloak and Dagger first episode it's oh good. yeah it's good it's good good it's good. good feels like the runaways good yeah boy Sparks anything else you want to bring up no alright well let's get this incredibly long episode on the road um, oh no wait wait better better reference let's get this movable feast moving is that it? M- movable feast on our way. On our way, something like that. Lost World. On its oh, Lost World Jurassic Park. Dinosaurs. Let's get this movable feast moving. I guess so. It's <laughs> been a little while since I've seen that one. Wow, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so we're about to play underway. N- That's what it is. Underway. Underway. Underoos. Underway. So we're about to play our new uh, opening intro for our bread and butter secret world uh, exclusive segment. Uh, so uh, thank you to Jeremy uh, up front and uh, enjoy. And here's your bread and your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Hey, okay, not in my ear, thank you. What'd you guys think of that? Juicy, delicious. Can I get some more? Maybe a little later. Okay, cool. We may have another intro later. Another one? I, I haven't heard it yet. Oh, hey, just imagine the greatest thing on the planet, and then you got it. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. Narrow it down a little bit more, and maybe you won't be disappointed. Nah, heighten it. Uh, all right, so so uh, I guess we better get into our, our bread and butter. I'm very prepared, uh, very super prepared. Just Here like we Scar. go. Star Trek. Oh, this is going to oh. be the best news segment ever. <laughs> we start oh, with, oh, with with crushing news on my life. Okay, look. Oh, so that was you I heard the other day screaming into the abyss. Yeah. Oh, look, okay, look. I've tried not. I really. I, we talked about you know toxic fandoms a couple. Of, I don't know, Brandon. You went ago. specifically on Twitter saying this guy's a bad writer. Fandom? Did I? You did. Oh no! <laughs> I did. saw your tweet twenty minutes ago. Man, I gotta stop tweeting on Ambien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Roseanne, no. Did you hear about the new Roseanne? The spin-off? Connors. They're doing. They're basically oh. doing Roseanne season eleven without Roseanne. Really? Yeah, yeah. She's just gonna like die or something. Oh, that's stupid. <laughs> she's gonna die because they brought back Dan. They're pulling, the they're pulling a uh, two and a half men situation with Charlie Sheen, basically. Oh, yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because Dan died in the last in the season nine, and they brought him back. They just anyway. reversed it. Star Trek. Back on the topic, Star Trek. So Star Trek Discovery. Last week, we found out that Star Trek Discovery had fired. CBS had fired the showrunners for Star Trek Discovery, uh, who were uh, Gretchen J. Berg and Aaron Huberts. Harberts, sorry. Uh, they were fired, and uh, the the best option, and if they they really you know called best. they they called the 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 writer sphere and they were like who's the best person to 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 showrun Star Trek Discovery season two? It's Alex Kurtzman. Really, they couldn't find anyone better. Yeah. See, this is the part of the podcast where you actually start to walk out and just don't this not is come where back. I leave. This is really silly news. It's just 
when did this guy did become the curator? Did he touch Star Trek and ruin it? Yeah. So I don't get Twice. it. <laughs> Star Trek well, I will admit, okay. Star Trek 09 is a, is a fine movie. I like the movie quite a lot. Yeah. Into Darkness is poo-poo. Star Trek Into Darkness is garbage? Big old poo-poo. Yes, it is. Did he touch Star, Star Trek Star Trek 09 is totally fine if you're you know a bigger fan of Star Trek and you really, really want to watch the plot of A New Hope done better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's a Star Wars movie. I mean, movie, better... Yeah. better is more like newer than better, but whatever. Uh, no, Alex Kurtzman did not write Star Trek Beyond, which is why Star Trek Beyond is a good movie. Yeah. Uh, that was Simon Pegg. Yeah. Oh. That's crazy. So, uh, we forget that we, there's like a really awesome sequel. That's a bummer. Yeah. They kind of forgot too. We yeah. only talk about the first one, the and crappy the, second one, and then we forget about we the forget awesome about, third yeah. one. Yeah, that sucks. Man. Uh, so yeah, he's going to show around Star Trek Discovery, uh, and it makes sense because it, it hits all of his like all of his beats. It's all. It's gonna. It's section thirty-one. It's set in the original series timeline. It's blah blah blah. It's he watched an episode of Star Trek and an episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine and Wrath of Khan and was just like, let's just keep doing that over and over again. Yeah. I bet you Khan's gonna show up sometime in Discovery. Doesn't he also? Isn't there also like he developing like five other shows? Is that another part of the news? That's the other part of the news. Okay. Yeah. That's bad. Alex Kurtzman has signed a five-year deal <laughs> with CBS to develop new series, miniseries, and other uh, quote other content co- opportunities, including animation, as well as give CBS Television Studios exclusive rights to produce all television content created and developed by Kurtzman in a secret hideout production banner. Wow! So remain a secret. Wow! They're making him like the Kevin Feige. Here's the thing: I don't. I I like the idea of more Star Trek. Of course. And I've said this, but I started saying this online. Less Star Trek is better than him on board for Star Trek. Yeah, and I, I, yeah. I and people are just like, oh, it's more Star Trek. Oh, don't be so negative before you've seen it. Look, I'm sorry. I've seen Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. I've seen Star Trek: In the Darkness. I've seen Amazing Spider-Man Two. These are not good movies. And the Mummy. I've the seen mummy. the Mummy. <laughs> Did he play personally? The one, the one he directed. <laughs> he he and he's directing the first se- the first episode of Star Trek: Discovery season two. Uh, set up high. It's, it's not like. It's not like Ryan Johnson made Looper and then was, which is a great movie, and yeah. then decided to make the con- a controversial movie like The Last Jedi. This is someone who has who has historically made nothing but bad product, and yeah. and now yeah. doing something. What? Where did this come from? They man, I don't. I really don't know. Like, why did he become the key holder to Star Trek? He has like some blackmail and stuff. He must. Right? He must. Uh, I saw some news that Patrick Stewart might be involved in one of these things. I heard that too. Yeah, whatever. Um, hey, hey, look, an animated show could be awesome. They tried it once, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> but the Star Wars animated shows are really good. Yeah. Look, if he's not directly involved with a lot of this, I can kind of understand. I can kind of see how maybe a, a new showrunner could come in and be like, "Okay, he's giving me the money, but I'm developing this the way I want it." And maybe we jump around the timeline a bit. I can see that. My thing is, is like he, he he was just on like he was just on a big universe thing and it failed with the dark universe and it's like oh just jump into another one yeah how does he and they gave him five years that's a whole lot of that's a whole lot of money this is this is also like I don't understand uh, Sparks and I talked about this a while back how did Orsi and Kurtzman become the curators of all these nerd franchises I don't un- I don't get it like do who do they know I know who do they know they have like all, they're most they know JJ their Abrams. movies that's true that is very true uh, they probably worked on the TV shows and they stuff. worked on Lost together yeah um like all of their movies like they make money but like all but, but the quality is not they're ever all it's garbage. never there but maybe that's they just they don't care about that and Sparks I know you like Amazing Spider Man too I did yeah so we won't hold that against you 
I I don't think you should. <laughs> and look, credit where credit is due. I like Transformers, the first one, and yeah. I like Star Trek 09. Yeah. Um, but when you have like, hey, I like this, and then this is garbage. Like, they had three dumpster fires. The Mummy is fine, I guess. That's bad. It's not for what I remember when we talked it's, about it's, it. It's bad. You know what? I, I never went back to war watch it. I remember uh, Sophia Batella being amazing. Of course. You know, it looks pretty good in black and white. Do you finally have it? I haven't finished it. Yeah. Let me know. Yeah. I will. Let's get off this. Jump off this. Start Unless you guys have Wait, I didn't even talk about it. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Oh, speak. Y'all, Kurtzman's dumb. Why are we doing this? This is stupid. This is like a death knell for Star Trek. All right, I guess I said it all. No, but it really is. It's like it's like Scott Buck. Like, it's it's hey. definitely not a way to uh, to get Star Trek more like positive attention. Yeah. And Star Trek Discovery is... was really well received. I have not watched it, so I'm yeah. not commenting on the quality of that of that series. Um, it's just. People were commenting like, oh, why why knock it till we see it? Oh, this is good because it's Star Trek is like, do you have you forgotten everything he's done? It's, it reminds me of Inhumans when like after after Iron Fist came out, like, oh Scott Puck's doing another show, like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. That last one was really bad. We shouldn't expect anything and then look what we got. This it is like a reverse. Bad. It seems like the Star Trek fandom is just like, oh sweet, more Star Trek. They don't care who's Well, because we really it. like after this like we don't get much. Yeah, like as compared, and I was pair, fine with that. Yeah, as opposed to like Star Wars, where it's like shoved down our throat. Truthfully, mm-hmm. it's like it's like Firefly. I'm okay with them not continuing Firefly. Same. I'm okay with yeah. them not continuing Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, it it's better to leave it alone for a while and then come let back it, to let it. Do with like a yeah. good creator. Yeah. Right. A good. Creator. I mean, if, if if Discovery is doing well and was well received, I don't. Do we know why the showrunners were fired? No, we don't know. It's a, um, okay. See, that's what confuses me the most. Is like I, I was like, I heard Discovery went over pretty well for the most part. Why yeah. are we, why are we switching tones and shifts here? Yeah, it's not like they left. It's they were fired. That's hmm. see. Now I wonder if Kurtzman didn't buy his way into this position. It was like passed to him. No, I mean like he like, you know, here's all this money because he has money oh. that he's like, I'm going to put into this if you give me a contract and a title here. Oh, he, like he went to them like, yo, you guys need help. And I yeah, I like instead Trek. of them chasing him down, he chased it down because he realized without it, he wouldn't have a job. They should know not. to. <laughs> they should know better. But CBS. But you see really what I'm like... you see what I mean? Yeah. Like it, yeah. that that seems like a more plausible scenario to me that Kurtzman sought them out because he just bombed the mom, the mummy and the dark universe uh franchise so he's like where can i possibly still get a job ah cbs has given up on star trek television because they put it on streaming service so i'll give up too yeah 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 they they cbs and kurtzman do have a a good working relationship because of hawaii Mm -hmm, mm 5-0 which went on far too long yeah um so ie existed (laughs) sorry i'm just kidding I'm just kidding. Oh, I have Magnum, nothing against Magnum, that show. Magnum PI is getting like a like a hardcore reboot. Oh, um, like Hawaii Five O. Yeah, like that, and it's like oh, sure. All right, is he involved? What's know. the point if they can't cross over? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. There's on. no mustache. But yeah. Well, anyone else got anything more to say before we move on? I like Star Trek. Let's not do this. Kurtzman bad. Star Trek good. Dude, watch, watch this. Like be the be the thing. Like all right, I, 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 it took me this long, and like Star Trek Discovery, like I found it. This is what I really care about, and then like it becomes something it's great. amazing. And it's I'm, it's not gonna happen, but like you know, see, no matter how good Discovery is, this is all but guaranteed. It's going to be terrible in the next season. Man, you don't. In my, in my in your, you're right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Everything know for that, sure that it's given us absolutely. Like, yeah, 
just on past like history with this. No, man. I feel you. Yeah, I really want another Star Trek movie. They said they're they're working. We should be having news soon. Says Zachary yeah, Quinto. but we but we keep hearing mixed things about what's happening. Remember, yeah. Chris Hemsworth was going to be in it, and it's like time travel stuff. Oh Woo! yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Woo! And Aww. then and then Quentin Tarantino was making one, but it might not be connected. But who knows what's happening? The last anymore. we heard is there are two Star Trek scripts in development: one Tarantino and one for, and one four, and one Ooh. Star Trek four. Huh. So all right, all right. Moving on, it's uh, something we haven't really talked about in a little bit: uh, movie subscription services. Ooh, oh. they're all fine. Everything's great. Nope. AMC. Oh. <laughs> well, half of it's great. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. AMC has decided to get in, involved in this. Now, there were rumblings when MoviePass dropped their price to $10 at AMC. The reason why AMC was so against it was because they were working on launching their own. Whether or not that proved to be true, they have now launched their own. Yeah. Starting on June 26th, they will have a $20 a month service that will upgrade their AMC Stubbs Premiere. You can have the option, if you're an AMC Stubbs Premiere member, to go to AMC Stubbs A-List. Ooh. Which will allow you for twenty bucks a month. The current premiere is twelve dollars. Mm, I want to say a month, but it could be actually be a year. That's fee is really cheap. Twelve dollars. Yeah, a year. it does. It's not a dollar a month. And AMC is kind of pricey too. Yeah, don't quote me on that. But well, the premiere isn't. It's not. It's just a rewards program. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not a ticket service. AMC Stubbs A list <coughs> is a Bless is you. a subscription. Thank you. Bless you. Uh, is a subscription ticket service, uh, which will allow you to see three movies per week. Uh, That's a lot, which is a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's less than the, the movie passes uh, one movie a can day. Can you see the same movie more than once? Yes. Oh, screw you, movie pass. <laughs> uh, you can, uh, and it will include IMAX and 3D. Oh, it sounds good to me. Which you and you can also reserve your seats because there's not going to be a card. And that sounds fantastic. Every uh, and buy them in advance, and every single um, and every uh, premiere uh, service that they offer will be offered here, with the exception of. You won't get uh, points for um, for buying movie tickets, but you will get points every time it renews. Mm, okay. So you get like twenty points. Like I think it's like a hundred points of uh, a dollar essentially. Sure. Um, I'm part of the premiere Stubbs premiere. I should know this. Yeah, I'm not. Um, so yeah, that's their new service that launches. So you could get so the Stubbs the Stubbs premiere uh, also offers. You know, you get like five dollar rewards. Um, Free movie tickets, free pop- it's like a cool service. Um, I use it for mostly the five dollar rewards. Get some uh, popcorn. Yeah. Uh, oh, you could upgrade your your drink. You could you could pay for a medium, buy a large. Pop 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 pop. Um, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a pretty good service. Seems like Movie Pass uh, had a uh, a meltdown. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, oh God, they they released a statement which I unfortunately don't have uh, with me. Um, hey suckers, we got stuff too, man. That was basically was just like, hey AMC, you're doing this. Our service is better. You guys suck. Yeah, that's basically what that what that went down to. Uh, but then uh, I I I actually have it. If yeah. you want me to pick out the things, pick sure, it, yeah, pick it up. Do you have the two okay. tweets or is it like the actual statement? Uh, I have the statement. Go ahead. Um, wait, do you, do you just mean the statement about the changes they're making? No, I have got the changes they're making. I was talking about oh, the statement okay, okay. towards No, no, no. AMC. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so MoviePass, a couple of days later, uh, said that they're instituting some new changes to their service, uh, which um, coming off the heels of AMC's new, uh, new service being like, hey, look how great this is, mm-hmm. doesn't make them look so great. Uh, you, can, uh, you now have the option to bring a guest. Which you will be able, to, which means you will be able to purchase a ticket through the MoviePass app, so you can buy tickets uh, at the same time, uh, so you could sit together. Uh, the ticket will be full price, though. Oh, 
what's the point? What's the point? Well, that's not. I, as... I, I don't understand this specific one because you can only use movie pass if you're in a certain distance from the theater anyway. Yes. And then, so it's like, what, what is this for? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so hold up. You could bring a guest, but you still have to pay for. You're essentially ticket. paying for a ticket if you bring a guest. It just makes it easier to sit next to each other through Movie Pass, but or there's no just, benefit. Or we could just go. He uses Movie Pass. I just do what we've been doing for the past what ten yeah, years. Yeah, I know. We do the same thing. <laughs> uh, it will have peak pricing. Yeah. Uh, which actually does bug me. Uh, if the com- this says in the email, if the combination of demand for a title date or part of the day is higher, subscribers may be asked to pay a small additional fee depending on the level of demand. Uh, IGN I think wrote, wrote it at two dollars, so you have an extra two dollar fee. So like Avengers Friday night would be two dollars more. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much all the times we go on the weekends. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> basically. Bullshit. Yeah. Unless we go see like Hearts Beat Loud on a Sunday, but yeah. what I what I don't understand is like. So if A Quiet Place, which is an indie film, um, the, pretty much, that got super popular, is that now peak priced? I bet they can, they have, they can easily change it in their system to make it that way. Yeah, yeah exactly. That sucks. This sucks. Um, so, but, <laughs> but to counteract this, uh, you will, they, they said, you don't have, just, if you don't want to pay that pricing, you could just go another day. You, you could just see another movie or another day. Like you go to the kiosk and it's like two dollars more. Hey, honey, let's leave the theater right now. Let's go somewhere else. That was I didn't write that down, but I remember that in the email. That's so dumb. But let's just walk away after. Here's the take, oh. here's the helpful hint, though. Jesus. Uh, here's the helpful hint. They will also give subscribers one peak pass per month that you can waive the fee Ooh, once a month. Ooh, a freebie. Oh, once a month. That sure as hell doesn't help. About two dollars a month. Wow. No, here's yeah. the thing. That doesn't help during the summer when there's like. How a movie many? a week? Yes, three coming up. Oh, jeez, yeah. Uh, premium showings—it's kind of neat uh, if you're into this sort of thing. Uh, movie Pass members uh, on any plan will soon be able to access real 3D, IMAX 2D, or 3D, and other premium large format showings of any film for an additional upgrade fee, which would range depending on the film or the other service. Depending how much money is that, I'm cool with that because I. IMAX is expensive, and I, and ten bucks a month for Movie Pass is not that much. So an extra mm-hmm. two dollars for this movie or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. it depends on the on the like the service. Like I would imagine, like I like real D three D IMAX D box whatever would be like six dollars more yeah. or something. Like Which that. is that's totally fine. Yeah, I don't mind this. A lot of these don't bug me because the, they don't they don't bother me. That yeah. the, they the don't, peak thing sucks. The peak thing does suck because like everyone goes to the movies on the weekends, <laughs> hang out their friends. I, I agree that the peak thing sucks that they're implementing it but when you break it down in a day as long as it doesn't come up too often which it could and that's but if it's if it's not too often it's still a movie ticket for about two bucks because you've probably already or soon will especially in brandon's case have already covered your movie pass well over with the amount of movies you've gone and seen so it's still not terrible and i understand they're doing it to avoid bankruptcy yeah, but it, it is true. But it is annoying. Um, well, one of the things that I uh, think this suggests is in their email they do uh, they do suggest that we could they could be re-implementing seeing more than one more a movie more than once. I'd appreciate that. And if that were the case, this peak pricing would not bug me at all. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. Same. If that yeah. were the case, I'd be cool with it. Because I would love to go see Incredibles again or or yeah. Avengers again. Yep. Yep. Like I, uh, I said before, I saw Greatest Showman four times in theaters because of Movie Pass. Yeah. Like I, I, the peak pricing won't bother me if I can just go see these movies again. Um, these, uh, 
the the annual and quarterly subscribers will not be affected for some of these changes, uh, except for the premium showings, uh, until their subscriptions are up and they ask to renew. Uh, however, the monthly subscribers, myself, uh, Ryan, I believe you're monthly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, w- will be affected in August. This okay. is when these, some of these changes will be implemented. Man, I just with the thing about Movie Pass when it first came out is like it's ten bucks a month. See, see the movies. It, it's very nice and easy. But like now that we're getting to the point where like, oh, we're not making as much money and as competitors, like oh, here's all these stipulations and here's this thing. I'm like oh, if you go on Friday, you're going to spend more money. And it's just like getting bogged down. It's not convenient anymore. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I know this is like of course like white people problems. Yeah. But like the AMC thing is it's twenty bucks a month. You can see whatever type of movie in any format. That's it. Yeah. That's that's what I want. But the thing AMC isn't all theaters like movie passes most theaters. Yeah. So that's right. where I'm like oh I I can't do AMC because most of my theaters are like Pacific or whatever. Right. I, I live I live n- very near a couple of AMC. So yeah. I, if I can afford it and I got to figure out if I can, yeah. I'd probably do both. The options are there for, for either side. And like, I, I, I don't think this is unreasonable for movie pass, no. but like, I just want to have a cheap thing to see movies on, man. Don't make it so complicated. Yeah, I want convenience. I don't yeah. have time in my life it's, for frustrations. Yeah. It's still, but ultimately currently it's still cheaper than 100%. all the times we would go to a movie and it would be the regular price, especially if they are adding in the premium ones. And that's only like two to $4. On top, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's not the end. But I agree with you. If they would take away the not being able to view something twice, I'd feel better about it. It seems like every couple months, like Movie Pass is going through something. It's because they're trying to escape bankruptcy. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, all right, so moving on, comic book properties. I like those. So do I. So remember how Invincible is getting a movie? Yes, it's also getting an animated TV show. Hot dog. Why? That may not be related. It's unclear. That's super weird. Um, well, there is a kind of like how um, uh, the what, the Black Hammer book has like side books. Yeah, there were side books to Invincible. This is not that. Oh, <laughs> sorry, buddy. No, I'm just like if it's not the main thing, then what else would it be? This is the main thing. That's so weird. Yeah, uh, it's from Amazon. Yeah, uh, and it will be an adult animated series. Not many of those that are an hour long. That is an hour long. That's crazy. Yeah, um, it will be show, uh, the showrunner is Simon Rat. Mm. Rasio Papa. Rasio Pa. Rasio Papa. <laughs> Rasio Pa. Yeah. Leviosa. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Who was actually the showrunner of Teen Titans? Which one? The original. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, Ben Perk. Yeah. F up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. Yeah. Uh, Justin and Chris Copeland uh, from Ultimate Spider Man will serve as supervising directors. Okay. Uh, Kirkman, as in Robert Kirkman, oh. uh, the, the writer of the comic. Uh, Rasiopa, David Albert, uh, who's a, who was a I think producer on The Walking Dead, mm. uh, and Catherine Winder, who was a producer on Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Okay, all right. Uh, will executive produce this? Not a lot of information right now. It's just an announcement. Uh, That's weird. This is uh, part of a deal that Kirkman has signed with Amazon to develop other properties cool. with them. That's all right. I'm curious as to why they decided to do an animated series, knowing that there was a movie in development. As of now, we don't know if the movie is canceled. It's still going on. Like I, d- I did like the very basic research, but like it's still it's not happening like now. But like it's a, yeah. they're writing it, they're producing it, or whatever. Um, it makes me think maybe this is like the animated version where it's like instead of being an hour and a half, it's like five seasons. Where Could this be like what they intended to do with Deadpool? Yeah, totally. Yeah, sure. And like that. I guess wor- if they felt that could work, that could work. Yeah, and that world is so big, it could be. I mean, it's not it's not connected to the movie though, so it's really weird. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. What do you think, Sparks? Have you read Invincible? Uh, I long time ago. I meant to continue more of it. I'm. I don't have a strong opinion one way or another. To be honest, like it's it's just kind of oh, we'll see what 
actually makes it to anything. Yeah. Uh, Invincible's been talked around for a while. Pretty much ever since Kirkman had its success with The Walking Dead, they've been talking around it. So You know, Invincible was the more popular comic for a long time. And then yeah. Walking Dead. Thanks, the AMC. Show, right? Yeah. Uh, ben, just so you know, Invincible was pitched as uh, what if Spider-Man had Superman's powers? Hmm. That's oh, that's totally what that book is. Yeah. Not that I, okay, yeah, totally. That's a good description. Yeah. Um, all right, so Spider-Man Homecoming has a sequel. I think we're all aware of that. Spoilers for Infinity War, I guess. He's in space. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have the title revealed, and it's not the one that Spark sent us. As a joke, that Ben caught. First of all, I, uh, I didn't mean for him to take <laughs> that seriously. The reveal that Tom Holland did, so that's adorable. What, yeah. a, what a cool, what a uh, what a cute kid that guy is. And Kevin that's Feige so then, and Kevin Feige then confirmed that is the title. Did you see what he did? No. So uh, he he was like he was doing an Instagram video, and it's only like a minute long. He's like, "Hey guys, I don't have any cool announcements for you or anything, uh, but I did get get the script for Spider Man, and he holds up a tablet and it says Spider Man." Uh, sorry, I was not ready for no, you yeah, to do that. No, yeah, I forget what it's called. Uh, Far From Home. Yeah, and he holds up a script that says Spider-Man Far From Home on it. He's like, yeah, I don't have anything to announce, but like, here's my script. It's so cool, right? And he's like faking that he's accidentally announcing something, but this was like planned. But it was it was super adorable. Yeah, yeah. so Kevin Feige then confirmed that is the title yeah. with the statement, it's similar to Spider-Man Homecoming. I won't say what the what the meanings are, but we enjoy the title because like Homecoming, it is full of alternate meaning, and we like continuing the home thing with the little Spidey symbol in the home. Yeah. So. Yeah, makes sense. Still pissing me off that I fell for that stupid poster. Hey, man. It's okay. It's, it's a cool poster. It so the, looks so, the, so, so real. Fake, That's so, what so for the audience, me off. So for yeah. the audience, the, the fake poster that Spark sent us uh, last night was Spider-Man not coming home. Yeah, uh, and it was like it looked like a picture of like Titan. Yeah, from uh, Avengers. Yeah, yeah. And then of course I go to my girlfriend Fanny. And I'm like, that's weird because the it's confirmed already the text that Mysterio the- is gonna be the villain. And then of course Brand says, Ben, you do realize this is a joke, right? And of course I'm like, no, son of a bitch. Because Ben's reaction was, like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, buddy. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, so that's cool. It. I'm glad we finally know that. Uh, filming will probably commence as soon as Captain Marvel wraps filming in a couple weeks. Um. They said something like, "Yeah, like when we won't we won't spoil anything for Avengers during the marketing or anything, so don't, so don't worry. Like, yeah. Obviously, we know that, but like it's still weird. It like, is weird that this character is totally dead, but we're making this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. super weird. It's super funny. Uh, right. Also, in Spider-Man news, Silk is getting a spinoff. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Hey, man. So half of us were really pissed off about it, and the other half was like, eh. I, "I will say for for." On Twitter, there was a lot of responses like "We don't need this movie," blah blah. But there was a big response of a lot of girls who are really happy that this because like they want more representation of like ladies and, and so. that's all. That's really cool. That's super mm-hmm. wonderful. Can we get the universe fixed before we break out all these random characters? Especially, especially the Spider-Man franchise, yes, which is operating much like the DC franchise, which dartboard. is throwing darts at the dartboard. Yep. Yes, uh, Amy Pascal. I've I've mentioned I don't like her. She's yeah. not a good producer. No. She has not handled the Spider-Man properties very well. I'm still thinking of the the like the interview she had with, with Kevin Feige with the Venom, where like she's saying all this stuff and Kevin's like, uh, uh we did not talk we did about not. This. What's going on? I think uh, Amy, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah. So so Silk, for those of you who don't know, was created by Dan Slott, I yes. believe. Yeah. Cindy Moon. Created by Dan Slott. Cindy Moon. Cindy Moon is actually in Spider-Man Homecoming. Blink and you'll miss her. Um she's the only Asian woman in the deca- in the decathlon. Oh, she's a runner. Is that what no, the, 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 no, is? The, the, um, the oh the 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 the, the, the smart kids. the smart th- I don't know the smart decathlon yeah math sports sure um and uh, 
she she plays Cindy Moon, credited only. Uh, much like how, <clears throat> however, they can easily change that because in as I like to point out in Captain America: The First Avenger, uh, the woman at the end of that movie it was supposed to be Sharon Carter. Oh, that would have been so much better. And they and they because she was never named, you don't have to you don't have to do anything. They should Hayden Christensen her and just like CGI that actress. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, so Silk is is a Korean American. Yes, uh, as a Korean American woman who ha- who was bitten by the same spider that yes, that she shoots uh, webs out of her fingers. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, she she had a comic for a little while. She doesn't anymore. It was actually really well received. Yeah, and that number one uh, was selling f- for hot money. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they are doing this. Uh, the, the are they sure? And like it, it, this is. I remember uh, black and what? What? what black what? and silver. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of information here, so it could just be one of those things that were just, they were just throwing around. Uh, and again, there is precedent because she's in Spider-Man: Homecoming, so you could easily spin it off. However, I would much prefer them to introduce Spider-Man characters in in the Spider-Man movie and yeah. then spin them off. Yeah. And not the other way around. Where yeah. it's like, hey, here's Silk's own movie. Why are we getting she- like a, like an ancillary universe? Sorry, Ben. I was not saying it's like, hey, here's Silk's old movie. Now here she is in Spider-Man: Homecoming three. Surprise! Well, because Silk, well, because Silk, if it is live action, is probably based in the same world as Venom, not in the same world as Spider-Man: Homecoming. Uh, that, but that limits doesn't so matter. many that, possibilities. Oh, that just made that. I know, oh, I know, but sparks. come on, so did making Venom. Right. That's and what I'm saying. And then when Venom bombs, they're just going to scrap this Venom's movie. Not gonna Venom's bomb. not going to bomb, dude. But let's be real here. Can I be real? Do I, do I have to be real? It's, yeah. it's made on such low budget, it's not going to bomb. Oh, that's true. As, as, as I say, and I shall say again. It can still underperform, though. It yeah. could still do that. This is why I have to say this again. Fuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuu
I don't have a Walmart very close to me. You do I now. Have to drive. I have to drive pretty far to get to it. Just wait a few and they don't And they don't even carry stuff in stock that they're supposed to when it releases. Like, you I've gone out it. there a couple of times for, like, Funkos or, you know, the when they did the Deadpool covers for the Blu-rays. I went to see. We never got them at our Walmart. So I'm like, man, I'm probably never going to get these comics. You can order it, I bet. I'm, I, I would hope so. There has to be a, a way... They're never. They're not gonna be sold in stores. We know that in comic book store. In comic book oh, comic stores. book stores. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am surprised. Before we get into what these comics are, I'm very surprised that they're not doing this for Barnes and Noble because uh, Barnes and Noble is their biggest trade sell. Uh, so it would be easy for them to just be like, "Here's some exclusive comics for Barnes and Noble." Walmart. Yeah. Walmart is soul sucking. I'm sorry. It sucks to go in there. You go no. in there and the lighting is so bad, you just feel like you've died. But it makes you know all what? the money. Brandon, you are not wrong. I try to go to Target ten times more than I... I try to avoid Walmart like the plague. At least Target has good lighting. And yeah, it's yeah. true. But Walmart's got the prices. Yeah. I think there was a... For a while, Target was less expensive, but then Walmart lowered the prices mm. again. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so, this, so, so the comics are going to be Superman Giant. Superman 100-page Giant, essentially. Uh, it will be feature... Uh, for, uh, we'll be featuring. Okay, the sorry, I was trying to figure out how I wrote this. The series' first original story is a two-part tale called Endurance, from writer Jimmy Palmiotti and artist Tom Derenick. This story involves Clark Kent investigating a story of in Tornado Alley, only for his alter ego to come to his rescue when another tornado strikes. Ooh. Following that, Superman Giant number three will begin a 12-part storyline from King and Kubert called Up in the Sky, which sends Superman on an interstellar journey to track down a kidnapped child. The first issue will also feature reprints of the Terrifics number one, Green Lantern 2005 number one. That's Jeff John's first issue. 2005, yeah. Yeah. And Superman Batman number one. Jeff Loeb. This is, this is super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Batman 100 Page Giant will be will be the other title. The first two issues of Batman Giant will feature a story called One More Chance from writer Jimmy Palmiotti. Getting a lot of play in this in these yeah, giants. Yeah, Jimmy. Um, and artist Patrick Zercher. Yeah, this okay. story features Batman following a case back to an important place from his past. Batman Giant number three kicks off Universe from Bendis and an undisclosed artist. Sorry, this article was written before the update, which was uh, Nick Darrington. Mm-hmm. Um, this story features a new encounter between Batman and the Riddler, my favorite Batman Ooh, villain. Riddle me this. Uh, one that quickly grows into a globe-trotting investigation. Uh, it will also feature the first issue. Will also feature reprints of Batman six hundred and eight. I don't know the significance. That's Grant Morrison, isn't it? Oh yes. Um, Nightwing from two thousand eleven, number one. So new fifty two. That's uh, Kyle Higgins. Yep, yep. Harley Quinn from two thousand thirteen, also new fifty two, number one. Uh-huh. So that's Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connors. Uh, Justice League of America Giant, the original story in this series, will be Wonder Woman-centric. Issue number one features the conversion from writer Tim Seeley and artist Rick Lenardi and Brian Buccioletto. There you go. I love love him. Uh, As Ares attempts to recruit Diana, issue number two will feature Seeley working with artist Felipe Watanabe and Chris Sotomayor Sotomayor? for Mother's Day as Diana... Sure. Oh, yeah. As Diana feature, returns to Paradise Island only to find her fellow Amazons kidnapped by Echidna. Echidna. A kidnapper? Kidnapped! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you were really excited when you said kidnapped. Sorry. <laughs> Issue number three begins a 12-part story. God, I gotta buy 12 of these? Farts. Um, story from Connor and Palmiotti called Come Back to Me, which features Diana traveling to a strange time-displaced island to rescue Steve Trevor. That sounds great. Oh, yeah. That sounds great. 
Uh, Justice League of America Giant number one will also feature reprints of Justice League from 2011. So that's John's yep, yep. number one. The Flash 2011. That's um, um, what's that guy's name? Buccioletto and Buccioletto and um, Mas- Manipal. Manipal. Yeah. Uh, number one and Aquaman Johns. Number yeah, one. Yeah, that's cool. Teen Titans Giant is the is the other whoop, one. Whoop, whoop. Is the last one as far as we know. Oh, I'm curious what's inside this one. I hope the number fifty two. The first six issues of the series will feature a new story from writer Dan Jurgens and artist Scott Eden. That's fantastic. Wayne Foucher and Jim. <sighs> wow, is that a real name? It has to be. <laughs> Char Charles. That's a weird name. <laughs> Charlampidus. Carl Ampidus. Charizard. Carl uh, Ampidus? I don't know. With uh, If you listen, I'm sorry. With the organization Hive joining forces with a new villain named the Disruptor to destroy the Titans. That sounds like a Dan buzz, buzz. villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teen Titans Giant number one will also feature reprints of Super Sons number one, Sideways number one, and Teen Titans from 2003 number one. I don't remember who wrote That's it. That's Jeff Johns. Is it Johns? Yep. Cool. A lot of Johns. So I don't know why Sideways is in there. That's from the New Age of Heroes. They're like, yeah. let's throw that shit in there. Well, the Terrifics is in Superman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? Okay. Yeah. All right. So, guess we're going to Walmart, guys. That's yeah. Man, it's so weird that it's exclusive. But like I know. again, like I would love to put the, I would put this on my pull list in a heartbeat. Yeah. This is like I it, know, right? This is an awesome thing because Walmart is like the biggest superstore in the world, and that's where a lot of people go to shop. You mentioned it's good way to get people more yeah. people into comics. And if these do sell well, then this can like Walmart can slowly start to get more trades. Because um, they do have a book section, yeah. but like not many graphic novels, if any graphic novels. Again, I just don't understand why this wasn't Barnes and Noble. Yeah, Barnes and Noble makes way more sense. Yeah, that's mm. and also Barnes and Noble to get more into collectibles. Like my Infinity Gauntlet, I bought it at Barnes and Noble. Oh, they yeah. are catering, and even the store I go to, they're even saying like, "Hey, we're gonna try and make this a Magic the Gathering headquarters." Because here's the thing, Barnes so. and Noble, you help Barnes and Noble also because you get the comic book guys in there, and and, and Barnes and Noble helps you because you already because DC already sells a ton of mm-hmm. ton of DC trades. Um, Walmart doesn't need any help. Seriously, but again, it's the big, it's a huge retailer, so a lot of people Man, maybe read the comic. maybe it's like one smart business guy at Walmart saying like, "Hey, this is one market we don't have. Let's try it." Maybe yeah. Sparks. Any la- any last words on this one? Man, I I want to <laughs> get these. And it's just how am I gonna? Do you bend us, Batman, Tom King, Superman? Like that pisses me off. I, I know, like, I oh. know. And we have to buy That's... these books, so we have all these issues already. We have we have all of this new Fifty Two Rebirth stuff. Oh wait, wait! I wonder if there's a way around it. Maybe they'll maybe they'll trade these. Like digitally? they trade everything. I'm sure they'll put them in trades, but we gotta wait. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. A year. Ugh. A year for this stuff. <laughs> I don't want to wait a year for this stuff, man. What is this? Doomsday I start clock? reading the comics. I'm not trade waiting on this, and I yeah. want it. <laughs> I want it now. Yeah, especially <laughs> the Tom uh, King Superman. After his issue in Action Comics, oh, man, yeah. give that's, me that. That story was beautiful. Bendis is bad for Batman. That's super cool. Yeah. yeah um, and this is and this is yet another DC imprint. Yeah, this is. This yeah. is. Uh, the W. Yeah. I was telling you guys, like, GameStop is starting to sell, like, a lot more toys, and they actually have, like, Rebirth. The uh, comics rack. Yeah, they have a comics rack, and they have, like, a bunch of Rebirth of stuff. Not much Marvel stuff, but they have Rebirth stuff. So, like, it's cool that these th- these companies are trying to uh, branch out in the comics. It's a little late, if you ask me. But, well, uh, yeah, because comics are floundering. Exactly, but I guess better late than never, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on to another comic book. Anybody reading the current Dynamite James Bond stuff? No. Yeah, I, no. I read the Alice Cott one, The Body. It's awesome. Yeah, a lot of it has been really good. Well, they're yes. coming out with a new one. They, they come out with a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, James Bond Origin. Or Organs? Origin. Oranges? Origin. Assassin's Creed James Bond? I'll kill you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> written by Jeff Parker, who wrote Batman 66 and Future Quest. Yeah, boy. Uh, Future Quest is pretty good. And yeah. Bob Q, who drew Green Hornet for a while. Bob for Q. Dynamite. 
So this is Dynamite uh, James Bond Origins, which will follow the titular character, James Bond, and his adventures during World War II. The story begins in March 1941 with Bond's visit to a friend suddenly interrupted by German attacks on the UK. Jeff Parker was quoted saying, James doesn't have the vast experience of a double-O agent yet, but he's tenacious and a lightning-quick study. Bob and I work to show the full force of Bond's spirit. Young Indiana Jones. He's tenacious. It'll be in... uh, be out in September. The thing I enjoy about this these um, James Bond books is that every every uh, arc is a different creative team, and everyone feels different. Well, Mark Ellis did too. Mark Ellis, Mark Ellis, Warren Ellis, Warren Ellis. That's the guy from the the, 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 the toys that made us. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> Warren Ellis did, did some. Two Andy arcs. Diggle did some. Um, I read the Alice Cott one, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I loved it so much. I don't remember who's doing it now. They're um, also they're also what well, looks like they're they're having the made the main artist on the James Bond stuff uh, draw the books oh. and adapt the books into comics. And so like the original Ian Fleming books will all be collected in the comics. There's a Casino Royale that just came out. Yeah, it's the first Ian Fleming <laughs> yeah, yeah. book. Um, I'm into it. Uh, I I read the ones that interest me, and Jeff Parker interests me. I read them so. as soon as they go in trade because their okay. hardcovers are way too expensive. There you go. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, Sparks, is this something that interests you? Oh yeah, definitely. This definitely interests me. I just I need to pick them up. It'll yeah. probably be a while. I have the first, but volume. it interests me. I have the first volume, Barger, which is yeah. Warren Ellis's first. Uh, ben, yeah. All right. Um, Batman the Max. Not enough Sonic the Hedgehog in there. <laughs> or Stephen <laughs> King. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, a Stephen King James Bond story. Oh, I'd be into that. Like he goes to ben, d- d- dirt derby. Derby. Tell your friend. Tell Stephen King to get this going. Steve. It's your cousin Ben. <laughs> if I had a third finger, I'd be flipping Good sparks off. Good back to the future reference. Well. Thank you. Um, you do have a third finger. Uh, I'm the one selected for exclusion. <laughs> Not anymore. You get right. both now. All, All right. right. So uh, back in 1993, there was a character called the Max, which has a uh, which had 34 issues over five years, uh, and an MTV uh, animated show written by Sam Keith. Well, not the show, the comic. It was created by Sam Keith. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, IDW has the publishing rights to the Max, but they've never done anything with him until now. Yeah, the Max will be crossing over with Batman in a comic called Batman. <laughs> yeah, Batman. I know. I, I heard how I said it. <laughs> Batman the Max Arkham. Dri- oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What, what it's called? Arkham Dreams. Ooh. It's called. Uh, the synopsis reads: When a devious uh, new doctor at Arkham Asylum conducts unconventional forays into the human psyche, he kicks off a disastrous chain reaction by experimenting Arkham's newest patient, the Max. The city of Gotham soon begins to merge with the Outback. Is he an Australian The Max? The Max? It, it might be. It makes sense. Yeah, I've never read the Max. Yeah, me either. Uh, the Max's psych- uh, psychedelic mental landscape. Oh. Landscape? I should have read the rest. Uh, landscape. It's up to Batman to save Gotham and all of reality, but only by joining the Max on a trip into the darkest depths imaginable, the twisted minds of Batman's greatest enemies. That sounds cool with me. Sounds uh, like a doubt. September. Sam, look up Sam Keith's art, guys. Uh, it's it's very... I saw the cover. It's like their faces. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His, his art's radical. radical. That's actually a really good... Uh, a good Radical. Word. Yeah. It's... it's it's 90s as hell. It is the definition radical of... Radical Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it is the definition of radical. Yeah. Tubular. Uh, spinning out of Infinity War... Infinity Wars, uh, Wars? Not, the, not the movie, the comic by oh, Jerry Duggan yeah. uh, is coming. This is too many comics. I know. <laughs> a lot of comics. Uh, it's called Infinity Warp. Oh, right. Let's do the time warp yeah. again. Oh, hi, Ben. You're back. You're yeah. right. <laughs> uh, Infinity Warp. 
so we got uh, a couple of teases a little bit of, of characters being combined, much much in the same way that Amalgam was in the 90s. I'll tell you what. Designs look cool. Not excited about all these miniseries. Uh, so they were going. So we've uh, we saw like Black Panther, Ghost Rider, the the, the the Ghost Panther, the Ghost Panther, and the Arachnite, the Arachnite, the Moon Knight, and Spider Man. That's great. Um, so we we know that these that these comics are coming. We've now got a confirmation of two miniseries coming out of this uh, Infinity Warp, uh, which would be Infinity War's Iron Hammer, which is Iron Man and Thor. Ooh. Written by Al Ewing. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and and drawn by Ramon. Uh, R- Rossanos, Rossanas, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, and Infinity War Soldier Supreme, which is Captain America and uh, as a Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, it looks stupid. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, that's written by Jerry Duggan and art by Adam Kubert. Heck yeah! And there'll be more. Um, but oh, we but we don't know uh, what what those are being going to be called specifically, uh, or in creative teams. Uh, apparently, uh, Ben Blacker is is attached to this product uh, as well. Um. Sure, I guess. <laughs> I uh, yeah, they're really cool designs, but like, if I'll ev- get a rack night. If I, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want like seventeen of those warped science. That's a lot. Yeah, because they they they're gonna not amount to anything. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. This reminds me a lot of amalgam. Yeah, I think that's like the point, kind of. Probably. Yeah. Sparks. Uh, this is too many comics. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> too many comics that we're talking about, or too many comics in general. This is too many comics to like have to go read, man. I can't. It's too much, and they're not one shots. Like they're all like two issues. I'm like, yeah, uh, I can't, I can't oh, do like it. Oh, the conversions. Man. Yeah. Uh, like I'll take like like a Batman who laughs. Like all oh, those were one shots. I'll take those, but make I would have wanted Batman who laughs to be more than one. But well, go back you, to our Dark Knight's yeah. metal to yeah. You know what I mean? Though, like if every one of these oh, guys gets two issues, can I, I tell you guys like the greatest bit of marketing that we didn't have to do? Heck yeah! Uh, if you type in Dark Knight's metal into Spotify. Uh, our episode is like one of the first really yeah. it's one, yeah. one of the first things because they have the Red Death uh, Dark Knight's Metal song on Spotify oh yeah so anybody who goes looking for that gets to see our podcast oh yeah sweetie sweetie I think that's kind of cool coming forward that Dark Knight's booty <laughs> I like it good I like that uh, anything to add Ben before we move on <sighs> Sparks says you don't actually me- have to I know you don't read too many comics no I'm you- <laughs> screw you it wasn't actually a day I'm just saying will you read more comics if Stephen King writes a James Bond will comic you st- <laughs> no joke I would absolutely read that comic like yeah man Stephen King visits the Mist Town yeah <laughs> Stephen King visits the Mist Town or James Bond sorry James Bond oh, yeah. <laughs> that'd be pretty good he kung fu chopped a monster <laughs> as I was going to say the Arachnite looks pretty cool. I actually dig the design, and also I really enjoyed Moon Knight because Brandon, you loaned me some issues of the Moon Warren Knight. Ellis Moon Knight. Yeah. That was really well written. Should mm-hmm. read the Jeff Lemire stuff. It's great. I, oh, I would like to. Yeah. Um, Spider Man is one of my favorite characters ever since I was a kid, and hearing that there's gonna be a Thor. Uh, Have you Iron read Man. the Spider Man comic? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, good. There we go. I just was wondering. A single one. I was just legitimately curious. No, no. I I own um, own sp- Spider Man. <laughs> Sorry, Spider Man Blue. Oh, and okay. I'm looking into get other spire. I'm looking into get other spire books. I just want someone to recommend me some good Spider-Man books. We don't have time. Uh, uh, anything written by Dan uh, Slott? Sparks. <laughs> oh, oh I good. stopped him dead. Shaking his head. <laughs> I was gonna ask Sparks because he's the big Spider-Man fan, and and of course Brian here since he's a big uh, Marvel guy. I I cannot any higher recommend the Ultimate Spider-Man line. Oh yeah, yeah. by Bendis. 100%. It's 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 a solid, solid, long, well done line of Spider-Man comics. Um. 
And then we can, uh, during the, the late 80s and early 90s was kind of prime time in, in the classic Amazing Spider-Man titles. Yeah, I was hoping yeah. to get some we can, we can We can talk about yeah, recommendations later. But the thing is, I also, I kind of perked up a little bit when you said that there's going to be a Thor and Iron Man mashup. Oh, your two favorites. I, Iron well, Hammer. I know you like Thor. I do. I, like I Thor. wasn't sure if you like. Well, Thor is Thor. because people say I look like Thor, especially when my hair. Yeah, really, and you really want long. people to touch your abs when you go to Comic Con. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> when I have abs, yes, I don't have abs now. They're under a cooler. Oh, oh I like well, that. Yeah. welcome to our hundredth episode. Callbacks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stranger Things. Everyone likes Stranger Things. Yes. Oh my God, I love Stranger Things. Uh, well, it's also getting a comic. I'm down. Jody Hauser. Uh, Jody Hauser. Woo! She's Good getting get. a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, man. Her. Um, she uh, forces of destiny. I believe she writes for. She's. Uh, uh, oh, I know her from Mother Panic from uh, yeah. DC. Um, Jody Hauser uh, will be writing a well, the first uh, what will be a multi. Um, what was the exact line? A multi-year publishing line between Dark Horse and Stranger Things. Okay. Um, or Netflix in general. It wasn't clear. I'm pretty sure it's Stranger Things. Um, the art will be handled by. Multiple people: Stefano Martino. Okay, yeah, I like that name. Yeah, uh, Keith Champagne. I like that name. Okay, uh, Lauren F. or Affy. I don't know. <clears throat> it's just A F F E. And Nate Picos. I'm gonna. I'm confident in that one. It's Picos. Um, it will reveal what happened to Will Byers after he was taken to the Upside Down in season one. Since Will spent the majority of the first season stuck in the Upside Down, the new miniseries will provide fans with their first look at what type of dangers and, cre- and creatures the young boy experienced during his time away. Yay! Uh, it will be a four issue mini, I believe, and it'll be out. The first issue will be out September 26th from Dark Horse. That third season's probably this year, right? Probably, probably. Because I just did. I watched an interview with uh, David Harbour on Colbert. And like he had like the he had like the mustache and like he was like done filming or whatever. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we get it this year. Yeah. I love Stranger Things. I'm down for more. I will read a comic about this. So will I, especially because yeah. um, the Upside Down is a place that we still don't know about. So seeing what happens, fun hap- to like dive in more into that. Yeah, dive into more of like what the Upside Down really is. Because it, it seems from the show very barren, but I kind of mm-hmm. like the idea of going deeper into kind of the creatures that live there. Yeah. Like who puts up the streamers when when we have streamers up? I don't it's know. It's just like Demi Gorgon's like oh, I hate my job. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like oh, damn humans, we have to mimic everything they do. Son of that a is bit. a good that is a good question. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Sparks, what about you? You interested in this one? I I am. I'll read it. Yeah, Jody has too good many writer. comics. Too, too many, many comics. comics. Yeah, dude. But that's our last comic and our last bit of news. Really? That's it. Oh wow. Uh, we we did it. Uh, and in case you guys weren't paying attention, uh, I am not going to put a two-hour or minimum cap on this episode. We are going to go as long as we can because this is our 100th and we deserve to celebrate it accurately. We put a two-hour cap? I, you know, I normally try to keep it like an hour we 30 have a two to two hour hours. Cat? <laughs> <laughs> normally I try to keep the show an hour and a half to two hours. Um, What's a two-hour cat? <laughs> shut up. <laughs> That's my street name. Um, but this time I'm just going to let us go let until us we are done. Well, for our 100th episode, we decided to do something a little special Ooh. for our uh, audience. So, uh, Ben, drop a beat. We're going to take off our clothes, and we're going to... Wrong beat. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. I wanted a... Wah, wah, wah. Oh, oh, you're oh, talking you sexy. Want Lu- you want a Luke Cage. Oh, yeah, 
welcome to our 100th episode. No, um, porn, porn so we so we were kind of playing playing with some some ideas like what we could do for our 100th to really celebrate kind of our 100th episode. So we decided to celebrate ourselves in our own tastes. Celebrate um, me, the hundred episodes of me. Um, and we thought it'd be cool to have a, a top five. Uh, of different categories, five, top five of five categories, twenty-five each, which equal a hundred. So essentially, five we have times five, twenty-five times four is one hundred. Quick math. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Quick so math. Math's not hot. Man, thank you for getting it. Thank you. So, so who wants yeah. to go first? No. All right, Ben. Why me? Because <laughs> you, you didn't say no. You didn't say no. I said no. Budgery. It was either you or Sparks. Sparks didn't say no. I, you were. I, I put his my hand finger on my yeah. nose. He's picking his nose. It's too late. God damn it! All right, hey, so we're all, doing, are we doing all five? No, we're doing movies. No, first. you were in here, right? Okay, so we're doing uh, we're doing five. <coughs> we're doing the category each. So okay. so start with your top five movies. Okay, and uh, discuss what you want about them. All right, top. We're f- we're all doing top five movies first. All right, well, top five nerdy movies is what the category was. Top five nerdy movies. Yes, not in p- any particular mm. order, <laughs> by the way. Thank I- you, Trebek. Is that, <laughs> the, is that the right? Is that the right guy? Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. <laughs> That's the wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Wait, Drew, Drew Carey, Steve Harvey. Wrong. Wrong. Stop. We're all wrong now. Bob Barker. <laughs> ben, what is top five nerdy movies? The Price is Wrong, bitch. Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I'm happy. Go more. This is your number one. Bat. Well, it's the first I wrote down. Okay. Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Good. Good. Who framed? Oh, good Rod- movie. Who framed Roger Rabbit? You done good. Back to the Future Part One. Lord of the Rings, specifically Fellowship of the Ring. You chose one. I like it. I like those. I like that pick. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I wanted to go because it was really hard for me to pick my top five dirty movies because yeah. I was thinking about all. I thought you said dirty movies for nerdy, a second. Nerdy, well, I mean, not dirty, could, could nerdy. Be. I do have a dirty movie. Okay. Is that, the, is that the Batman v Superman porno? Yeah. Continue. Ooh, okay. Dawn of my erection. <laughs> Dawn of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to really talk about Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Great one. Because. A lot of like fans like us, the three of us, and a bunch of other nerds, we can go on and on about Mask of the Phantasm, but I want to say like the casuals, the normals, or the people who aren't Normies. Really, not to say it in a derogatory term, because it's not. No, they don't know it, though. They, they just don't really know it that well. And it's one of the, in my opinion, the best Batman anime movie ever made, period. Shut up, you're wrong. It was also released in theaters. It was, the at the same one. time of Batman Forever. Wait, you like, it, you like it more than a killing joke? <laughs> oh, trigger! I have never seen My Killer Joke. <laughs> I've never seen Killer Joke, and I know that movie still shit. And you're lucky. <laughs> yes, sex scene. That's why. Um, you're right. And yeah, but Ryan, you <laughs> if were... it could be summed up in one line, <laughs> it scene. would be the sex scene. That's why the first awkward twi- gargoyle stare. <laughs> first twenty minutes of that of the Killing Joke, yeah. but Mask of the Phantasm, because it tell. I didn't really know because I had this movie on VHS when I was really, really young and of course all I cared about was our cartoon. I didn't care about what was really going on and as I'm watching it as I get older, I realize how good this movie is because it is the equivalent to a Batman origin story via animated series. Not, oh, Bruce's parents got shot. Everyone knows how that happens. I'm talking about the actual inspiration yeah, we've of seen Batman. It three times. Exactly. I'm talking about... Once in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And I'm also talking about how Bruce almost had a normal life. He was this bloody close to having a normal life, but then it just goes to hell. And the story, it, it the way that it introduces one of the best villains that we only see once. I would love to see someone write a comic about the Phantasm. 
uh, uh, I'll correct you before we get any tweets, like we will. Um, there was a yeah, I know the the Batman Beyond. Um, yeah, they did a, they, they, they brought back. I'm talking about a comic book that's solely based on Audrey, no Batman in it whatsoever. Yeah. Oh no! See, I've always wondered why they never brought in the Oz, phantasm, the like phantasm character as, at all, as, a, yeah. as just a villain to bring mm-hmm. in. Because you're right, that movie is real, is really powerful and mm-hmm. really interesting. Uh, the music in it really just heightens into the movie, the whole movie into melodrama. It's way the, more dramatic than that series ever got. Yeah, and I actually have the opening theme on my phone. It's a beautiful. Well, it was, a, it, was a, it was a like a theatrical movie, so they're allowed to be yeah. a little more mature than what they were for. Uh, you want to know the, how, the show? Well, you know what like, I find it hilarious about it. What is that? Um, because this came out at the same time as Batman Forever. Claws. Everyone came out to Batman Forever, but no one, hardly anyone went and saw um, Masking of Phantasm. Yeah. But like movie critics like um, Roger and Ebert, they loved Mask of the Phantasm and they hated it. Did you Forever. say Roger and Ebert? Yes, he did. Oh, I'm so glad um, you caught it. Oh, I didn't catch it. No, yeah, Roger, uh, Roger Ebert, Ebert is and one uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Gene Siskel. Siskel. Gene Siskel, was Siskel the, would Ebert. be the, the guy. Siskel and Ebert, that was the two. Well, <laughs> I just imagine Roger <laughs> Ebert is like an alien. He splits apart. <laughs> <laughs> I am Roger. I'm looking because he. Pa- I'm looking. I'm sorry. Sorry. My I, bad. I forgive you. It's been Five a long stars. time. It's been a long time. <laughs> but no, they both gave this movie two thumbs two thumbs up because they really liked it, and it's one of the best performances by um, Dana Delaney, um, Kevin Conroy, and Capcom? of course, and of course Mark Hamill. The ending scene where they're at the world's for they're at the Gotham Fair, oh, yeah. and of course. Um, she uh, Audrey looks at Batman and says goodbye my love everything starts blowing up and just Mark Hamill just erupts in the best Joker laugh yeah, it is, the music swells the chorus comes in Batman yells for Audrey it is just you know what's really what's what's like exceptional exceptionally great about that movie? Mm-hmm. You can watch it without watching that show. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yes. And oh, you totally. can watch it with never having seen the just show. Just a good Batman. Show. Yeah, but also it takes it makes the best of Batman. It puts in the detective work. It puts in a great villain, villains. It puts in him fighting. It also gives us of how he became Batman. Like there's this great scene where he finds about these guys doing either a drug or a Oh God! What is it? Oh, Drug man, or weapons? Scenes. One the scene, but it's before he just has a ski mask on. He's like, "Sit down, arm spread." And there's this guy's like, "Who's this clown?" And they, he gets his ass whipped. Like, okay, and he okay, goes, okay, I want to, I want to actually stop you because, um, well, I think you're you 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 keep gl- you keep glancing over the Batman origins stuff, and I think the most important stuff about that stuff about that origins uh, story is all the scenes where he's talking to his parents' grave. Yes, because that stuff is. Powerful, is powerful, like mm-hmm. in the rain and the music. It's amazing. Like he's there begging their forgiveness because he found someone to spend the rest of his life with in Audrey, mm-hmm. but yet she leaves him anyway. And then he puts on the mask and, ri- and then when the bats fly up, oh god, yeah, just, it's it's excellent. It's just, an excellent, excellent movie. I've loved that movie when I was a kid, and as an, an adult, this I watched has been it. The review special, yeah, oh, sorry. No, but as an adult, it still holds up and still the quintessential Batman films. And of course, one of my other favorite films I just want to gush about for a bit is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, dude. I mean, that movie when I was a kid, that literally blurred the lines of reality and make believe. Judge Doom is like so bad, the scariest thing I when I was a kid. When I went I to Toon- just, when oh, I was yeah. at Disneyland and I walked into Toontown for the first time, I literally thought this existed as a real place. Like Mickey yeah. Mouse for real lived in uh-huh. that house. Roger Rabbit was just right around the corner. It just blew my mind. What's his name? Eddie Valiant. Eddie Valiant. Yeah, yeah. he's a what? A, what? A, what? Mario. What Bob a Hoskins. Guy. Yeah, what a great guy. Oh God, I, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a great movie. It's Zemeckis. an amazing movie. Yeah, Zemeckis. Yeah, it was a Zemeckis film, but also it's a great period. Like Brandon, it's a period piece. It takes place in the forties. I love that movie. Great cartoon, movie is excellent. cartoon noir. Great detective movie. Yeah, I just and also I'm pretty sure it's the movie that made me straight. 
All right. Oh, uh, Jessica, Jessica, <laughs> Jessica Rabbit. Was because that? because because that's how that works. Uh, there was an option. You were like on like the border of like anything else, and then you saw Jessica Rabbit, and you're like, oh, that's what I like. Okay. <laughs> there, there, there was an option for me to go gay, but no. I saw Jessica Rabbit, and I was like, you know yeah. what? Okay. I think straight's like the way you, to go. You skipped Top Gun, and you went to Jessica Rabbit. Like, <laughs> no, I should have saw Top Gun first. You're, you're oh. like, huh, Top Gun or or Who Framed Roger Rabbit? You know what? Uh, I think it'll, <laughs> it'll do me good sexually if I watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Okay, that came out bad. But <laughs> it came out really bad. It came buddy. out really bad. It came out really great. Okay, you know what? No, that's. <laughs> you know what? No, that was the movie that made me start loving boobs a lot. There is that better? There you go. Yeah. All right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that movie. You're is... welcome, Fanny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your wife, uh, my wife. That uh, Roger Rabbit is awesome. That movie is amazing. Um, and they've tried to do other versions. Like they made um, a movie called Cool World. Yeah, I heard about with that. Brad Pitt and Kim Basinger. That's not a good one. Uh, they did Space Jam, which is like a funnier version. Um, well, Space Jam is also Space just, Jam does not hold up. It no. was all just Warner Brothers. Yeah. What? Space Jam totally holds Come on up. and slam. And welcome um, to the Jam. You so don't have to jump on everything. They. Uh, yeah, but that one's ahead. fun. That one's fun though. Space um, Jam is fun. Looney Tunes back in action. Yeah, let's forget it. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, what? Man. That's great too. Brendan Fraser beats up Brendan Fraser. <laughs> it's like Shaggy chews out Shaggy. That's like Evil Superman Four. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, Red Rabbit's great. If you guys haven't seen that, like you're really missing out. No, yeah. also it just has 30th anniversary. Wow. Yeah, but it's only 30. 30. Man, that movie's awesome. Mm-hmm. It is. And one of the things I really Bob love Hoskins about Hoskins dead yet? He passed away. Yeah. Yes, yes, he passed okay. away. I know that seemed really insensitive, no, but I was yeah. generally curious. <laughs> yeah, right, just, he, hey, did he die yet? <laughs> he, the, All right, is he Bob still living? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just also, I really like how they put both Warner Brothers characters and uh, Disney characters. Do you know how much those Disney characters cost Warner Brothers? A lot. Mickey Mouse Tons. and Bugs Bunny next to each other. But still, that's one of the best scenes ever was those two, the two stars, the two faces of these companies, of these animation giants yeah. together on the same yeah. screen. It's it, also yeah, super Daffy bu- Duck and Donald Duck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's also super meta. Quadruple D's. Oh man, too many D's. <laughs> it's 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 also super meta when Dumbo shows up and is like, uh-huh. I leased him from I leased him from I uh, leased him from Disney. From uh, Disney. Best thing is, he works for PSA. Throws peanuts out the window. Yeah. And Christopher Lloyd in Judge Doom. Oh my God. Doc Brown scares me. Um, uh, Ryan, uh, but you guys. Hey, what's up? So uh, I remember when we talked. I I got some nerdy movies, but they're not all nerdy movies. But like three fifths of them count, so I'm gonna allow it. All right. So let's get my nerdy ones out of the way. I also put Empire Strikes Back because I do think that is the best Star Wars movie. Sorry. You nerds. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Uh, It's clearly Revenge of the Sith. You turned him against me. <laughs> um, yeah, man, Empire is just like the dopest. Like the characters are great. Like it's it's like the the, the most pivotal moment in the in in the franchise. Like uh, Vader is the coolest. Like Hoth is just cool. Like everything about that movie is on point. Uh, and I love it a lot. Uh, I wrote down Captain America: Civil War because that's still my favorite comic book movie. Because that's a great movie. When I when I and I know I know Sparks, uh, you got your your issues with it, and I can agree to that. Um, but like when I when I think of a comic book movie, I there are certain things I look for. Like because I'm a big comic book guy, I want that to translate. And the relationship between uh, Tony Stark and Steve Rogers in that movie is so strong, and I believe every second of it. And I feel more emotion in that movie than I do most regular movies because they've built to a point where I can feel that. Uh, so for a nerdy movie, I would put that as my f- uh, favorite comic book movie probably. Uh, and then uh, I got uh, three movies that are uh, old and cool. Uh, the Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, 1984. Uh, that's the grossest, scariest movie you guys will ever see. Uh, I love it. It's all about paranoia and like not knowing if your best friend's an alien is going to eat you. And it takes place in Antarctica, so it's super spooky and super super snowy, and it looks really great. Uh, I love that movie. Uh, Blade Runner. You guys have seen Blade Runner. Oh, of course, Blade Runner. Give me a couple years. 
He saw. I mean, he saw part of Blade Runner, a bl- very glaring. I saw no. a third of it on a screen that was very I blurry. I still <laughs> comprehended it. Yeah, and I was able to see it. You got the gist of it. I you got the gist of it. You heard yeah. robot noises. I have to say that unicorn scene was very weird. Yes. Uh, give me a couple. From years. a different movie. Yeah. Give me a couple years, and I think um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine might take over. Because, uh, like I said, I rewatched it a couple weeks ago, and man, that movie I still is need to get that, that movie, movie is something else, man. But Holy gotta, crap! But you gotta think about would Blade Runner twenty four and nine be as good without Blade Runner? No, because it wouldn't exist. Well, um, yeah. that's, that's but I mean, like, thing. if I'm putting them just as like movies, like I, I think I enjoy twenty forty nine more. But I've also just watched Blade Runner a whole bunch. Um, my favorite movie of all times a movie called Old Boy. They remade it uh, with Spike Lee, and it was bad. Uh, that was Josh Brolin. Thanos is in that movie. That's a bad movie. Uh, Old Boy is about... Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah. Old Boy is a South Korean movie about a guy named Odaisu who is a, a jackass. He's like a jerk. And um, he gets locked away. Somebody just locks him away in some random prison. It's not a real prison. Like somebody kidnaps him and locks him away for 10 years. And then he's released. And he's saying, you did your 10 years. You're free to do, figure to, do what you want. And he was just locked in a room for 10 years, just going nuts. So he's released, and he has to figure out what happened, and it's a crazy revenge story with a lot of twists and turns. Uh, and it's super visceral and super visually stunning, and, and it's beautifully written. Uh, and the first time I saw it, I was a teenager. And it, like, shocked me at how much I fell in love with it. Uh, no movie has made me feel that way uh, since. And this was, I saw this, like, 10 years ago. So it made you straight. <laughs> it made me super straight. I'm uh, still. I, <laughs> I know I could have said that better. I'm sorry. Oh, that's it was hilarious. A bad way to say it. Uh, there's, there's a scene where uh, I mean, this is in South Korea, and this was in like in like the early 2000s, where like he says like he he just woke up and he's like, I want to eat something alive. I want to feel. I want to eat something raw. So like he goes to a sushi place and he gets sushi and he's like, this isn't raw enough. So he just reaches his hand into a tank and he pulls out a live octopus and he eats the octopus on screen. And it's gnarly and it's nuts and he's and he's like slurping it up and like the tentacles are like going around his mouth and I'm just like, this guy's an actor. Oh my god, he's really he's like Leonardo DiCaprio, the Revenant acting right now. And I'm like, oh, this is good stuff. Uh, so yeah, old boy. Uh, if you guys have an hour and a half to like be really sad, I recommend it. Is that your top five? That's my top five. I lost count. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Sparks. Hey, so when I when I did top fives, I didn't do favorites because I classify favorites a little differently for myself than most people. So okay. I instead went about it like top five things I'd recommend for people looking to get into nerdy stuff or like who are nerds, but maybe anyway, who, who are nerds? So so in top Alex, five nerdy who movies, are nerds? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna start with a uh, hook. <gasps> That's a good because, movie, Rufio. Because I love Hook. And I love Peter Pan, and I and I thought Hook was fantastic, and I don't understand why people don't like it. And I think everybody needs to give it another chance. People don't like Hook. What? Uh, Hook has a very low critical rating. People but a do very not high like Hook. audience rating. Ben, just ben, like I'm gonna hurt you. Ben, I'm going to hurt you a little. And let you know that Steven Spielberg himself doesn't like Hook. Did he? Di- Wait, who directed Hook? He directed Hook. Steven, Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. He doesn't like it. He looks at it as a low point in his career. He had a quote. He had a quote like two years ago where he said, "Every once in a while, I try and watch Hook again just to see if I'll like it." And it, oh, it doesn't no. work. <laughs> nope. Anyway, that coming from the guy who made Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, oh, <laughs> Steven. Uh, I also was going to talk about Empire Strikes Back. Wow, it's almost I think like Empire- it's great. Not because it's my favorite. My favorite is Return of the Jedi. Same. It's good. But because uh, I think Empire Strikes Back did ultimately change and define why Star Wars is as beloved as it is, and let alone open the door for so many things that came afterwards uh, in the world of pop culture. But who doesn't know that? Uh, Avengers. 
the first one. Yeah, I've heard of it. Because I think that a lot of people these days take for granted the fact that that thing opened the door to potential for what comic book movies could be, especially combining them. We forget that we look back before Avengers came out and we didn't think it it would work. We thought it might fall apart. And I still think that movie holds up really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lost World Jurassic Park. Because it's way better than people think it is. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree with that one. Dang right you do. No, I still agree Jurassic, The Lost World is a good movie. Jurassic, the Lost World Jurassic Park is seen as, well, was seen as the worst of the three. No, the third is the worst of the right. three. It was seen as the worst of the three until Jurassic World came out. I I really like The Lost World Jurassic Park. I think that there's a lot of great stuff in there. and uh, I don't know. I I think... I think some people, Ryan, need to give it more of a chance. I, you're to, right. Uh, it's, to rise above it. It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. Uh, the last one is uh, I'm I'm really into like, man, I don't know. I'm really into like shared connection stories and like transfer through live stories. So I really like Cloud Atlas. Oh, oh really Cloud Atlas Sparks. is a great movie. You think it's yep, a great? Yep. You think it's a great movie? You think I it's do. a great movie? I do. Oh, when we live together, we're gonna I'm gonna dissect your brain about this one. <laughs> okay. Because listen, fine. just real quick about it, man, I give it a lot of credit for trying. It is a it is a it is a dense movie that goes places. If it gets to the where it's going is a different story. But I'll I'll allow you to like it. hundred percent. That's cool. Well I mean That's you, can't, cool. you can't not allow him to like it. You can't really. stop me. <laughs> yes I can. No. no, I think I think we're about inclusion list. here. I, yeah. I I was really impressed with Cloud Atlas when I saw it. I'm I'm impressed with the, uh, I mean I love the music, but that's not. Yeah. Um, I I'm impressed with the way that they were able to piece together and flow all those stories. If if you know the book, you know that it is not at all uh, interwoven the way that they did it in the movie. Okay. Um, the when you're when you're reading the book, the narratives are separated by their time period. It's not like, like and the movie. It's like an onion in the movie, right? It's like the like. And the, in the movie, yeah. like you're you're weaving in and out of each time period, but in the book, it is each okay. time period. Do you by think itself. that that was a negative thing on the movie? Good, no, I thought that was a genius idea. I think if they tried to keep cool. things locked in, I think if they tried to keep things locked in the time period for a film, I think people would have lost the point of why these things were even in one movie together. Yeah, I think I Whereas, think it is very impressive. I just don't think it yeah. landed. Is all. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. Brandon. Good list. Good list. Oh, good uh, list. My turn, I guess. Uh, so I, Green Lantern. So I went with my... How'd you, God, how, <laughs> how'd you know? Psychic. Uh, All but, Alex Kurtzman movies. I love The Island. I. That's not... You know what? It's I, not bad. I, I like The that's Island. That's one of his better be movies. Um, all right. So I picked my favorites. Uh, and then the last one I couldn't decide, so I picked my favorite comic book movie. Oh. Um, keep it nerdy. Yeah. So Jurassic Park. Obviously, my favorite movie of all time. Uh, it's people are shocked to hear this, but it has influenced every career decision I've ever made. Mm. Uh, it doesn't hold up. <laughs> no uh, Jurassic Park three. Sparks, I guess. <laughs> I guess one hundred episodes uh, is a good time to tell you you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! A little light comes down. You just like be lifted off. So he's going to heaven. I guess so. Yeah. Sure. This is the end. It's like it's vague. It's like the end of Cats. I haven't seen Cats. Oh, get yeah, um, dogs show up. <laughs> one of the one of them kind of gets into this spaceship looking thing and just ascends and it's 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 death. Oh, it's a weird movie. You know, cats. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, right. So Jurassic Park. It, like I watched it again recently. It, 
it, it's just man that movie every frame of that movie i love it it's it's it, it hits me with such uh, emotion. It, it's hard to explain my love of that film. It's that great character work, right? Oh well, yeah, yeah, I think so. No, no it, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I like Jurassic Park because a great character. Yeah, Brandon, work. To go off Jurassic Park, it's one of those movies that to me, when I was a kid, I only watched it for the dinosaurs. I kind of ignored the human seat parts. But as I got older and I was able to, you know, actually listen to what they were saying, it still holds up. It's so- the whole movie is still solid. The CGI still looks great. The what I love love so much is okay. The Brachiosaurus is starting to look a little dated. Um, not but that T Rex though. Not that T Rex. That no, is no, ageless. No, no, no. She um, is a beautiful. But the mixture of practical effects and with CGI, it, it, it's it's to this day we lose a lot of the lessons that I feel like we should have learned in that film. Um, which is, one, don't tamper with your films, George Lucas. Because uh, uh, Steven Spielberg once said that he wanted to go back to Jurassic Park and update the dinosaur looks to, to match current scientific uh, theories. But after changing the, the, the guns to walkie-talkies and E.T., he decided, no, I'm never doing that. Um, but this is one bit. I'm going to point it out to all of you so that you can all watch it because it's, it's amused me for decades. Um, it, there's a, when the raptor goes into the, into the, uh, the kitchen, mm-hmm. uh, when he's chasing Lex and Lex and Tim and he opens the door and he's, it's just a long, long shot. He's standing in the doorway. There's a dude whose hand reaches and reaches in and touches the raptor and moves the raptor up so that it can sniff the air. Oh yeah. And you it's, see the hand? You see the the hand of the PA or whatever. Oh, <laughs> no. You know you can see on uh, the Dilophosaurus, you can see the strings that lift up the fan. Oh, I'm oh, sure. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Blu-ray. What have you done? Uh, so I always thought that was funny. That's my favorite, my favorite little bit of trivia. I need to, I never I need to look for that. I got dots in here. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, I quote the movie endlessly. Mm-hmm. Like 40% of my vocabulary is that movie. Ah, ah, ah. You didn't say the magic word. This one's going to be a little surprising to, I think, some of you. Dragonheart. That's no, a great. That's I, li- a I love. I love Dragonheart. Oh, what? I was obsessed with Dragonheart. I, I took when this. I, was I took this one off my list because I knew he had it. Yeah. Oh, uh, so Dragonheart is my second favorite movie of all time. Uh, it, it is a movie that has a profound effect on me because it was the first movie that my dad and I connected to. Oh, um, your dad is an eldritch dead dragon. That's why. Yes, exactly. Yes. No, my dad and I we had a hard time connecting when I was a kid, and and uh, we connected on dragons. Strange Dragonheart. And Dragonheart was that movie we would watch all the time. Uh, we were so excited to see a sequel. What's his name? Quaid. <laughs> Quaid. I. So, there's enough. And it, it would be. It wouldn't be a lie to say that you and I bonded very quickly because we found out that both of us put Dragonheart in our top five movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Quaid. That's true. Uh, we we both have a very strong love of Dragonheart and are both confused every time we walk through California Adventure and they're playing the Dragonheart theme. It's very weird. They really? They do. That's yes. such a good theme, too. What, where? It's a universal movie. Uh, if uh, you're walking in front of Soren, every now and then they'll play the Dragonheart theme. What? It's very weird. I haven't heard... I it's haven't... because... It, I think it's because the theme got sold out because for a while after Dragonheart, you would hear the theme used in trailers a lot. Oh, yeah. uh, perhaps. Perhaps. They're still making, like, Netflix Dragonheart stuff. No, they're straight yeah. to DVD, not Netflix. Well, I mean, Dragon I think there's Heart... like a Netflix original. No, there's no Netflix no? original. No, oh. no Netflix original. Gross, Dragonheart, no. Dragonheart, the the original is, I think, my opinion anyway, the the best dragon movie that was ever made. I agree. There aren't many. Oh, like, although ones. unfortunately, Draco doesn't hold up as well as the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. No, no. Um, so, but it's still great. So Dragonheart, you know, and then Dragonheart Two, New Beginnings. Dragonheart Three is Ben Kingsley, and Dragonheart Four is Patrick Stewart playing the same character that Ben Kingsley plays. Wow! So there you go. That's a lot. Um, yeah, Dragonheart, it's it's such a beautiful movie. I cry every single time. Dragonheart. Um, it's, yeah, I can't say enough good things I'm about it. I'm made of stars. The stars, Owen. 
So stars Bowen. Bowen. Oh, I thought his name was Quaid. Oh, uh, you messed it up. <laughs> Dennis totally, Quaid. That could make yeah. him cry. Well, okay. But but it's truth be told, it's been a very long time since I've seen it's it. It's Bowen, brother Gilbert, who's also in The Lost World. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, Pete, Pete passed away. Yeah, he's, right, he well, rest in peace. Rest in peace. The stars, Bowen. Shut up. Young Frankenstein. Oh. My okay. favorite comedy putting in ever. The putting on the Ritz. Uh, Young Frankenstein is, like, to this day, I I don't laugh as hard in, in, in movies. I be normal. <laughs> that movie is freaking awesome. That dude. movie is amazing. Uh, every single time I watch it, I'm hysterical. Uh, all those jokes always land. Ben, you've never seen it. Mel Brooks, dude. Mel Brooks. <laughs> you like, gave me a copy too, and I still haven't seen it. Mel Brooks. <laughs> wow, the Ben, Ben, bad fake nerd, Ben, <laughs> bad fake nerd. Uh, yeah, Young Frankenstein is I'm so good. Sorry. I, I have it, though. It's not like I'm going to get rid of it. You uncultured swine. Spot that counts. <laughs> hey, at least I... Well, that's not going to help me anyway. No, it's nope, not. don't. <laughs> It'll scare you straight. Uh, <laughs> 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 I acknowledged my mistake earlier. I just want to throw that at you. <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon would be number four, I think. Mm, um, okay. Oh, so that's a good dragon movie, too. After yeah. about three, it's difficult for me to find uh, a top five because I, I know my top three fairly easily, but my top five, I my, the last two I had to figure out. So I picked my favorite animated film. Which is How to Train a Dragon. Wait, but we've done four. No, this is my fourth one. No. Oh, okay. How to Train Your Dragon being your fourth one? Yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. I thought you were going on. No. Uh, so How to Train a Dragon is, is my is my, uh, is my favorite animated film. Uh, it, it holds up to this day. I love How to Train a Dragon too as well. Uh, but number one, like, man, that score by John Powell is one of the best Powell. scores ever. Like, it, it's... Powell. Yeah, it's great. First great. time I went to visit you up north, you took me to the IMAX screen of Dragon, and I've never mm. seen it before. And you said, we're watching this movie. It was my first day that I just parked the car, and we got in yours, and we drove. And it was awesome. Yeah, great movie. Chances of Sean Connery appearing as a dragon in How to Train Your Dragon. Not Dragon. high. Zero. That man is an asshole, and he retired after the League of Australian Gentlemen. I'm a dragon. <laughs> uh, and the dragons don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, uh, Batman Begins is my favorite comic book movie. Uh, what was the one you were deciding between Batman Begins and something Captain else? Captain America the First Avenger. There you go. Uh, which I d- is my favorite Marvel movie, but Batman Begins is my favorite comic book movie. I think it's also the best Batman film. Like, bar none, uh, it's the, it's the only to me. It's the only one where Batman doesn't actively kill anybody. Where's the trigger? Looking at your favorite, Batman, 1989. Yo, man, Bat- Yo, he- he's a killer. With, from Manila. What I like about what I like about Chris Nolan's Batman is that he actually does something interesting with the no kill rule, mm-hmm. uh, where he's like, you know, it's not like he just doesn't ignore it. He's like, you're not going to kill me. He's like, you're right. I'm just not going to save you. Yeah. Uh, I do like that wrinkle. I think Liam Neeson, who's my favorite actor, mm-hmm. he's great as Rachel Ghoul, the only white guy I will ever accept as Rachel Ghoul. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. It, it's also Christian Bale delivers a really good performance as both Bruce Wayne and Batman. His voice isn't as bad as it became in Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. True. It's very much. I like, agree. It's much more toned down. Uh, there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of great humor. The color palette in that movie is is uh, this cool, black. really cool orange and black that uh, it, I, I just can't get over. It was also more acceptable that he was doing the voice though that way in the first movie because, uh, it, you know, he was so new to it. Yeah. It felt like he was finding it, so it was fine. Also, Scarecrow, the, Scarecrow was great. Scarecrow's oh, amazing. Scarecrow Murphy really as Scarecrow is oh, one yeah. of the best villains ever. Uh, the other Batman didn't really change their voices much. 
Not, Kevin no. Conroy was the well, only no, one. Well, no, I mean, like, but no, no, but George I'm Clooney. Saying, yeah. I'm saying Kevin Conroy is the only one before Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so those are my top five. Uh, nice. Going back to Ben. It's a good oh. list. It's a good list. I like it. Yeah, because like nobody could ever figure out it was George Clooney behind the mask. He just sounded like George Clooney. Mm-hmm. And he still did his head, Bob. So TV shows, Ben. Oh. Oh, Ooh, shows. That. Oh, shit. Shows okay. on the television. Okay, so, because I had comics next, but that's fine. It, so, is, it's, it is fine. My personal top five nerdy shows, I'm also including anime and cartoons into this. I'm going to allow this. Once again, you're lucky. as all, no particular order. Uh, Stranger Things. You're one of your favorites. Ooh. One of my favorites. I love I it. absolutely love this That first season, like, the second season was good, it, but you got to remember, that first season fir- was, like, almost perfect. No, it was like, the first season. Yeah, that dude. got for me. The second season I still enjoy, but it's that first season of Stranger Things that just got me so a hook, hot line, right and now. sinker. Yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones, that's probably no surprise there. Wait. Do you have Game of Thrones on yours, Sparks? No. Okay. I have Game of Thrones on mine, so we're going to talk about Game of Thrones a little bit. We can do it now or later. Uh, let's do it later. Okay. Because also I have Justice League. The animated. The animated yeah. Justice League. Oh, well, that was going to be. Brandon, you showed this to me, and it became one of my personal favorites. Tengen Topa Gurren Lagan. Oh, yeah. Gurren Lagan. Gurren Lagan. I have watched Drillheads. I have watched Gurren Lagan since you first showed it to me because it's still yeah. on Netflix and Hulu, thank God. Like three times. So the stupid bathhouse episode became didn't, a clip show. Didn't it just have a comeback like a couple years ago or something? I thought there I was know. something. No. Sparks? 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 No, no, they just they just re-released a uh, like anniversary edition of all the episodes on Blu-ray oh, together. That's, that's all. What it is. My, 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 okay. Gotta look for that. Only in Japan, not here. Son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Brandon, you showed me Gurren Lagan when we went to visit. We binged yeah, the you, whole. Yeah, we watched the whole thing. And it was, and still one of my favorite animes to it's this great. day. It's great. And it's also, such an amazing show. And also, no, one of my favorite shows, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Heck yeah, dude! I really. You, did you need to drop the mic on that one? No, I just dropped you, my phone. You dropped the phone. He, you're just well, like, sorry, no, no. Avatar: <laughs> The Last Airbender. I didn't mean to do it like that. It's just Avatar is one of my favorite shows. It, it honest to God is. Yeah, I think Legend of Korra is better. Can I be honest with you guys? I like Korra better. Oh, you actually do. I actually do. No, I actually That's do. That's fine. I I think Zaheer, the Henry Rollins. Oh, he's Arab, a great character. I think he's my favorite villain from the what, entire The one who can fly? Show. Yeah. Oh, he's great. His whole his whole gang of like evil avatars. The Red Lotus. The, thank you, Red ah, Lotus. Ah, I, ah, ah, ah. What? Ah, He's probably not I haven't caught finished up. Korra. Whoa, sorry for <gasps> oh, super shit. old spoilers. Vader's yeah, yeah, Luke's yeah. father. I get it, I get it, no, I, I know, get I it, but can we... Yeah, Wait, are you on the Zaheer arc or no? I I haven't started book three, so... Oh, that's fine, okay. Oh, shit. That's... Well, his the name of the bad guy is Zaheer. The that's, Red Lotus. That's, 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 that's all we're going to say. That's all we're going to say. Shit. So yeah, Korra's my favorite. That's, we're not, we didn't spoil anything. That's fine, that's fine. Why are you... Play off it. Korra, Korra's my favorite. Interesting. Um, I don't think Korra's as good as Avatar The Last Airbender. It might not be... Better. This is the situation where like it might not be better, but I think it has stronger moments. Because I may agree with I, that. It's just Avatar, sorry, Sparks. Real quick, Avatar: The Last Airbender has much stronger characters. I yeah. think Korra is a strong character, but I think her side characters, especially Asami, are horribly realized in that show. And Asami, they did a lot better with Asami towards 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 the end, book yeah. three and four. But it's she's no Sokka. She's no Zuko. She's no. Even the even the smaller character, even the uh, Ty Lee and um, what's the other one? May May. Mm-hmm. Even, like even they were better realized characters than than Asami. And I get that a lot of I people love. Th- I mean, I can agree with that. I get that a lot of people love those re- love that relationship and yeah. uh, with, with you know Asami and uh, I, a lot of love for those characters. Yeah. I don't feel like they were as strong as the. I love the. Characters. I love the setting. 
personally. Like, like they jump to the future where it's like like industrialized. Yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah, well, I was gonna say like I don't I don't think Korra overall is better than Last Airbender, but I do like the setting of Korra. Yeah, better. that's actually my biggest problem is the setting. Really, like, that's why I love it. I like the feudal I like the feudal setting of uh, the Last Airbender. Uh, I don't like the more mo- I I feel like the modernization in Legend of Korra went too fast. I mean, it is like they have 80- robots. Well, I mean, yeah, but like, <laughs> I, I just, I get it. But I like, don't think so. But when you think about the fact that once Aang took over, like they all went to peace and you look at the technology, the Fire Nation and the other rebel like in- geniuses were coming up with, like, it's not uh, surprising that they moved forward that far technologically once they were all at peace. I mean, 80 sure. years is a long time. Like, where will we 80 years ago? No, that's true. Man. It's just, I, I feel I, I like the, and a lot of it is, you know, I like period piece genre, genre stories. Yeah. So I like the. F- I like the feudalness of the original series a lot more than I like the the more modern take of the Legend of Korra. Oh, I was about to say something, but it's gonna it's, it might spoil something later, so I can't say it. Dang it! Okay. I like how we're talking about Korra, not Avatar. Avatar is amazing. Sorry, go ahead. But also Avatar: The Last Airbender, the serialized storytelling of that of those three seasons. That's is one of the reasons why I love it so much. Because back then on Nickelodeon, it was you had SpongeBob, Fairly Odd Parents. I think Dan oh, Fairly Odd Parents. I think Dan Fandom was the only one that. Had a had a, like a set narrative, that, but I mean, sort of, sort it was nowhere sorta. near as serialized, not as close as it was to Avatar. But what drew yeah. me to Avatar was that it was anime esque, and at the time I was I was watching Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball GT, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it really got to me because it was a brand new world where these people can bend the elements, the four basic elements, and also you got beautiful character moments. Um, God, like the. Except I really hate it. Oh no, that was the comic. Sorry. No, I'm talking about the character moments, like between um, Katara and Zuko, and the guy who killed Katara's mom. Yeah, especially when they try to get Zuko and Katara to get to get to get together, and then they're like, "Oh wait, no, we want Aang and Katara together." Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I Zuko's those, awesome. I thought those were the fans. Yeah. No, great. it was there was a big push from the from some of the writers to uh, get Katara and Zuko together. That's why there's this long episode within the in the Crystal Cave, and it's very evident yeah. that the writers wanted to get them together. That's yeah, Chris, the Cave of Two Lovers. Yeah, yeah, that's Ang and uh, that's Ang and. No, and the, when they when Zuko and 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 and. Oh, Katara. the Crystal Kid. That's the end of the um, book two. Second, yeah, yeah. Um, I Avatar: The Last Airbender. I always respect and, and am grateful for because that opened the door for the serialized storytelling that we've seen take over modern cartoons, mm-hmm. which I love so much. Uh, there are, are many many cartoons, some of which I'm going to name later, which are they would not exist without Last Airbender opening the door to the fact that, like, hey, people do like when their cartoons actually have serialization and things that matter carry over from episode to episode. I will name one as well. Cool. No, he won't. I'm just kidding. He will. Scratches it out. I guess not. I I want to say, I think I know what one of those is, but I'm going to wait. Yeah, wait for my... uh, Good to move on to Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Ryan. Ooh, television. Okay, let me get my, my list here. So, uh, a show that we've all uh, watched the first season of, except for Ben, you missed the last episode, Legion. Legion, yeah. uh, if I... I if, also have Legion on my list. Hell yeah, let's Don't go. spoil season two, I please. Would, I don't know if I could, even if I tried, my friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, so, you could. No, I, yeah, I know, but it's just super wacky. But um, please don't. Patrick Stewart shows up, it was a whole thing. He's got hair, it's weird. <laughs> um, so yeah, season one is an amazing piece of television, and... If season two wasn't as good, I probably wouldn't put it on there. But like, it every episode it just amplifies from the last episode, and it's it's super crazy and it's super nuts. And like, they were given a bigger budget, so some it's just it's just so wacky. And like, when you guys see it, you're gonna be like, man, that first season was like tame compared to like some of the yeah. Stuff. Dude, oh like, man, I'm I'm halfway through, and 
it's bananas. It's true. I'm very excited it's to watch it. It's truly season two. bananas. Uh, now that it's over, maybe it'll go on Hulu. Yeah, and man, unfortunately, it's like, a really great show. Yeah, it's like it's uh, the ten episodes are over, so like the second season's over. Unfortunately, wasn't it eleven? Didn't they give it like an extra episode? Ooh. Yes. Oh yeah. Was it okay? Yeah, then eleven. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Thank. Thank you. Thank you, friends. You're welcome. Uh, Legion's great. So, uh, you thank you, go. friend Legion. Yes. Legion is such an unprecedented, well-made show. I love it so much. That's why it's, it's also in my top five. It's very unique. So good. Um. Let's see. Um. I'll talk. Let's uh, let's talk about Game of Thrones right now. Okay. I love Game of Thrones so a whole bunch. Um. When it's over, it's gonna be a big bummer because there aren't many shows i guess the walking well the walking dead and game of thrones came on around the same time actually um there aren't many shows like game of thrones that have this like worldwide like phenomena where like the red wedding was like like a lot of like millions of people simultaneously had their lives ruined at like once like i will never forget uh the red wedding on that sunday man like it was it was unbelievable i it was insane i came yeah yeah everybody gets to go home turn on hbo and pretend to be a nerd for a little bit Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. No, I actually got into Game of Thrones after the red wedding incident because oh. people. I just because I, one time there's this girl who came up to me in one of my classes and said, "I I'll have." Bet last-. She did. No, wow. she came up to me because she said, "Hey, you have Lannister hair." I'm like, "Cool." It was Lannister hair. It was Fanny. It was love at first sight. Uh-huh. It was not Fanny, <laughs> but she. I she talked and said, "Hey, I have Lannister hair." I'm like, "Are they the good guys?" And she's like, "You don't watch Thrones, do you?" I was like, "No." And then Brandon, your girlfriend loaned me the first season, and I just got hooked. My girlfriend at the time. At the time, mm-hmm. at the time, yes. There you go. But oh god, when I got to that red wedding, it, it broke me. So so if if for some reason you don't know what Game of Thrones is, uh, oh how? Uh, but it's, under a it's, rock. it's a fantasy show about like you know kings and Sparks is Sparks and... is absolutely right. It's allowed quote unquote casuals to yeah. pretend to be nerds for for, yeah. for an hour a night. Uh, same kind of the same thing with The Walking Dead. Like like those are unprecedented numbers, and like people don't read that many comics. That's for sure. Although Walking Dead is starting to fail in the numbers, and I'm very yeah, happy about that. Yeah, that's gonna die soon. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, Game of Thrones. <laughs> that's so vindictive. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I <know>. Die. Uh, <laughs> Must be over. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Game of Thrones has one final season, and um. Uh, it's it's getting to the point where like it's getting what some people would call fan service. You know, like because been, they passed the books. Well, not just that, but like they've been building for six years to the final point. So like they have to start finishing things. So like all these things everyone's wanted, they're starting to happen real fast, real real fast. And like the entire last season was like, here's everything super fast. So some people didn't like that. Some people did. It's cool. Um, you liked it. I did like Sparks it. Sparks did not. I that's fair. It, I, I, whoa, hey, hey, whoa, hey. Whoa. I just thought I just thought it was I just. It's fast right, for sure. I didn't like it. Whatever. It's it's. I listen, just wanted to put you guys against each other. I I, I completely understand the uh, the negatives, but like we're here, and like I'm I'm just I'm taking it in, baby. Um, it, we're uh, here, just, and Ben it, is not it queer. Just, <laughs> it just uh, it, it feels. This is a bad analogy, but it feels as handled as Dragon Ball GT was after Dragon Ball Z, where it's like these are neat ideas. Yes. Why is it happening this way? I don't understand. Damn because it. it's not it's no, not yeah. coming guided by. Martin also, like Martin. the like the lesson of episodes, like going from ten to like seven or six or whatever. Like, but there's like two hour and a half episodes though. Yeah, but it's still yeah, it doesn't, it's still it doesn't not help. enough time. Help. Like, but anyway, so to transition to. Another show that that uh, 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 Sparks is watching, but he's not caught up on Westworld, and I feel Westworld season two is in a very similar situation to Game of Thrones because a lot of things in Westworld are happening, and you're like, oh, this is happening in season two. How are you gonna have a season next season? Because if you guys don't know, it's about uh, robots gaining sentience and maybe taking over. Based off a Michael Crichton book. Yes, based off a Michael Crichton book. Based on turned no, into a movie. No, no, no. Based off a movie. A Michael Crichton movie. book. Sorry. Oh, did he just write My, the movie? I thought the movie was based wrote, on a book. He wrote no. He wrote a. Uh, he wrote out. Uh, 
the screenplay and then after the movie came out he released the screenplay with like extra notes and stuff as a book but there was oh. no book before the movie interesting yeah i thought he wrote the i thought the book came from the movie like a lot of his properties i but yeah no 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 i uh, know i know i know it's okay that's interesting uh so yeah westworld the more is... you know do 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 westworld is super great um i uh, some people are having problems with the season i like the season a million times more because it is it, it's my it's the thing i always talk about it's my favorite stuff like 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 near automata like what does it mean to be human like what does it mean to have a soul like like all that stuff is super and it's just getting super heady and super deep and everything just keeps getting yeah. further and further into like s- insanity and it's like so scary and beautiful no it's so good man yeah the the what is human what is like cloud atlas I love you so much. You know, what? I'll, you know what? it's been a while since I saw that in theaters, and that's the last time I saw it. I'll give, I'm not giving it a chance. Uh, no, but go on with Westworld. Yeah, I just uh, wanted to throw that at just you. Just like, it, it's so bonkers, and it is so like season seven in season two. So I'm, I'm just really curious where where it goes from here. Uh, it's super bonkers. Uh, next is Penny Dreadful. Has anyone else seen Penny Dreadful? I have not. I haven't heard. Of the, I haven't heard of that show in a long time. Yes. Yeah, so I've got, only finished season one, but uh, yes, I've seen so it. So yeah, uh, Penny Dreadful lasted three seasons and it got canceled. Um, it's my favorite interpretation of like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen esque type stuff, where it's like a Dracula, mummies, vampires. Like it's all, it's all supernatural. Yes, keep going. Yes, it's 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 like a rated R sexy supernatural. Um, Penny Dreadful is for you don't know. It's like a Pulp Fiction. A Pulp Fiction was like an old like a uh, like a comic book that had like gross stuff in it. Penny Dreadful is like an old comic. Uh, like a like a, a pamphlet kind of thing, um, it is. It's Ava Green. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, it's it's super dark and like I said, super sexy. And uh, Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton is in it. You're 100 percent right, and he is super awesome in it. And there's like werewolves, and it's super uh, it's super uh, uh, deep and and Titan sad. publishes a penny dreadful comic. Yes, I haven't read any because I'm I I'm scared if I dive into it, I don't like it. It's gonna tarnish that show. Mm-hmm. Not that that's how it works. But um, I've wanted to watch the show for a long time. It's honestly, it's one of my favorites, and I, I there's not much I can say besides like it's got a, a great style, and it's it's uh written and directed by like w- mostly one guy who has like other people help him. But um, it's basically one guy's vision, um, and just like the way it handles mythology of vampires, like being like ancient Egyptians and stuff like that, and it's like the way it handles uh all these different things, especially Dracula. Like Dracula is like it's my favorite interpretation of Dracula I've ever seen. It is awesome. It is awesome, and that's all I'm clearly say. haven't seen uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. I like that movie. I do too. Yeah, I mean it's Keanu right. Reeves or, is whatever, but what or Van Helsing? I like that. That's movie. the best. Dracula. Give me the blood. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I still you like need to go get movie. that. No, I got it. All and right. finally, my uh, my last show. Uh, I didn't really consider it a nerdy show, but uh, uh, Sparks kind of said it is, and now that more that I think about it, it is uh, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks is my favorite show. I don't know if there ever will be a show that will be. Did better you hear than that? Twin Peaks. He just said he might consider doing another one. Yes. So, oh god. So I'm glad we're talking about this now because he, his quote is very David Lynch. He's like, "Yeah, I've I have an idea for uh, around a character, but there's been there's a disturbance." There's a disturbance. It's, I'm not ready for it. What the hell does that mean? That means like he has an idea, but he's not ready for it. But he's like, yeah, I have this feeling about this character, but there's a disturbance there. Jeez. <laughs> he's an artsy fartsy man. Uh, Westworld is about uh, also sometimes actor. He he's a big he's one of the main characters in the season. Oh yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I know he was in Louis. He, yes. Yeah. That's great. Um. So yeah, Twin Peaks is about uh, the murder of a girl named Laura Palmer. It's a small town. Uh. It's based. It's like a uh, Riverdale's kind of based off of it. Like like the aesthetic. Of like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, a town that has like secrets they don't really know about. Um, but it's like weirdly supernatural and has like parallel dimension stuff, and it's uh, like Gravity Falls. Yeah, but like super mature and very dark. Yeah, like very dark. And not made by Disney. Not at all made by Disney. Disney would never touch this. Um, but yeah, it's my, it's my favorite thing in the world, and it had a, it had a comeback this year, luckily, and uh, it was great. Uh, check it out. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Sparks. Bye.
Uh, okay, in my top five nerdy shows was, of course, Legion, Legion which we good. already talked about. Boop, boop, boop. Uh, I also, hi, my name is Sparkplug Wickowitty, and I really like uh, modern animation cartoons. So, um, uh, Steven Universe. Steven. That's a great show. Steven Universe, I think, is the prime example of, I frequently have said it on the podcast, and you guys know this, the show-don't-tell approach to mm-hmm. a lot of the issues that we're talking about in pop culture. Steven Universe does show and not tell through character development and actual complicated arcs and things like that. And I'm like, you know, this show is real neat. I just I just really adore that show yeah, and the sparks. way that it approaches love and people. Yeah, Sparks, I'm about, say, 20-some uh, episodes in, so don't get too spoilery because I want to finish it. Oh, I'm not. I'm just going to leave it. I just think that okay. more people should embrace Steven Universe, Brandon, um, and <laughs> give it a chance and really <laughs> oh, enjoy it. That's all. Oh, shit. Uh, Continuing on the cartoon way, uh, I think one of the best modern cartoon shows that was made was actually uh, Gravity Falls. Thank you! Very nice. Which is also kind of based around the vague ideas of Twin Peaks. So, oh, um, okay. Uh, Gravity Falls is a 40-episode series, and that's it. And mm-hmm. they had a very dedicated idea of what they wanted to do with these characters in this very interesting town of like where weird stuff happens and all these mysteries and uh, Gravity Falls is really, really excellent in every single episode all the way through, and it stayed completely dedicated to the story it wanted to tell. I wish there was more. I'm sad there wasn't more, but I appreciate a show that sees a, a thread line and just follows through and tells its story, and, and Gravity Falls did that 100%. Now, Sparks, I've been dying to talk to you about Gravity Falls because I finished it. You really don't and- need to talk about it now, do you? <laughs> Dude. I don't oh, want to do any. I, I don't want to do any spoilers because I no, still no. want like no, other no, no, no spoilers. Yeah. But you are 100 percent right. This became one of my favorite shows. I lo- I came on the Gravity Falls train when it was all on Hulu, and I just binged the whole thing. And I absolutely adore this show. Mabel, Wendy, Grunkle, Stan, every single one of those characters. I really Grunkles. Love. Yeah, he's a great yeah. uncle. Uh, great Grunk. uncle, Grunkle. See, I have a Grunkle, but he's my gay uncle. That's not a joke. That, I love that's you. a gunkle, okay. yeah, not in, a grunkle. In Mississippi. Oh, that okay. is a gunkle. Oh, you're a gunk. You're right. Sorry. No, but yeah. all the all the character uh, Zeus. He's one of my favorite characters. Zeus. Not that Zeus. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Zeus is oh just every single one of those characters has their shining moment more than once. Even Pacifica, she turns out to be like oh she's just the rich bitch that everyone hates, but she turns out to be a, a okay person later on. Yep. Yep. And every. It's a- and yeah, even in those forty episodes, every single character has a great moment to shine, and the secret and the way it lo- at first it looks like it's like oh they just have um uh, oh it's like a freak of the week sort of thing like or a monster of the week sort of thing every right. everything bleeds in and it get, and it delivers this package of everything you have seen has a great payoff and it doesn't rush it it doesn't do anything stupid about it it just it's just great. My my favorite thing about it is if you want to be dedicated to it when you watch it, um, they they did this great thing where they they leave clues for you to figure out the mystery, mm-hmm. and you can figure out the mystery. It's a mystery you can figure out, but you have to really work. They mm-hmm. leave codes at the end of each episode. They leave uh, clues in every episode. There are all kinds of little things that you could like dig through and pour through unfortunately you can't really go to the internet at this point which there because there used to be just people as the show was coming out pouring into the internet throwing out theories trying to piece all the parts of the puzzle together because that's how dedicated they were to building up the mythology of the show and it's really really good um so definitely gravity falls just one thing Uh, screw gideon i hate that guy (laughs) yeah um 
My Hero Academia oh, is a really great anime that I have avoided talking about, and I'm still not going to talk about it too much, but because this is a top five where I'm recommending things, My Hero Academia, because it's an anime uh, basically about the American stylized concept of superheroes and it's start, really good i was gonna start watching it like this weekend because i had like a coworker tell me about it. i'm like damn it man this sounds so good my hero academia is really good it's one of the best modern animes going on certainly in the shojin genre so uh yeah i'm not gonna say too much about it except it's great and then um again not like my favorite kind of thing but i i'm gonna talk about uh daredevil season one specifically i love daredevil season one I also love Daredevil Season 1. I think it goes in top 5 because Daredevil Season 1 brought Fisk to life, which I never thought would be done anywhere near as well as Daredevil Season 1 did. I mean, yes, they brought Daredevil to life really well and everything, but the Kingpin was the thing that got me about it. He was done so well by Vincent D'Onofrio. I love his performance as the Kingpin. I am so excited for him to return more. Um, Man... That is just great television, watching him as a villain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, that's my top five. You go, Brandon. Yeah, boy. All right. Uh, my turn, then. You go, Glenn Coco. So, this one was a little difficult for me. So I, I hate some, TV. So, I picked some nostalgia picks, as well as some kind of current current, current picks. Um, my first one will be my first, my favorite show of all time, to this day, and probably forever. Much like Ryan, you have Twin Peaks, I have... Battlestar Galactica. That's a good one. All by right. Ron Moore, uh, the the remake, not the original. <laughs> good enough. Bear yeah. McCreary's yeah. Uh, score is great. Uh, it it is such a it is such a great show. I've rewatched it a couple of times. It makes me cry. It makes me laugh. Well, not a lot of laughing on that show, actually. Uh, it makes me cry mostly. It's super deep, super dark. Really dives into the kind of religion and does what I think sci-fi is supposed to do, which is dive into the human condition in a way that's both accessible uh, and unique. From like 2003 to 2006, I was actually saying frack because of that show. Me too. I was like, I can't say the F word, so I'm fracking it up. I'm gonna say frack. <laughs> yeah. I'm. I think Ben still says frack, and he's never seen the show. Yeah, yeah I still say it. Yeah. And Sparks so is good. holding up. It, uh, you can't see it, but he's holding up uh, his copy of Battlestar Galactica. I, like, much like, much like uh, Sparks has been trying to get me... I, well, I gave up trying to get him to watch Battlestar Galactica many years ago. Uh, but I was I was really hounding him to be like, you should you should watch Yo, the show. Yo, man, it, that, that is But then it got to the one. point where I was really worried he wasn't going to like it, so I stopped. Yeah, that's always scary, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I might have picked it up sooner if you weren't hounding me to watch like five other shows at the exact same time. That's fair. Yeah, uh, yeah Battlestar Galactica though is it's it's just it is I always look at it fondly uh, and I always remember so many great moments of it, uh, all the characters and Edward James Olmos as uh, Admiral Adama, a man I've met. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met Edward James Olmos. Uh, he it's just a great it's deep voice. Such a great show. Uh, uh, I wish I could dive more into it, but like it's kind of spoilery. So I'll I'll watch it someday. When um when uh Boomer does the thing at the end of the season, like I I remember being like very young and going like this could be TV. Whoa! Remember when Dee did the thing at the end of her episode? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great show, buddy. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, remember when the st- nope Cylons? nope nope cutting it off, <laughs> cutting I'm shutting this down. Uh, it also does what I think what what's really fun about legacy storytelling, which is it takes the the style and aesthetic of the original show and the original theme song and incorporates it into the into the new show like the background of the show is that there was a first Cylon war and with all of them that's the and in the first Cylon war there were the original Cylons and the original um, and all the like the original theme song is the Caprica theme um, for the, the colonial the remix. theme 
So they do they do these really cool uh, things where they incorporate the original aesthetic of the original show while also updating uh, and creating this new brand new kind of experience. And it's, it's just such a great show. That's also a great show that deals with like, oh, I actually I might be a robot. Oh, what does that do about my? Oh, you're right. It does. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's some uh, get some Westworld stuff, baby. Um, a current favorite of mine, Voltron, the legendary defender, by the same guys who does who did Avatar: The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra, mm-hmm. uh, DreamWorks Animation. Um, and it's just I rave about it every time. There's a new season. There's a new season currently on on Netflix. I feel like they pump them out, man. They do because they shorten the seasons. Oh, okay. Uh, they shorten the seasons so they can get them out more often. Um, so season six just dropped, and it's it's just I haven't watched it yet, but I'm sure it's gold. I'm sh- I'm shocked I haven't watched it yet because I love that show so Every much. Every person I've heard besides you about Voltron, it's just nothing but good things. Hot cosplay, a lot of lot yeah. of but you very big you cosplay. said nothing but bad things. Yeah, that's Brandon. how you phrase that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. Brandon has said amazing things, and everyone stop correcting yourself, stop backpedaling. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, bud. You're such an easy target sometimes. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> it's been following me my whole life. I'm trying to end it, and it hurts my it's soul, okay. I can't. We love you. We I love know. you quite a bit. Um, anyway, so Voltron, the Legendary Defender, uh, is also another one of those things where it you know it takes a lot of ideas from the original show and really kind of modernizes and updates them. Uh, the voice acting is, uh, is great. The animation is sublime. The planet designs in this show, like it's sci-fi that I that I love. It's ridiculous, bombastic, out there science fiction. The planet designs are so beautiful and so mesmerizing. Any one of them could just be like a painting. Mm. Um, they are physically inaccurate. They could never exist, but it's so, so good. Um, uh, Stargate SG-1. I've often said mm. Stargate is one of my favorite franchises, and Stargate SG-1 is, is just a fun show that I would watch when I was younger. Uh, it's it's definitely a nostalgia pick on this one. because it's just Atlantis. Atlantis is really good. Uh, uh, um, Ronan Dex is a Cal Drogo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when everyone was like, Kyle Drogo's going to be Aquaman, I was like, Ronan Dex is going to yeah. be Aquaman. You <laughs> shut your face. He's an Atlantean, thank you. Um, so yeah. Uh, Stargate SG-1, uh, great cast, great chemistry, uh, 10 seasons of uh, mostly great storytelling, I feel. The first four seasons are kind of terrible, and eighth season is really bad, but, mm-hmm. you know, who knows. Uh, the Librarians, kind of a... <laughs> so, okay, so this one needs some a little explanation, because I really like camp, mm-hmm. and I really... But I also like it when they can do... When they can tell, like, a deep story with that camp, and they do a lot on The Librarians. I feel like they've been making those movies forever. Well, okay, so the, the, it started with with three television movies on TNT, and then they, they, then Dean Devlin mm-hmm. uh, did a TV show that was a sequel about ten years later. Um, okay, yeah, it's been, I remember it's those, been a while. I remember those original movies, and I'm like, these look like Kyle McLaughlin's in yeah, the first one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's like Indiana Jones, but not. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Nice. It, it's kind of a it's kind of a fun. It uses a fun MacGuffin of like, well, we can have anything because we've got this library that is that the can house anything. Um, you know, he, so the the show was just a lot of fun and really just kind of. Um, I wouldn't even say it was a guilty pleasure because it was just a pleasure to watch it. Like, Re- the cast quick, was so much fun. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. You should be able to like what you want to like. True. That's, that's that, true. That, that, I don't. But like, me. I wouldn't classify it as like. I kind of feel bad bringing this up, but I don't because no, it, it was just, like it. it was such a fun show. It's recently canceled after three seasons. Um, it's a limited series, each one ten episodes each. Um, it was just kind of, it was just kind of fun, just yeah. cheery. Like you have a smile on your face whenever you watch it. Um, then I would say a current favorite as well is a series of unfortunate events on Netflix. Ooh, uh, that show. I've never read the books. Uh, I do want to. Uh, I just haven't gone around to them. They're quick reads, so I don't know why. But this show is 
amazing. Forgot that second season came out. Like Count Olaf in the show uh, is uh, played by Neil Patrick Harris is so. Uh, you forget that he's a psychopath in mm-hmm. a good way. Like at times he'll be like kind of whimsical, and then he'll murder someone, and you're like, Oh yeah. Oh wait, you're actually a horrible human being. Because at times you're like, Oh, he's just a goofball. He's an actor. But then he's actually really smart and really malicious. Uh, except when he with his, some of his names, because there's one name where he gets kind of he's in medical he's in like this medical garb, and there's like, Oh, who are you? Uh, doctor, uh, medical school. Yeah. <laughs> Mattathias Medical School. That's pretty good. Um, and Neil Patrick Harris is great, and he, oh, yeah. he's very much a chameleon. Like I forget uh, sometimes that I'm watching Neil Patrick Harris, and I'm just kind of watching Count Olaf. Um, Nathan Fillion was in the last season. That first season um, was awesome. Yeah, uh, uh, it has what I feel is one of the best performances by Patrick Warburton as Lemony Snicket. He's really good in that show, and I and I always forget that he is just a great actor. Because a lot With of times, with a great he, voice. Because a lot of times he does like these kind of goofy sitcom. I'm just going to drink on set and do family whatever. guy. But he's really good in it. Um, and a lot of like the the cast is is superb. And the third season is going to be the last because they're going to run out of books. But every episode, ta- wow, every episode is uh, two books. Uh, well, sorry, every episode is one book split into two parts, two hour long parts. So it's about two hours per book. Um, and the casting has just been excellent. And uh, I. I I love it so much. Yeah, the man. mystery, the mystery behind it is so the Beauregard. so like uh, intriguing. Like they really ump the mystery in the in the in the show from the book, and so I'm kind of like, oh my god, I, I love getting the little nuggets and following these pieces, and it's really fun. I like it a lot. Man, uh, I will I will watch that second season soon, or I say soon, one of these days. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to watch season it three just wrapped filming. I'll watch it before season three comes out. That's easy. I have your I have your guarantee then. I will. Try it's, to it's, written, it's written in blood. It's written in blood. Okay. I will try to watch it before season three. I got time. You won't. How do you know? Because you won't even watch Voltron. I'm certain you'd love Voltron. You should watch the last episode of Legion too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Your turn. Too many shows. Too many comics shows. next. Ooh, Ooh comics. I love okay. those. <clears throat> Comic books. Blah blah blah. Twenty pages. Three ninety nine. Holding the line. Well, once again, no particular order. So I have Infamous Iron Man. As one of them. As one of your favorites. That's interesting. It's one of my favorites. Wow. I could not get enough. All right. I will amend this. He doesn't read that many. Yeah. Hey, it's still a good book. I know, but like, you know. No, those two volumes of Infinite Iron Man, I want more um, Alex Victor Malik's Von Doom. Art. I just want more of Victor Von Doom as Iron Man. It's read, just, you should read uh, uh, in, Invincible Iron Man 593 to 600 and then Marvel 2 and 1, the 1 through 7. Because that's okay. more Doctor There you go. Okay. Okay. I'll get those. There you go. Uh, one of my personal favorites, uh, Batman the Long Halloween. Ooh, spooky. That was one of the, that was the, the only book you loaned me. Really? Yeah. Huh. Was this also a book club? No. That's a it good was. one. Oh, it was. It, it was it, a book club. It was a book club because yeah. it was one of the first comic books or graphic novels that I've, I've read, and it got me back into comics and the superhero comics. And also, it's just a great Batman story, a great noir tale. You're a great Batman story. Why, Ooh, thank you. The long Halloweeny. And it's if I would, like, I don't know. I would honestly the long Halloweeny. I mean, honestly, I would love to see Long Halloween done as an animated film. I, I personally, the way they're oh, going, no, thank you. Yeah, well, not. I mean, like back in the day, not what's going on now, because now it's they will going. add a sex scene. Mm, Let's not one wait. for every month. <laughs> I wonder if this one in Batman Ninja. We should watch it. We should. Uh, it was really good. It's, guy, it's, it's got like a nine point something on uh, IGN. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Watchmen. Yeah, it's all right. 
I mean, that's kind of an easy get, but I'll allow yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's an, but it's just. So I good. mean, it's his top five. You can't just <laughs> yeah. not allow it. Also, what I'm, are you talking I, about? <laughs> I'm not saying it's rhetorical, Sparks. Hey, Watchmen's, uh-huh. Watchmen's Stop re- picking on Ben. Go ahead. Watchmen's ben. a really good book. Thank you. Um, Superman Earth One. Good book. Good book. I mean, that's I've. I mean, Brandon, you and I have. That's talked a great to, book. Brandon, you and I have talked about how the Earth One book had, should have been what the New Fifty Two was, and I strongly agree. And I honestly feel that once we get a Man of Steel, a second Man of Steel movie, I am praying to whatever I, God. I remember or, someone was like. Man of Man of Steel was inspired by this book. He pulled up Superman, Superman Earth One. I'm like, no, no, it was not. No, is is that one Straczynski? Yes. yes. Okay, cool. Yes, yes. The first one is my personal favorite, but I do enjoy two and three. Mm-hmm. Two and three have really good moments. They do. They do. Moment, but but one is just so good. Yeah, but I one is so good. It's so it's amazing. But I really, really hope that to whatever deity will listen, that the director for Man of Steel two or Matthew Vaughn, if you're out there, would do something that's taken out of uh, Earth One. Just, just something that'll just make me super happy, and another one of my the Luther twins. <gasps> that would be pretty cool. Lena, get a uh, um, Jesse Eisenberg out of there. And also, my last one is Rurouni Kenshin, which was also a book club, Rurouni which Kenshin. is a manga. Nice, heck yeah! Because mm-hmm. I remember liking that anime. It's one of my personal favorite books. I, it's great storytelling, it's great art, and also you got you. It's take it takes place in a. a Late eighteenth, nineteenth uh, century Japan, and where swords are outlawed, but people still use swords anyway. Outlaw. And it's just a really, really good story, and I really enjoy it. it has great character moments. Uh, it's a great manga, a great good shojin manga that if you want to get into it. So I would highly recommend that. And thankfully, all the volumes are out. They're like in three ones, so you don't have to go hunt them down. They made a live action movie, I think, a year or two ago. They made like two live action. Yeah, it's two parter, I believe. Oh, I, yeah, watch I actually heard it was pretty good. Yes, yeah, so really, I. I heard it was really bad. Oh, different sources. I've I've heard mixed things. There we yes. go. <laughs> okay, so I would like to give those a shot Same. if I see them. I want to watch. I want to watch the anime. Like it's really bad. I wish they would put it back on DVD. It's on Netflix and Hulu. It's on Netflix. Yes. Oh yeah, that's what I watched one episode. Uh-huh. Of it. That's right. Uh-huh. For the book club. Uh, Ryan. Hey, guess what? I don't read comics. So. All right, this is gonna take a while. Oh, okay. Well, skip Ryan then. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, skip him. No, but for real, everyone, comics. everyone, strap no. in. This All is right, gonna no, be a no, long no. night. I can make it. Uh, well, that's every night, baby. Oh, uh, I can make this fast and quick. Uh, so. Uh, one of the book clubs I already did was Punk Rock Jesus. Oh, I love yeah. that book so much. That's uh, a great book. Yeah, dude. I'm so glad Good. you shared that yeah, one. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, uh, Jesus Christ getting cloned. Uh, turns out to be a rock star who runs away from the like you know his governmental facility or whatever. Uh, I think that book is dope. It's Sean Murphy. I might be talking about him later about something else. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, next up, uh, I'm going to say um, let's go to a Marvel. My favorite – one of my favorite Marvel books is Uncanny X-Force by Rick Remender. Uh, and this is the team of Deadpool, Wolverine, Psylocke, um, uh, Phantom X, uh, and uh, Archangel. I think I said Angel. What doesn't matter? But it's uh, it's the assassination X-Men team. So like Cyclops sends this team to go take care of the bad stuff that like he wants to keep hush hush. But uh, the characterization, especially especially because this is Rick Remender back when he was still writing for Marvel and cared about his character. So this is like this is like independent writing with, through Marvel. Uh, and it's super, super awesome in the in the first volume, the uh, apocalypse. Uh, solution. Before they destroyed him, but yeah, before he like, man, if you go on his Twitter, anytime something Marvel or DC related, is like, yeah, f those guys. I'm just like, oh, you're so bitter. It's okay. Uh, but the first volume of the apocalypse solution is about apocalypse being re, uh, uh, what's the word? Reborn. Yeah, reborn. Uh, uh, into, reincarnated. Reincarnated. Yes, into a child. So the X Men are went to go as- are going to go assassinate a child, and how there's a conflict between the team if they should kill a child or not. 
and it's super awesome and it's super dark and it's super it's the it's the it's the time traveling hitler thing like if you could exactly go yeah. back in time to kill hitler yeah. would you and it has it has the, the the best moment that mason mentioned from deadpool where wolverine is unconscious so deadpool cuts off parts of his skin and feeds it to him to wake him up it's beautiful it's great uh it's my favorite uh, marvel book next would be uh a jonathan hickman book manhattan projects baby uh, I figured you'd like that. I could not get into that book. Oh man, it is wacky as all hell. It is so the Manhattan Projects. The Manhattan Project was uh, the A bomb, right? But that was actually secretly a uh, a a cover up for the Manhattan Projects, which are you know the entire world coming together to fight alien invaders and build all the necessary stuff that they need. But uh, Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein is like a a. Uh, apocalyptic gladiator uh, Robert Oppenheimer has a twin brother who he fed on and and gained his consciousness. So now he has to eat other people to gain their brains. It's super. It's like super nutty stuff. And it, uh, Jonathan Hickman is like the craziest writer alive. He's my favorite. You know Doesn't how much I love Einstein him. have a chainsaw that says E equals M C squared on it? It sure does. Nice. It sure does. Uh, and it's just it's super fun. And the art is. Insane. I think I would have liked that book if I read it in trade. That probably makes sense. Because reading yeah. it weekly was super weird because it, yeah. it, it, it was hard to follow. Yeah, uh, and it has like, oh man, as like- Monthly, it, not weekly. It has um, like uh, Truman uh, uh, having like these ju- like these insane like uh, White House orgies and like FDR is like a sentient AI robot. It's just like the craziest uh, alternate history stuff and that's my favorite stuff. So uh, Manhattan Projects for your recommendation. One of my first book clubs actually. Boop, boop, boop. Right, that's right. I remember that. The Boys by Garth Ennis. The Boys is getting a TV show soon. The Boys are back in town. The Boys are back in town. The Boys is one of the most violent superhero things you will ever see. Um, it's about a group of CAA, CIA operatives who have to uh, keep uh, tabs on the superhero community because uh, superheroes are jerks and they kill people and they're left unchecked. Uh, and you will see more of that soon in a great TV show, hopefully. But The Boys is gross and I love it. Carl Urban? Yes, Carl Urban. Yeah, uh, Elizabeth Shue, a whole bunch of people. They have a miniseries called Herogasm. Uh, it's where uh, all the superheroes get together and companies, because superheroes save the world, companies make this giant party where all the heroes just have gangbangs and do all the drugs in the world on this I- private resort island. It's messed up. It's super messed up. Uh, that's why I like it, because I'm a messed up person. Next up is, uh, oh, it's my last one. This is my favorite comic of all time, Saga of the Swamp Thing by Alan Moore and Stephen Bissett. Uh, also other people. But um, again, uh, what does it mean to be human? Uh, Alec Holland was a man. He got turned into a monster. Turns out he actually died. He was never the Swamp Thing. Uh, he, only his consciousness was put into the, the swamp. Yes, and then that was retconned again to be he was put in the- <laughs> I'm going to just ignore that because I like Alan Moore. But that's okay. Uh, but it's super, super deep, and it's very poetic, and it's, it's the art. The art of uh, this specific uh, series is some of the most beautiful you ever see, and it's it is almost written like poetry, um, where it's just talking about you know like being think, connected to life and love and stuff. I think like Alan that. Moore can, has the credit of the last writer who was a, was allowed to beat up Batman. That is my favorite. Oh my god, I can't tell you how great that issue is. So yeah, Abby Arcane, real quick, Abby Arcane, his wife is is imprisoned at Gotham because she has sex with something. You're not allowed to have sex with the plant. It's illegal. We're going to lock you up. Swamp Thing comes to Gotham, and he's like, what are you guys doing? Let her out. And, and it's a Batman shows up, and he's like, hey, uh, I understand the problem, but like, I'm not going to let her out. She committed a crime. So Swamp Thing turns the entire city of Gotham into a jungle, the entire city. Uh, and Batman's like, oh, shit. So he gets like a flamethrower, and Swamp Thing's like, you kidding me? So Swamp Thing uh, manifests like six different versions of himself and beats the shit out of Batman. And my favorite panel in comics is a panel of Batman on the floor with swamp like six Swamp Things just kicking him. 
it's great. It's so great. And he's like, release my wife. And Batman's like, okay, do it. Get him out of the city. It's like, never come back to Gotham. And he's like, why would I want to come back to you? This place sucks. I, um, it's so good. It was one of, it was one of those <laughs> things. so good. It's one of those things where, where shortly after that, I feel, they, they got to the point where Batman could only be beaten if it was part of, it was part of his story arc. Yeah. And... It got to the point because Batman got so popular that they were like, well, oh, we can't yeah. just have another hero beat the crap out of Batman. And that's the thing. Uh, uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing wrong. Like, it's in a DC universe. So, like, uh, like the characters will come in and out, but it's, like, obviously not directly, like, involved with all that stuff. But, yeah, man, being in Gotham and, like, you see Swamp Thing's power and he really is, like, the most powerful person or thing on this planet. Elemental. And, elemental. And seeing Batman just be like, I can't fight this thing. There's nothing I can do. He has me beat so bad. But now, was, but but now he could. But now he could probably because somebody will write it that way. Yeah, that's fine. So that there's my comics. I like comics. Sparky Sparks. Hey, I also enjoy the comics. Cool. And so uh, I'm I'm gonna throw out uh, a manga first. <gasps> Yay! Uh, I think the best one is Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, that's a good one. All right. I think Full Metal Alchemist is insanely well done. I think Full Metal Alchemist is essentially the uh, equivalent of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender as far as like world building and characterization and storytelling. And I think Full Metal Alchemist really nails it and All is right. impressively well done. And a lot of people don't know, written by a female. Really? I did, I did not know that. That's I did cool. not know yeah. that. The more you know. Do you think so, um,. I think Superman for All Seasons is one of the best Superman comics ever written. Oh, that's a great book. Uh, I love it when Superman is written more as a symbol than as a actual trying to, like, I think just people write him better when they're trying to do that. And uh, this idea of him was really well done in For All Seasons, so I really love that. Um, Essex County. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. Which we all read. Uh, I really like Essex County. I think Essex County is a really special little... Not not little, but like special graphic novel. Um, I we've talked a lot about it, so I don't need to delve into it. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, which I've not talked about much. Scott Pilgrim, the six comics are some of my favorite comics ever put to the page ever, ever, ever. I love the Scott Pilgrim books. They hit me in a way that personal, like uh, you know, growing up in life, most people would talk about perks of being a wallflower being like that book really got me or something like that scott pilgrim does that for me mm-hmm. i love scott pilgrim i love scott pilgrim I the, movie doesn't, the... the movie is good but it does not live up to the, the books at all yeah sparks i put down the money to hunt down the uh colorized versions for scott pilgrim i read yeah. the i read the original black and white thanks to a friend but i'm like no i, I need to get this for myself and i was like you know what i'm just I... gonna go all out and get the colored versions yeah i own the black and white and i own i own colors so nice. you know Yep. Uh, no, I'm crazy about it. And uh, my favorite comic series still up to this day is Bendis's whole entire run of Ultimate Spider-Man. That comic is the comic that got me picking up comics was Ultimate Spider-Man. And I, I loved every moment of it, and I still do, and I look back on it fondly. I think Ultimate Spider-Man is fantastic. So there you go. He wrote, he wrote, even though the Ultimate Universe doesn't exist, he wrote basically the ultimate universe for 18 years like up until he yeah. ended it with miles recently like that's 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 insane that's that's like a lifetime that's someone's life no i know <laughs> it's it's so dedicated and it was so strong it's almost all throughout. yeah it's all good like that's insane and when yeah. it was when it was him it was good um but the ultimate universe was floundering towards the end oh, right but yeah, we're yeah. talking specifically ultimate spider-man 
he was the linchpin of the Ultimate Universe, yeah. and Ultimate Spider-Man was always Bendis, and it was always strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my turn, I guess. Uh, so uh, I'm going to start with two comics that I uh, that are ending that are two of my favorites, and I just kind of want to lament on the uh. on the ending of them first. Descender. Yeah. Uh, Descender. Uh, Written by Jeff Lemire, yep, yep. Um, art by Dustin Wynn, yep, yep. Uh, is a super great space epic about robots and kind of what it means to be human. Oh, you're getting there, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Tim, uh, what's his name? Tim, 10? Tim Twenty One. Tim Twenty One. And uh, it's about uh, basically the crutch of it is is society, kind of like a federation of, of planets, um, like ultimate peace and uh prosperity and paradise is the word i was looking for paradise um and one day these giant massive robots come into the atmosphere of each one of this planet they call them the harvesters and uh just lay them out like a huge attack and then fear of robots takes over for 10 years and people are hunting robots and scrapping them and destroying them and trying to like get rid of all of robots in case these harvesters ever came back uh but tim 21 has the has something connected to the harvesters and they're just trying and says the mystery of kind of, and we just found out the mystery is we're coming with two issues left on this book and I'm very sad about it. And it's super good. It's about, going to be about, I want to say 30 something issues. When yeah. I dropped over. it after like the second arc. Not that it was bad. Just a lot of things to pick up. Pick I, up I'm going to make it a book club. Yeah. Um, definitely do it. Yeah. yeah it's eventually. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Um, beautiful artwork. Watercolors of Dustin Wynn is just amazing. Oh yeah. But do yourself a favor. Pick that one up. Uh, it's it's ending soon, so it will have a finite ending. And then Spider Gwen. Uh, Spider Gwen was the standout for me uh, from Edge of Spider Verse. Uh, I have her first appearance in Edge of Spider Verse number two. Yep, yep. Um, which is super expensive. Um, How much? Because I got one too. It's one fifty, I believe. Oh boy. Might still be. Uh, although her series is ending, so it could entirely. It's entirely. Wait for that movie to come out. Right. Yeah. Um. Thank you, movies. Um. So I've been following the book ever since. It had a five issue run before Secret Wars. I canceled it, and then it came back after Secret Wars. Um, it's been about I think forty one issues ultimately. Yep. Um, and it's just really good seeing Gwen Stacy um, be Spider be Spider Woman and how it, uh, how it's different from Peter Parker and kind of seeing all these characters interwoven like a different Captain America uh, with a Sam with even a Sam Wilson a different like Peter Parker is the lizard uh, we find out uh, that he died before and everyone blames Spider Gwen for uh, his his death Peter Par- uh, Peter Parker not Peter Parker. Um, Harry Osborn comes back, and uh, not necessarily the Green, the Hobgoblin yet. Um, and it's just like Mary Jane has a band. It's called the Mary Janes. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it's a really fun book, and one of the one of the more unique takes on the Spider Universe in general. Um, and it's kind of a bummer that now she just hops in and out of different universes whenever she wants. But you know what? Contrivances be damned. Yeah. Um, after that, I'll tell you my favorite Superman book. Oh. Action Comics number seven seventy five. Ooh, Whatever mind. happened to Truth, Justice, and the American Way? Ooh. It is a one-shot issue that was adapted into Superman vs. the Elite with the animated movie, which I love. Oi, I'm Manchester Black. Yeah, it's the first appearance of Manchester Black in the Elite. Um, and it's basically just all Superman trying to defend his no-killing policy, essentially. Um, I have it collected in um, Celebration of 75 Years, um, and I, I read it a lot. It's such a such an interesting take on... Just Superman being like, look, these dark heroes are great and all. Yeah, they're killing, but like, where does that start? And really see, you really see Superman kind of like it's scary and get unchained and, be, and really teach him a lesson of like, this is why you can't do that. 
I really like that elite movie. Is it is it like pretty good representation of that comic? Like, oh yeah, the Superman go crazy at the end. Like yeah, his, because I love that stuff so much. Well, okay, so the, the the comic is only like fifteen pages. Yeah, so they had to like fill in the stuff. And oh so, man, I can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's for, like for for once instead of taking stuff out of a, of a comic, they have to put stuff in, and it actually fleshes that out better. And I I really like the, I really like the movie. The movie is one of my favorite uh, Superman movie uh, Superman uh-huh. anime films. Uh, the comic is my favorite Super, uh, Superman uh, comic. Uh, Batman Little Gotham. Just a cute little book I love. Uh, more Dustin Wynn. Uh, Dustin Wynn uh, wrote, wrote with that uh, Derek Fried- Friedels. Sure. Um, it's It was basically just... I also had the first appearance of Batman Little Gotham. It was basically just like kind of like every holiday would be this new Batman Little Gotham book. And they did this for two years. Um, and it'd be like weird holidays. Like one, one, my favorite one was Comic-Con. And that's kind of why I want to bring this one that's up. A key one. The Comic-Con one was really fun. And they had this, they had this idea where Robin was trying, where they're fight, they're trying to fight, find Clayface in this Comic-Con and Comic-Con Gotham. And Robin is trying to find this like character that he loved, but it's, he, this character's changed. It's a woman now or whatever. Uh, it can't find the character that he loves. And there's this great panel of, like Batman going up to the gray ghost and just being like, I love your work. Because <laughs> like gray, gray ghost to sign something, um, and then the, and then uh, bat at the end of it, Batman has this thing where um, uh, Robin's like, I couldn't find the hero I like. It's a woman now or whatever. And Batman's like, you know, the characters, the, the character that you love, that still exists. You just gotta, you know, you still have those stories. And it's a really beautiful moment of those characters. And while they're talking, the panel pans over, and it's Stephanie Brown. It's, a, it's someone dressed as Stephanie Brown, Batgirl. Spoiler. Um. And it was done because both Brian Q. Miller and Dustin Wynn wrote. And, uh, du- Brian Q. Miller wrote a run of Stephanie Brown Batgirl with Dustin Wynn. Oh, okay. So both both uh, both both people creators really liked Stephanie Brown as Batgirl. So Brian Q. Miller was initially going to use Stephanie Brown to be back to be Nightwing in uh, Smallville season eleven. Oh, that's cool. Okay. But DC Dan Didio had a hard no Stephanie Brown policy, so they changed it to Barbara Gordon. No to the Brown. So then Dustin Wynn tried to use uh, Stephanie Brown, Batgirl, in his run, but they wouldn't. So he created this whole thing with, uh, telling people like, it's okay, like this character still exists in your hearts, and we're really sad that she's <laughs> Just not- like Wally West. <laughs> Just like Wally West. Uh, now Ste- Stephanie Brown is back, a spoiler. Uh, and actually they referenced her Batgirl uh, adventures in De- Detective Comics, which was really great. But it was this re- at this moment they were not bringing back Stephanie Brown, and it was really sad and uh, I really like that Dustin, that Dustin Wynn did that. There's another issue, you know. It's it's, it's also a very comedic book and very. Uh, there's an issue where uh, it's like Halloween and they're, and <laughs> they're like, um, Alfred picks up the phone. And it's like hello. He's like oh, I, uh, Ma- Master Wayne. I believe some, someone has the wrong number. They're calling about press one to kill. Press two for no-, and Jason Todd just goes, Alfred, drop the phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Referencing his death. Uh, oh, now I get it. Yeah, it's, he's referencing his death because people voted on his death. Yeah, now that makes sense. I like that a lot. Uh, but my favorite comic of all time is Godzilla: The Half Century War. Ooh, uh, I love this comic dearly. Uh, it made me cry. Mm. Uh, it is basically a comic about a man who goes through Godzilla's fifty years, and each issue has kind of something rep- representative of that era of Godzilla. Um, and, and it's just him going through this kind of. 50-year personal war he has with with this monster it's and vendetta it's, and it's about how he's how he sees the monster and how the world sees the monster the villain is dr deverich which is a combination of dean devlin and roland emmerich Jesus. Uh, he's an american who wants to control the monsters for personal gain Makes sense. 
Um, and it, you see this man age as he's fighting Godzilla. You know, Anguirus is the second monster he faces. And then there's a Space Godzilla issue with Mecha Godzilla. Uh, and then the last issue, you know, it's it's all about how Godzilla is seen as kind of like a force of nature and and really drives home kind of what I feel about Godzilla is that he's this 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 hurricane that you can't stop and he's always going to be there. He's always going to be ever present. Uh, and the art is, it's written, drawn and inked by the same person, James Stoko. And the artwork is fantastic. James, his James pages, dope. His splash, splash pages, splash pages. There you my go. God. Are, splash to Pajabat. <laughs> are gorgeous. Just gorgeous stuff. Uh, I, I could really gush about comic. that book yeah. every day. That's one of the, one of the Godzilla ones that I have read. Yeah. That's, really good. that's yeah. a great, that's a great Godzilla comic. Half Century War is one of my favorite Godzilla books. It is my favorite Godzilla book. It's my favorite book. There was a man uh, at my uh, at my job reading Godzilla Rulers of Earth. That's unfortunate. I was going to say, hey, hey, you like comics? And then he walked out. I was like, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben, comic book artists. Comic book Ooh. artists. Let's see who I got. Oh, there they are. So once again, as always, no particular order. Alex Ross. He's a cool guy. Rich man. He's I mean, super rich. It, it, might, it might be just an easy grab, but come on. That... Kingdom Come. He is like, mate. Like he is one of the greatest artists alive. Like that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes I wonder. He's. I, I think to myself. He's too good for comics. He is. That's why. Yeah. That's why he he is, he is where he is because like he knows. Like oh we we know we know he's too good for us. Mm-hmm. Um, this artist is actually the reason why I kept reading Red Hood and the Outlaws on the New Fifty Two. Oh, Kenneth Rockefeller. Kenneth Rockefeller's great. Yeah. I I absolutely adore his art. I I like his faces. I like the way how. He draws how just the way I have he draws. Kenneth Rockefeller on mine as well. Oh, yeah, sweet, let's party. talk yeah. about him. Yeah, he. I mean, he's great, right? No, that's why. As he's as he's drinking water, I didn't <laughs> expect you to do that. Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah. No, I love Kenneth Rockford. He's the only reason why I picked up uh, Ultimates. Ah. Uh, and Ultimates, and yeah, also the only reason why I read Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah. yeah uh, he did Teen Titans too, and I picked that first one up. That's me it. too. Yeah. And oh. his first Superman book. Yeah. Oh. I, oh. Like I love his art. He is not. A, he is hardly ever attached to a good writer. Yeah, unfortunately. No, I will, I remember when he Ultimates though. When okay. he was drawing Superman, I got that issue of Superman. I think it was number thirteen. I think it was, so too. It was before the Hell stuff. And then I, I was reading it was like <laughs> L. Thank you. L. Oh. Whatever. And I just dropped it because it's Scott LaBelle. It's terrible. Yeah. So I just want to, like, real quick, Kenneth Rockford has this great splash page in Ultimates that's pure white, but you see Eternity chained. And the Mm. way he draws Eternity is so great. And you see, like, Golden Galactus, who's now the Lifebringer, standing there watching the horror that is Eternity being chained by something. Oh, yeah, dude. And it's such a good good splash page. I have it. I have it on my phone still. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, you might have this gentleman as well. Darwin Cook. Ooh, the cookster. Of all time. Uh, I, I have that one, actually. The cookster. Yeah. I do as well. No. I just have to say, Darwin Cook, I love his style. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Um, the way he draws his, the way his he drew stuff was that it was classic 50s, like Silver Age, Golden Age, that area. He's very much in the same camp as Jack Kirby. But it wasn't. And it, it was just so good. He brought a, he brought a nostalgia sense to it. He brought he like did, a golden, yeah. a silver golden age, uh, a yeah. silver like, specifically. Yeah. Like the Incredibles, mm-hmm. like the Incredibles, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was the feeling he had about it. I I love Dar- Qu- Darwin Cook's art. That's why I also put him on the list. I I really love his work on the Spirit. Yeah, his um, Spirit work is great. I think his Spirit work is phenomenal. Did you ever read and his of course Parker? His Parker novels? No, I, I have. I, need to. I have those. Uh, they're yeah, I'd, they're solid. No, I really I loved him on the spirit, and I and I, of course I really love the New Frontier. That's of one of my favorite works. Yeah, I with need him. To, he been, did a Catwoman run. That Catwoman's was amazing. Great. 
I've been trying to pick up a copy of New Frontier, but also I really got into his work. Sadly, it wasn't uh, it was decent. Did but the opening was, titles to Batman Beyond? But it was the before uh, Watchmen stuff because he drew and I think you're he right. He wrote did the Minutemen. The, the Minutemen is the best. That's the best one. That of was those. the best one. Yeah, yeah 100%. That, was, that was one I enjoyed the most. One hundred percent. So. I, every time I was going to my story, I was picking up the Minute Minute before Watchmen. I was like, yes, I got another one came out. And the other ones I just didn't think of crap about because they just were not as good. Yeah. Uh, two manga artists are my from my last two. Oh. The first one, uh, Nobuhiro Watsuki, who, of course, drew Rurouni Kenshin. Nice. One of my favorite uh, mangas of all time. And another gentleman who wrote or who wrote and drew two of my other favorite mangas. And one of them who, and this is the guy who started making me buy manga in the first place, Ken Akamatsu. Mm-hmm. He is an artist who drew titles such as Love Hina, which if you talk to people who who love manga... Love Hina? They, yeah, Love Hina. And they just rave of how good that series is. And one of my personal favorites was Nigima, which is a story about a 10-year-old boy from England who is picked to be a teacher at an all-girls school, and he's also a wizard. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, I'm a 10-year-old wizard boy, but it's an all-girls and he's school. And I'm a 10-year-old wizard teacher... All girls. Yeah. What's up? Wow, that's so, the most anime thing I've ever heard. Yeah, so let's you just... You want to see my wand? <laughs> he's very... Guardian Leviosa. He is very I've not... I've got the magic stick. But, oh, oh God. boy. But, of course, Kanakamatsu, he's known for drawing girls with, like, little to no clothes on. Oh, great. Cool. Ten-year-olds. <laughs> this is your favorite? The action and hey. character moments Oh, this gave really... him... This, this made him straight. <laughs> Shut this up. Is... Oh, this is it. <laughs> no, it's also... Actually, it's just a show... It's a show... Ten-year-old anymore. awakening. Brandon, they're not bad. They're just drawn that way. Oh, my God. Sparks. <laughs> it's a really good series. It has a lot of heart. There's actually some really good action scenes, like really, really good fight sequences in there. So, But his art, it's just, I enjoy it. It was one of my first times when I picked up a manga. Um, a friend of mine loaned it to me in high school, and I read it, and I fell in love with it, and then I just kept going from there. Ryan? So I uh, I created little folders for, with examples of all my artists to show you guys real quick. My first dang one, right, dang right. So my first one is actually funny enough of the book club, Alex Maleev. Oh sweet, Alex Maleev. Here you go you just scroll scroll to the. Not scroll like to we the just left. read twelve issues of exactly. His work. Yeah, so Alex Maleev, he just did um, uh, Invin- Invincible, Infamous Iron Man. Uh, he also worked on Moon Knight with Bendis. Um, uh, a couple years ago, uh, he did so a bunch of Bendis work, like he did a Scarlet and some yeah. other stuff. But, yeah, um, his his style is um, it's very it's 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 a mix between like painting and and heavy lines, uh like it's it's uh, it's not as painterly as like a like a, a Dustin Nguyen, but he uses both uh, traditional lines and and uh, uh paint. Oh, I didn't know he did Lando. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Lando book's dope. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's kind of like a uh, like an in between artist of like traditional uh, uh pencils and painting, uh, and I really like him a lot. He's uh. Loki's boobs, my god. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, and just specifically in Infamous Iron Man, some of the very final pages... For those of you who don't know, Loki was a woman for a brief period yes. of time. Uh, some of the final pages of Infamous Iron Man were like, there's a big battle happening between um, um, Mephisto and Doom. Some of the most beautiful pages I've ever seen in a comic. Spoilers for the book club? Names, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, there, I, there's some of those pages that are just like insane, that are, that are full splash pages, just like beautiful colors. Just, uh, Alex Maleev is a, is a Bendis friend. And uh, hopefully he goes over to DC with him. Next is, I'm going to say, Sean Gordon Murphy. And Sean Gordon Murphy wrote, uh, he, excuse me, he uh, wrote and drew uh, Batman White Knight. He did Chrononauts. 
Uh, here's some stuff, Ben. You can, you can, there's some of that oh, stuff. Oh, I know his stuff. Yeah, he did Punk Rock Jesus, obviously. Oh, yeah. This is so good. Yeah. Uh, uh, some of his, so he's very, he's a very, very detailed artist. Like, very, lots. A lot of line work. A lot of line work. And that's the kind of guys I'm into, like that and Greg Capullo. Like, uh, a lot of line work. Uh, um, very gritty, very uh, detailed is what I'm about. Uh, he works really well in black and white, which is, uh, I'm a big fan of. He also did The Wake with, uh, uh Scott Snyder. He draws. I loved his his art in the wake. Yeah, he draws really scary mermaids. Mm-hmm. Oh man, they the are wake. terrifying. Future book club, the wake. Heck yeah, dude. Uh, all right, so I did Alex Midleaf and I did Sean Murphy. Next is Jai Lee. Jai Lee is. You and I disagree on this one. No, yeah. See, here's the thing. Um, I like him. He's a great cover artist. Isn't it Jay Lee. J Jai. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, J Jai Lee. Uh, he's he's a great cover artist. Uh, here's some of his stuff, and he's very. Uh, oh no, I, um, he drew Ozzy Mendias for before Watchmen, yes, he and did. he also was doing the art for Batman Superman. He sure too. was. I I have to say he is a great artist. I do enjoy his covers. He doesn't work for but, traditional Superman Batman stuff. Yes, but his art kind of puts me off a little bit. One hundred percent. So I so I both like and dislike his art. His art. So this is like the only person that like this uh, differing opinions of your, of your art artist. Um, mm. I don't like his. I don't like his blank backgrounds. He doesn't do anything with his backgrounds, and that's that really true. bugs me. Yeah, um, I. That's why he's a better cover artist. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Um, his gothic style works. Like I would love to see him. Oh, on look like at that a, Animal Man. Ah, it's good Animal yeah, Man. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see him on like a on like a like just as a cover artist or or just like a Batman book because I think his gothic style works really well. However, I've noticed that his technology wor- it looks exactly the same every single book he's in. Yeah. Very much like pointy lines with weird pink circles. Yeah. Uh, his, his the thing about yeah the thing about him is like like that's my favorite cover the Fantastic Four yeah. cover. Uh, that's amazing and the interior on this is really good because it's less like ethereal with like wispy wispy stuff with the paint. Uh, but that is kind of his style. So his interiors um depending on the book uh it doesn't really work. But uh, his covers He are, doesn't work for Superman. Yeah, he doesn't really work for Superman because it makes it look like supernatural. Um, and that's kind of like where, where he works. Um, but I think he's amazing and fantastic. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up his covers more than his interiors. Next is Phil Noto. Phil Noto is my current favorite uh, living artist. Um, I have an entire wall of all of his covers. Um, look at some of this, Benjamin. Look at these beautiful things right here. Ooh. Uh, he he draws, I think, the most beautiful women in comics. Who's I know Phil. Oh yeah, who's her? Who's she? That's that's Black Widow. That's Black Widow. That's Black Widow. Oh, Widow. Damn. I think he a... draws the most beautiful <laughs> people in comics. Uh, his. I think Ben just got turned straight again. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, sh- I showed him. Yeah, Black Widow is real cute. That's um, gonna haunt his me facial for the rest of the night. Yes. And like his the emotion, gets out of, out his, the emotion he gets out of out of his out of his uh, uh, characters is is super strong and and. Uh, he's all digital, and like he has a very unique style um, that like you know exactly it's Phil Noto because of the way he uses colors and the way he draws his noses. The way he draws his, everyone has the same nose, but they're super cute noses. And uh, uh, it's just like you know, like you recognize Darwin Cook, you recognize this. Like he's a more traditional style guy, uh, but like you, it's almost uh, almost like a like a digital painting aesthetic as well. But like uh, he does so many covers uh, because he's so good, um, and he's he's too good. For interior, so they get him on a book and then they cancel his book, like Black Widow. Black Widow. That's why. Yeah, that's why. No, because uh, nobody bought that book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, the Black Widow run that he did with uh, uh, Nathan Edmondson is awesome. How many more do you have? Is that it? One more. One more. Stephen Bassett, and he's the Swamp Thing artist. I'm gonna be honest. I only really like him for his Swamp Thing art. His other stuff is fine, but like he works the best in Swamp Thing, and I'll tell you why. I swept to the left. He he is the epitome of insane um, panel structures. And that's what I love. He does stuff like that is untraditional and beautiful, and he works with color. And again, he works so well with Alan Moore because he—it's like poetry in 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 his art. 
Um, and he just merges like the words and the dot and the balloons with the panels itself, and it's oh, it's that. super unique and super you, beautiful. You, I think we're getting a little late because yeah. you started with like, he merges the b- panels and the balloons oh, okay. and yeah, the, blood, no, like, the words. And the, so the, like the, traditional the, comics have like like let's say like eight panels, and it's just panel, panel, panel. Yeah, yeah. These they merge everything together, so b- things bleed into each other. Yeah, yeah. I just the the last photo on here that I saw at the very bottom of the page has a picture of Abby and Swamp Thing. Yes, and when you first look at it, it looks like a combobulated mess like there's this weird baby yeah. up there for some reason like from Death Stranding and then there's is it giving a thumbs up no nope. <laughs> it looks like she's giving me the bird actually no, yeah. but then it gets to the part where you see that it's actually Abby and uh, Swamp Thing so I'm like wow that is yeah beautiful. it's 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 this this art it's like it's it's very Bernie Wrightson-esque oh sorry let me give it to you it's very Bernie Wrightson-esque um, which is insane it's swept to the left very it's insane detail Um, and excuse me you there isn't very many artists like this um at least at least uh uh in the 80s in the 80s this was un, unheard of this insane uh, uh mess of of beauty uh but now it's a little more a little more accepted um but uh man Stephen Bassett like this swamp, this swamp thing run is like it's what it's everything a comic should be it's the best yeah it's it's, it's really good stuff it's it's insane especially cuz the 80s like like there's some in, insane detail that like a regular DC comic doesn't get that's it. Right. All right, Spikes, your turn. Comic artist. My turn. Hi. Uh, Hi. Darwin Cook. We already talked about him. Yeah. So I love Catwoman. Um, Jeff Shaw, who does yes. God Country and oh. Thanos Wins. Really, really love his, his work. I, I love his art. Um, real, real quick, Mark, I really got to thank you for introducing us to God Country. Because of God Country, I read Thanos, and then we all read Thanos. I got my friends to read Thanos, and in turn, I got them to read God Country. So now everyone that I know is into God Country, and Jeff Shaw and Donnie Cates. So thank you for introducing that. You're welcome, the show. Thank you, the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I, really love, uh, I really love when Donnie Cates and him get together. So I, I thought his artwork through both of those titles you, we are, all saw the, incredible. We all saw the, the weird picture he posted on, on yeah, Twitter today we we this week. The God we Country it. teaser? Oh my god. Might be getting another God Country. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, that's very exciting. Who knows? Man. Um, uh, Ed McGuinness. Ooh, uh, Ed McGuinness. Hmm? Good one. Yeah, I, I really like his work because he uh, captured a look for Superman that I really enjoyed. It's kind of like his own riff on Superman from the Superman animated series, I feel. Um, it's much more I, muscular. I really, yeah, yes. It's yeah. a, it a very yeah, similar yeah. build. And the, the way oh, he yeah, does yeah. the eyes and the, the jawline. Um, I really love his work with Superman. It's, it's honestly, it's the, uh, when I, I, the way I was first exposed to it was I picked up um, a Superman, you know, one of those DK, everything you need to know about the Man of Steel books. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the art, a lot of the art that they would put in just like the little like factoid bubbles was Ed McGuinness's art. And I thought, man, that's such a great look for Superman. And I thought he did really wonderful work on the arcs of uh, Emperor Joker and Our Worlds at War. Yeah. And also he did that run of uh, Jeff Loeb's Batman Superman. Which was really like his artwork there. Animated movie, which is pretty good. Toy Man. Yep. Yeah. And I really, I just, I really, I feel like he's really forgotten and underappreciated. He's on Avengers right now. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, nobody ever talks about him. That's very true. Ever. That's very true. Um, so I was, I was really happy to see, to see his work. Um, uh, Mark Bagley. 
Mm, I love Mark the bagels. Bagley, uh, was the main artist for, for the bagel. majority of the Ultimate Spider-Man run that Bendis did. Um, I really, I really enjoy his artwork that he does for yeah. for Spider-Man. Yeah. The way that he captured the characters of Peter and uh, everyone else. He draws he, lanky people. It's good. Yeah, and uh, you you described it when I told you, Ryan, that I had Ed McGinnis and Mark Bagley in there. You're like very, very comic. Like, yeah. like classic comic look. I really like classic. I like, I think one of the things I like so much about Ultimate Spider-Man and about Ed McGinnis drawing Superman is I really enjoy when I, when I'm like, man, I'm just reading a good old, com like I'm reading a comic. Yeah, yeah. Here I am with my comic, like my comic book. I feel <laughs> good when I do that, especially with, with Superman and Spider-Man. I really like feeling that way when I read those characters and both of those artists make me feel that way. And then, uh, Bill Waterson. Oh, Calvin and Hobbs. oh that's a good one, dude. I love yeah. Calvin and Hobbes. Love yeah. Calvin and Hobbes, and uh, so Bill Watterson goes up there. Uh, to totally one of like absolutely my favorite newspaper strip comic, hands down. Same yeah, here. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, love it. So there you go. All right, my turn, I guess. Ooh. All right, comic artist. Let's see what I got. So we've talked about Darwin Cook. He's my favorite artist of all time. Mm -hmm. Rob Liefeld. Um, n no. Don't put that spell on me. Adora <laughs> uh, Cook, my favorite artist of all time. Kenneth Rockford, we've already talked about. Uh, so I will go to Dustin Wynn, who I talked about. On Dust yeah, on Dustin Wynn. Yeah, Dustin, Dustin Wynn is one of my favorite artists. I love his watercolors. Uh, he did. I pick him up mostly for the covers. I pick up Super Sons mostly for his covers. Yep, yep, yep. Because uh, they're pretty great. Cat um, Staggs. Yes. Cat okay. Staggs is a great artist, and I don't think she gets a lot of... You're uh, not reading her current book, are you? I'm not. Crosswind. Well, I don't like Gail Simone. Why not? Uh, we don't have time. That's don't, don't have time. Um, just doesn't do it for me. Okay. So Cass Dagg is one of my favorite artists. Um, she she really captures kind of like so. I was first introduced to her on Smallville season eleven, where she really captures Tom Welling and uh, whoever played Lois Lane. I'm sorry, I forget. Erica Durant. Erica Durant. I got it. I got it. It's, it's Erica <laughs> Durant. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and she can really like like really capture the 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 look Face. of these character of these actors and translate them to the page. She's got great faces. Her cover her cover art is always great, especially when she does TV shows because she really she really captures them. Uh, I, I just really like her. You have her a piece work. of art on your I do. wall. Right I do. There. It's a it's a Superman and Lois uh, piece that she used as a Christmas card. <laughs> it's cute. Uh, yeah, she, it was never published as a cover, but yeah, I love it so much. Um, uh, Bruce Tim. Yeah, yeah, would be my final. Uh, Bruce yeah, a bunch Tim. of toys up there. I do. Bruce Tim. Uh, I, d I doubt there is a more influential comic book artist on my life than Bruce Tim, because uh, the his animated shows really defined my my love of these characters, um, and I just can't get. An, I, I love his art so much. I, I got his Spider Gwen. Actually, I have a Spider Gwen cover that he did. Oh. Um, and when he did when they did Superman Unchained, they did kind of. Uh, different Superman through the decades, and I have his cover that he did, uh, which is like 50s Superman fighting robot. Um, mm. My biggest regret is getting everyone who worked on that book to si to sign it, and not just him, because it looks very cluttered. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I would have loved it to just be his signature. But right. hey, you know what? I yeah, got man. Scott Snyder and Jim Lee, and that's pretty cool. Dustin yeah. Wynn, like yeah, same here. I got both my things signed by them. Yeah, too. but it would have been nice to just be like 
just Bruce Tim. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are my favorite artists. Uh, not much more to be said about that. I like it. All nice. right, Ben. Dealer's Choice. Take dealer's us home. I love choice. dealers. All right, so I went a little different with Dealer's Choice. Did my you? Dealer's Choice is top five video games. So just to be clear out. for the audience, sorry, real quick. For the audience, uh, Dealer's Choice, we ba- we picked our own top five. It's uh, unique. Mine's for top five porn stars. It's unique for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> ben, continue. It's the top five video games that came out before the year 2000. These are all games that I played before I was 10 years old. Tomb Raider. No. Mortal Kombat. No. Sonic. Yes. Yeah, I got Mega one. Mega Man. No. Yeah, because you didn't um, play it before you were 10. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, the, um, what was the, the Lawnmower Man? Oh, Stephen King. That's no. a, there you go. Screw you. <laughs> this is Stephen they King. Make, they did make a video game. <laughs> My personal favorite, probably one of my personal favorite video games of all time was the first one I ever owned that was completely mine. It is a Sonic game, but it's not a Sonic game you think it is. It's uh-huh. Sonic CD. Sonic CD. I had that yeah. game. Yeah. It's the first You're right. Game. I would have never called that. Mm-hmm. It's I, I actually think I would have guessed that one. Oh, you would? Really? <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. I'll give you that one. But yeah, Sonic, Sonic C- CD was ra- was really rad. Sonic CD, it's actually, according to Screw Attack, um, they actually had that as the best Sonic game ever made. It's the everyone, one I've played yeah. the most, for everyone sure. Everyone talks about how great 2 is and how amazing Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is, which I will not, 2 or 3, which I will not lie, both amazing games, but CD takes it home for me because it has that beautiful soundtrack, um, it has that animated opening, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. also it introduces one of the best villains, Metal Sonic. Metal Sonic. Mm-hmm. And, and there's also a really cool mechanic to, with time travel. So you can literally go 88 of super fast and go into the past or into the future, and it affects your gameplay. So after you beat the game, you either get a good ending or a bad ending, depending on whether you get all of the time stones or you destroy these machines that are back in time. And the guy who developed um, uh, Sonic Mania, Christian Whitehead, he developed Sonic CD first that came out for iOS. So that's where he got a start at Sega, was working Sega. and porting Sonic CD uh, to Steam, um, PlayStation, uh, pl- um, PlayStation Now, which is PlayStation's sc- subscription mm-hmm. service, and pretty much making Sonic CD ready available for everyone to play. Nice. So Sonic CD is one of my personal favorites. Nice. Uh, this one's a little bit of a cheat, but they're, since they're on the, both on the same cartridge, I allow it. Super Mario Bros. a duck hunt. I'll allow it. <laughs> That's a weird combination. I'll allow it, I guess. Yeah, because, I mean, Super Mario Bros., that was the game that essentially saved um, video games or home consoles after the crash of 1982. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, of course, it was super. It was one of the first Super Mario games to be played at home. It's, it, was the, it wasn't the first game starring Mario, obviously, but it was one of the games that, of course, we got Super Mario Bros. 2, 3, Super Mario World. We would not have what we have today if it wasn't for Super Mario Bros. And also, if you got an AS at the time, you came with a zapper. What, oh, the, what yeah. was that for? Duck Hunt, motherfuckers. My favorite Smash character. Really? Duck no, Hunt? No, no. <laughs> Never. Uh, Tetris. Oh. It's, it's Tetris. Yeah, Everyone's played Tetris. I love Tetris. It's one of my favorite games ever. Pac-Man is also one of my personal favorites. Every time I go to arcade and there's a Pac-Man machine up, I'm like, I gotta go try and play Galaga. it. Galaga 2. No, Galaga 1. <laughs> Not, <laughs> you know what I meant. I know. And to round it all out, Doom. The original Doom. Classic Doom. Classic Doom. OG Doom. We would not have the first-person shooter if it was not for Doom and Wolfenstein. Thanks, Wolfenstein. Mm-hmm. Ryan. Hey, what's up? So I did video games, but I did all my favorite video games because they're all new. 
because I only play new stuff. Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Old stuff. Screw stuff. Tetris. Yeah. Screw Retro's you. dumb. Screw Retro for life. Give me all the bits. Hey, when are they going to remaster Tetris? Tetris effects. It's, Tetris v- it's VR. Oh, yeah. But you don't Boom. need to remaster Tetris. It's perfect as is. True, I thought. Yeah, you can remaster everything. Can remaster so let's talk Tetris. about a game that clo- that closed its doors 15 years ago or so. Hitman. No. Tomb Raider. Oh. Metal Gear Solid. Actually, it was less than 15. Let me think. It was probably like... Metal Gear. Hell does I? Probably like 10, 10 to 11 years ago. Uh, City of Heroes. It was an MMO. Oh. Uh, City of Heroes, I think, is the best MMO ever. Oh, my gosh. I played this. Yeah, I played that game religiously for... for since the day it came out to basically when it, it finished. Um, it, it was really exciting when it came out. Yeah, dude. Uh, it had the best character creator uh, I've ever... I actually re-downloaded the character creator. I found it online recently because it's, it's so it's so boisterous. Is that the word? That's not the word. It's Yeah, so, sure. It, it's got so much shit. Like, you can make yeah. any hero or villain you want. It's got so many options. Boisterous, <laughs> meaning so much shit. So much shit, exactly. It's 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 really full and, and well-stuffed. And I was, remember... Yeah. Oh, go on. Go so, on. yeah, it was, in, and it was in the early 2000s. So, like, you have, like, Skyrim now. You can make any character. But this was, like, in the early 2000s where they really, like, went balls to the wall with making what hero you wanted. And there's every type of power you wanted, every type of combination. So you can really be whatever hero or villain you wanted. It also included this thing, besides having great its own storylines, its own villains, its own actual comic book that I think Titan put out or something. doesn't matter. Um, they had a thing called the Mission Architect where you actually create your own story arc. So you type out and you make the maps and you put the enemies down and you write your own dialogue. You create your own comic book storylines. And that's where I learned to be where I want to be a writer. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Right yeah. on, man. That's yeah. awesome. I, I remember I would play that game with friends and there was this bit where it'd be like, go do this mission and you'd like fly out to the middle of a desert. You'd like go there and you'd punch a citizen to death and then you'd fly <laughs> back and you'd be like, I went and killed some random guy in the desert because I'm a hero. Yes. <laughs> uh it uh and it had one of the best communities so like um you know uh like we're all part of various communities but like that man that one was super i've renounced them all i'm a hermit yes Thank you. uh it was super fun and then when that game died um it was really tragic like a really part sad. of your soul died. it's like a party of soul and like there has never been a game there have been other superhero games yeah dc universe online it's it's not bad it's fine uh there's like champions online there's a bunch of other superhero-esque games but like world of warcraft uh, matrix firefly all these are dead but, except World of Warcraft. <laughs> They're all dead. Uh, Matrix is bad too. Uh, yeah, the Matrix it, had one, right? I'm it not did. Lying. Yeah, I played it. Yeah, it was bad. Firefly had one. Uh, I don't know if it was like a real ass big MMO. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So City Heroes uh, got canceled, and that's a shame. Uh, moving on, I'm gonna say uh, Bloodborne. Bloodborne is a Dark Souls s game, and by Dark Souls, I mean it's a um, directed a, by Uwe Ball. Directed by Uwe Ball. No, Dark Souls. No, blood, Bloodborne. Oh, Blood... No, that's... No. That's, blood Rain. That's Blood Rain. <laughs> no. Oh, God. Blood. I, they're so different. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Blood's still based off a video game. Yeah. So, Blood Rain, forget, get that out of your memory. Uh, Bloodborne is a very hardcore action-adventure game that deals with Cthulhu and Lovecraftian elements. Um, it's super... super and Uwe Ball. I, I guess Uwe Ball now. <laughs> uh, but it's 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 super... Uh, it's super... Uh, like Victorian gothic and weird monsters like it starts with werewolves and like that kind of stuff but it slowly transitions into like the macabre and like uh, like you lose your you lose your humanity and your and your brain and you start seeing insane like Cthulhu-esque monsters in space uh, it's super hard super fun uh, it's the game that uh, Sakura Shadows Die Twice that samurai game with the robot arm yeah it's the tech is based off that Bloodborne oh cool yes um, Shovel Knight Shovel Knight, it's a retro <laughs> game. No, <laughs> it's not a retro game. It's a retro-based game. It's a retro <laughs> It's a retro game made in 2015. Uh-huh. Um, it's my favorite new uh, indie game. No, I've heard nothing but amazing things about it's, Shovel Knight. It's, it's the best Mega Man game that's not Mega Man. 
Like no, it's it's. I played the game multiple times in a row. Uh, the DLC came out. I haven't played that yet. But um, you play as a guy named Shovel Knight, and you use a shovel as a weapon, and you have to save your your wife, uh, Shield Knight, from the evil Empress. And it's like a very classic fantasy story where you like you have like a Mario board where you go from place to place, and you have enemies who can like fight you on the map, and you go into the real world, and you buy stuff for your armor and your weapons, and like it's a mix of Super Mario Brothers and Mega Man. Uh, but the really uh, weirdly touching story that's very basic but very fun, but the best game mechanics and like it's like Mega Man, you have a bunch of different stuff that you get from fighting bosses that you beat, um, and it's it's classic. And I'm surprised you haven't played it, Ben, because I know you would you'd eat the shit out of oh, it. Oh, I love I, it. I know it's just too man, many, too many video games. Oh, dude, just too much everything. Too much everything. Uh, first world problems. You're right. So uh, these next two are my two remaining favorite games of all time. Let's go Mass Effect Two. As my second one. It's my number one game, but I talk about it a lot, so it's going to be number two. Uh, Mass Effect 2, uh, I think, has the best characters in almost any open-world uh, RPG. Bioware got it right. Uh, it's a story about a um, uh, your, your shepherd, and there's a big monster coming, and you have to like basically uh, uh, recruit uh, villains. It's basically a suicide squad in 2008 uh, to go fight these guys, so if you all die, like it doesn't really matter. Question. Yes. Paragon or Renegade? Oh, Renegade all day, baby. You're a Renegade for life. Oh, then. dude. Gotcha. I, listen, so I play those games multiple times because you can be good and be bad, and I am both all the time. Ben, have you played Mass Effect 2? Um, I have not. Oh, sorry. I thought you said... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no, uh, some friends in college, they try, I played like maybe an hour into Mass Effect 1, and then I stopped. I right, like, okay. So I like that you know stuff, though. But this was, so this was <laughs> another instance where you <laughs> asked him about a reference that you have no idea about. That's so good. Oh, no. I have To knowledge. pretend that you've seen that you have played this. Brandon? That was enough. I have knowledge of... Many, many things. things. It's just it's just so funny when it's just so funny things. when you were like, "Are you a blah 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 or a renegade?" And you're like, "Oh, I'm a renegade." It's like, "Oh, a renegade for life." I see. <laughs> that was actually <laughs> a joke from DBZ Abridged. I'm surprised That's you didn't good. pick that up. That's pretty I good. Feel, I'm, I haven't seen most of DBZ anyway, in a long time. Real quick, Mass Effect Two, super cool. It's got Dude, great... you're like one or two episodes behind Brandon. <laughs> Shut up. But they came out. But they've come out so sporadically oh, for like life. ten years. Life, man, it gets in the way. Life finds a way. Anyway, Mass Effect 2, it's got great characters. Uh, it's got a great mission. Um, and, like, when when you meet these people and you, you get you build these relationships and, you like, you learn the backstory and, like, you go on this... Su- I'm burpy today, excuse me. You go on this suicide mission and, like, some of your people can die and, and, and it's a bummer. And it's, like, it's not real life, but it's, like, hey, man, shit happens. Like, don't expect this mission to go the way... This isn't going to go the way you think it is. To quote Luke Skywalker from the best movie that's going to get remade soon. Last... <laughs> last... <laughs> Hashtag remake the last Jedi. I, I need to I need to play the Mass Effect games. I really do. I'll tell you what, man. Um, they're fantastic. They're so good. <laughs> uh, Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater. Um, uh, so, oh God, how do I even start? So, Metal Gear Solid Three is a prequel. It's the it's the earliest in the franchise, but it's the third game. Or technically, it's a fifth game, but we're, let's not get into it. Yeah, I know. Um, it takes place in the '60s during the Cold War in Russia. It's super great. It's a it's a James Bond esque um, romp through the Russian jungle, and there's like uh, there's betraying, and there's triple crossing and double crossing, and there's Metal Gears, and there's technical espionage, and there's like there's great character work. And the Metal Gear franchise is my favorite franchise. Uh, and of that franchise, three is my favorite game in that franchise. Um, and it's super fun. And hopefully, Jordan Vogue Roberts gets one of those movies made because he's been hanging out with Kojima a lot, and they're best buds. All Video right. games. All right, it's awesome. All right, Sparks, your turn. Oh, okay, great. 
my dealer's choice category is top five butts. So Nicki Minaj is number one, obviously, followed by Ryan Reynolds, of course. Yes. Gal Gadot, I mean, duh. It's not bad. The last girl, I think we can all agree she has to be on this list. Hell yeah. And then finally, my girlfriend. Oh, same. I cannot believe you committed to that. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, my real top five for dealer's choice is uh, top five unappreciated Disney and Pixar animated films. All right. Okay. I'm ready Um, for this one. Weirdly specific. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I was I was bumming around, and I'm like, I don't want to just talk about anime movies. I'm like, what are anime, again, kind of like my, what do people need to think more about kind of thing? Yeah. Um, top five unappreciated Disney Pixar anime films. Uh, a Bug's Life. People don't appreciate A Bug's Life? Yeah, people really don't no, like A Bug's Life. Oh, I, I love A Bug's Life. People, people totally forget and don't really ever think about or care about A Bug's Life. Um. I honestly hear people refer to refer to uh, ants more often than they refer to a bug's life. That's I would say or they ants mix is them underrated up because as well. they care so little. I think those are both good. Yeah. Um, Treasure Planet. Yes, agreed. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I think everybody agrees on that one. Uh, Wally. Really, I don't know. Wally yes, is underappreciated. Yes, Wally. Wally is unappreciated. It is underloved. It is a forgotten Pixar film. I it love is Wally. so forgotten. It is so forgotten that John Lasseter stood on a stage and talked about how Toy Story Four was going to be Pixar's first love story, completely forgetting that Wally was a love story. <laughs> oh, wow. John Lasseter did this. That's how forgotten Wally is. Weird. Yeah. No, it's 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 underloved, and I and I really love Wally, and I, I guess I don't, so. Yeah. I don't think people really appreciate it enough, especially like how much we were able to connect with those characters with so little dialogue. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah. Uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Dude, Ooh. Hellfire is my favorite Disney song. That movie yeah. is dark. Hell yeah, that's movie's great. They don't make those movies anymore. Oh, dope! It's uh, amazing. The, yeah, they didn't. They didn't make those movies before. Yeah. That movie is. That movie just straight up. You watch it and you're like, I can't believe Disney did this. Yeah, dude. They went uh, through with that. It's religious like, it, persecution. It's the. Uh, it's the. The voice actor is Amadeus. Yeah, he's Amadeus yeah. from the movie Amadeus. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And I feel like Disney was like, oh, can we put some fun gargoyles in this? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, uh, man, Hunchback of Notre Dame, I'm I'm in always in awe of that movie for where it went and how dark it is and how. Yeah. Oh, oof. yeah. The, the bit yeah. where he's yelling sanctuary on top of the. <clears throat> on top sanctuary. Of the, and, he's, and he's holding uh, up mm-hmm. uh, Esmeralda. Yeah. Oh, that's With so the lava good. and the, the, the city's on fire. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So good. So good. Uh, and then uh, at the top, I just watched this one again recently with a friend who had who had like not seen it ever in theaters. And he's like, I don't know why I waited on this one. I shouldn't have. This is amazing. Uh, Princess and the Frog. Yeah. Princess and the Frog is um, really good. That's forgotten? Prince, Princess People? and the yeah. Frog. Oh, 100%. I, I for, it's unappreciated. That's for sure. No, it, it is, it is last, forgotten. It is the last 2D animated. Uh, you know, it depends on who you're talking to in these cases, but like, it is the last 2D animated film that Disney produced, and I don't understand why because that film is gorgeous. It's fantastic. It's so well done. I love everything they did about it to turn it on its ear. Uh, man, people need to love Princess and the Frog more. You I'm can just blame saying. my friends on the other side. That's my favorite song. Yeah, other side. It's such a good song. Yeah, man. And they were making like a big deal, like, hey, it's a return to 2D. Yeah, I was hoping we were going to get yeah. more 2D anime yeah, films based on Princess and the Frog. It didn't do well, so they went. Nobody so cared. They, they, they actually, so Tangled was initially con- uh, conceptualized as a 2D animated film. Mm-hmm. Uh, what back when it was called Rapunzel. And then it was uh, changed 
um, it, it was changed to 3D animated because of the low because of the performance because Princess of the Frog didn't do well uh, in the box office. That's a bummer. Which is ridiculous. It Princess of the Frog is amazing. Tangled still turned out alright though. Man, Tangled's great. Yeah, Tangled's yeah. my favorite Disney movie. Hell I, yeah. I just want to buy that. I don't have that movie on Blu-ray. I need to buy that movie on Blu-ray now. Correct. Prin- you Princess are the reason. And the, Princess and the Frog is getting delayed love, but it's still not the recognition it deserves. It'll. I think it'll get a time. It'll, yeah. come, it'll make a comeback. Like a lot of like Atlantis and Treasure Planet. Like I think people will come back to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So I did. Oh, uh, Sparks, you, you, you're done, right? I, I am counting. done, yes. Okay. No, it's um, cool. I, I'm done. <laughs> so I did composers. Ooh. I'm a, I'm a, theme, I'm a, a film score aficionado. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love uh, musical composers. Uh, obviously, John Williams. You know, that goes without saying. Yeah. His, How could you not? Yeah. yeah there's, there's no reason why. This isn't in anybody's top five. He did Gremlins, worries. right? Shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, Back to the Future. Oh. oh. You know, I, fun fact about me, I once thought that John Williams did Back to the Future for... for no, you and I both it. did. We both figured that out together. Oh, you're right. We were wrong. <laughs> that it was Alan Silvestri. Alan Silvestri. Is he on the list? Uh, no, actually. I do Ooh. like Alan Silvestri a lot, but right. he wouldn't be my favorite. Michael Giacchino, or oh. Giacchino. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Giacchino. Um, I think he's, he's a lot of fun as a composer and a person. Like, his, his puns... On his track listings yeah. are oh my god, hilarious. He's ridiculous! <laughs> the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I was just looking at that today. Way too funny they're, in title for how they're that movie so is. good. You need to you need to go to Spotify yeah. and look them up right now uh, because because we need to indulge the audience. He in doesn't this. he doesn't oh, spoil he doesn't spoil his uh, his movies with his titles, so yeah. he makes puns out of them instead. Uh, and he's, he did that with Star Trek. Like Star Trek had enterprising young man, <laughs> um, uh, Nero, uh, Nero sided. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, John Powell. I talked about John Powell with my favorite animated film, How to Train Your Dragon. John Powell is one of the, I think, one of the more underappreciated uh, film film score composers. Mm-hmm. He did uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Arguably, the best part about Solo is the is the music. Yeah, um, that music is definitely really good. Yeah, I love that music a lot. Uh, James Horner, rest in peace. James Horner, uh, he followed Jerry Goldsmith on two franchises. <laughs> so, Are you yeah. reading them? This title makes me Jurassic. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Nostalgiosaurus, Double Cross the Bear, Lava Land, Keep Calm. Lava and, Land is my favorite. Keep Calm and, and Baryonks? <laughs> Baryonx. 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 Keep Calm and Baryonx. Keep Calm and Baryonx. Uh, go with the pyroclastic flow. Gyro, uh, can you Gyro, can you go? Oh. Raiders of the Lost, Elon Nublar, Volcano to Death, Operation Blue Blood, Jurassic Pillow Talk, How to Pick a Lockwood. Yeah, these are great. These are great, right? Yeah, yeah. You'd be so hard headed. I haven't, I haven't oh, looked okay. at his Doctor Strange uh, score, Spider Man oh, scores, man. but I'm sure they're great. Okay. Um, yeah, James Horner, rest in peace. He did Aliens, yes. and he did um, what was the other uh, Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan? Uh, yeah. He followed Jerry Goldsmith twice. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith is a great composer, but not one of my favorites. Um, James Horner, also very famous for uh, Titanic, um, Terminator. Um, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, love his, wor- love his work. Um, he passed away a couple of years ago. Not so long ago, actually. I think we talked about it on the show. And Henry Jackman, a uh, new favorite of mine. Uh, I, specifically, I like his work in regards to Mark uh, Mark Millar and Matthew Vaughn. I'm, mm. uh, I'm sorry. I wanted to jump back to James Horner because I'm surprised you didn't bring up American Tale. You're right, American Tale. I, I, yeah, I always forget about that one. It's one of my favorite animated classics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his, yeah, uh, I, he he wrote um, the uh, the 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 song they sing, right? Yes. Yeah. He also did the uh, 
the music for Land Before Time around the same time, too. Yeah. Littlefoot. Land Before Time is a heartbreaking film. If people only remember the sequels, go back and watch that original. It is heartbreaking. Oh, it is amazing. Um, Henry Jackman, yeah, I like most of his um, most of his work with Matthew Vaughn. I'm not crazy about his work with the Russo Brothers and Marvel. He did Civil War and um, uh, Witch Soldier. Uh, those, those two films, I feel like their scores aren't as... He prefers to use his own themes. Admirable. But Captain America has a theme that hasn't been present in the films because right. of him. That's true, yeah. Yeah. And then they're present in the Avengers films, so it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I agree with you on that. Like, I, He creates like one strong theme in those Captain America films, and then it, there's not much else there that I like. Yeah, like the Winter Soldier theme I really like. Um, and the Civil War theme I like, and then not much else. Yeah, but also, but his X Men First Class score I love. Mm, yeah, yeah. His, yeah. Um, his kick, his kick ass score I love. His Stardust score I love. Uh, his Stardust score I really love. Actually, it's really fun. Um, oh man, Stardust is such a good movie. Stardust yeah. is a great movie. Uh, and then what was the other uh, Kingsman? Kingsman has a really great score. I think. I think. So yeah. Top Real five. quick on Michael Giacchino. Uh, that dude's breadth of work, like like the last couple of years, like he, amazing. He does, he does a lot, and it's all good. Like he did Coco, yeah. and he does Jurassic World, and he does like that's insane. Yeah. His Marvel movies, like get out of here. He did. He's done two Marvel movies. He got two Marvel movies. Under he his did belt. Strange and what else? Spider Man Homecoming. Oh yeah, and Incredibles is so good, man. He's, Incredibles, he's so good. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot to mention Incredibles and Giacchino. Like come man. on, it's great. Incredibles one and two, Rogue or just one. two? Both. He did both. Yeah, yeah. Rogue uh, One. Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, he deserves a lot of credit for Rogue One. He pumped that out. That score oh, dude, out real so fast. fast. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. In four weeks. Bananas. All right. And Take that, Suicide Squad. <laughs> Script. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for our uh, main you, topic. You don't want to hear we about named my 100 things. Top five Some of it stars? overlapped, but I, I named butts, so that helped. <laughs> there we go. Uh, we are now at two hours. So, what do you say we get into our book club to round out our 100th book episode? Book club. Hey, welcome to the Fake Nerd Comic Shop. Yeah. Hi. Um, do you have any books? Uh, could you be a little bit more specific? Um, anything readable? And once again, thank you, Jeremy Vellucci, for our new segment intro. Mm-hmm. I still haven't heard it. You will hear it later. I'll hear it. Okay. <laughs> uh, ben, take it away. Yes. So, Ryan, What's a up? while ago, you told me about an amazing book called Infamous Iron Man. No, I didn't. You were picking it up, and you said it was really, really good. Oh. Because you told me that it was Victor Von Doom, a.k.a. Dr. Doom, yeah. who took up the ant- mantle of Iron Man. I was already quite intrigued, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give this book a I'm shot. Intrigued. I picked up the first volume, and holy balls, I loved it. Yeah. I picked up the, seven bo- the second volume, and I still have to say, holy balls. Yeah. I still love it, and I want more. So too bad. So much more. Too bad. That's all I got. Yeah. Yep. I know. This is like the third 12-issue mini he's done with. Alex uh, Bendis? Yeah. Yeah. So it's Brian Michael Bendis writing Infamous Iron Man, Volume 2. and it's Alex Maleev on the art. Al- Alex Maleev on the art. And uh, it's the one parts I love about this are the interactions between Doom and Ben. Yeah, dude. Because Ben, obviously, he despises Dr. Doom with all of his guts. And it makes sense. And, of course, Ben is like, you know what? I know you're not going to like me, but you know what? Screw it. I'm going to try and be nice to you anyway. And then there's all this stuff with his mom, Reed Richards coming back, but it's not really Reed Richards. He's from the Ultimates universe, or is he from the Ultimates universe? Yes. Yeah, it's Ultimates universe. Yeah, we'll Reed get Richards. to that. Yeah. And oh, uh, got Brian. Hey. Talk. Oh, I'll try. All right. Well, this it's is your book club. This is your book club. It is, it is my book club, but I know Ryan has a whole bunch to say about it. Well, I mean, I mean, I just this is a further continuation of Doctor Doom trying to be a good guy. 
mm-hmm. and <laughs> and like all the vi- <laughs> all the villains meet up, right? Yeah. And they're like, "Is this real? Is Doctor Doom going straight? Is this actually happening?" And then like he just busts in and he kicks all their asses. That's pretty good. I think that's pretty oh, funny. Yeah. yeah, even the part when Riri Williams flies into Laveria and she's and, oh, that's so good. Dude. And even Doom is just like, "Who are you?" Yeah. Uh, everyone's just telling Doctor Doom you can't be Doctor Doom. Even uh, future Doctor Strange. Even future yeah. Tony he Stark. Be, he can't be Doctor Doom. You mean can't be Iron Man? Can't be Iron Man? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. everyone... Said can't be, you, you said they're, they're telling Doctor Doom he can't be Doctor Doom. Oh, like, you're right. That's what they're yeah. saying. So, so future futures, uh, Tony, Tony Stark. Stark, who's the Sorcerer Supreme, mm-hmm. actually has gotten a lot of play with Bendis because he ended his Iron Man run yep. with, a, with a tease from a what was used from a previous comic. This comic. No, no. He he reuses a page from an older comic where it has Tony Stark as Doctor Strange. Uh, it's not Doctor Strange. It's the Sorcerer Supreme. I have the I have it on my computer. I, I forgot. Okay. I'm pretty sure the first time that Tony Stark appears as the Sorcerer Supreme is in this book. It's not the first time. It's not? It's the second time. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the page with the Tony Stark as Sorcerer Supreme. It's so weird. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, so yeah, Victor, he goes, he's in Laveria, just like hanging out in his broken castle. And uh, uh, Riri Williams, who is Ironheart, like she's uh, she's uh, talking to the Shield Lady. And he's like, is this like, a, am I gonna, like, is this like against the law? So like, just go like beat up Doctor Doom. And he's like, eh, who cares? Whatever, it's fine. Let's go beat him up. Uh, <laughs> You're she, breaking like forty-seven laws. Yeah. Oh, because I'm a minor. Oh, it's actually like forty-nine. Yeah. 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 Uh, so she goes to uh, she goes to Laveria, and she just like finds Doctor Doom. He's just like waiting for her, and he's like, she's like, oh, you you can't be Iron Man, dude. He's like, why not? It's like, cause you, cause you, you suck. Yeah, you're, <laughs> like you're talking everyone Doom. just tells him like, and like Ben, Ben's talking, just having the same conversation. He's like, Doomsy, I know who you are. Like, and he's like, Ben, I'm sorry. Like, I'm trying to be a. But also, person. Doom gets visited by Reed Richards. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so uh, first time we see uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Tony Stark, Sorcerer yeah. Supreme, was actually all new X Men Annual Number One. And oh, that's a Bendis book too. Yeah, it's a Bendis yeah, book. So sense. he reuses that same page from oh, that book at, at the end of Iron Man six hundred. So it's, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I've read. That's weird. I forgot about that. Oh well. Oh yeah, and also his mom does some crazy shit. So, uh, is it his mom? Well, yeah, it is his mom. Yes. It is. Um, actually, no, it's not his mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. It's it's not definitely his not mom. his mom. Um, so yeah. uh, uh, let's. I, I don't think this book ends very strongly. No, I, and it's it's one hundred percent because this book was cut off then faster than uh, than it was supposed to because Bendis Bendis was leaving mm-hmm. and like you need to wrap this up. Same with Iron Man because at the end it's revealed that Ultimate Reed Richards is actually Mephisto. Yes, and we know that Ultimate Reed Richards is bouncing the, around the, maker, the main yeah. the, the main universe six one six anyway. So why didn't they just commit to it being Ultimate Reed Richards? Why was it still Mephisto? I, I kind of understand it, but Mephisto it kind of just I'll, feels I'll like counter a it. cop out. Here's the thing though. Um I do feel like this was really rushed. I don't think twelve is supposed to be the final issue. But um you read you've read Damnation, right? Duck yes. Strange. So you know Mephisto is a goofy guy who likes to f- mess with people. If this unfortunately like this was the ending we got that was super rushed, but this is very true to Mephisto's character and Doctor Doom. He's like Doctor Doom's the one guy who messed me over, and I'm gonna screw him over the rest of my life, no matter how hard it is. I may be the Lord of Darkness, and I am like an ethereal god, but like Doom messed me up, so I'm gonna screw with him as, for the rest of my life. But I would have, I would have like really liked it to have been, you know, good guy Doctor Doom versus bad guy Reed Richards. But it's still good guy versus bad guy. Mm-hmm. No, but like specifically Reed Richards is uh, the yeah. bad guy. Like that we got that on Secret Wars. I guess so. Yeah. But you know, there's no harm in retreading re- 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 some. Story no, I agree. Some but like, beats. no, but what I what we got to like, honestly, I I don't think that's 
at the end of the day, that's not the point of it. It's like him trying to reconnect with his mother, and 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 that's what he's wanted his whole life, and then that's taken from him again. No, it's just yeah. I just want to talk about this one part in this book because um, there's a few flashbacks in this book, but when, that's all um, super sad stuff. Yeah, about how because um, Victor, he obviously he loves his mom. He tries, he does all the stuff to get his mom back and earn his mom's approval. Yep. Uh, but there's a scene where this flashback where it goes back because, of course, it's saying like, oh, your mother's a witch, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she yes. is. She sacrifices a bunny. And then she's trying to like, hey, Victor, here's a rabbit. Kill it. Sacrifice it to the dark god. So he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like Victor and his mom just stares at him and says, you coward. So that, that seems like, very important because she's like, so everybody in the town talks about me and it's everything they're saying is true. But like I'm doing it for the, for, for my own reasons, right? Uh, and he's like, so we need to summon this Dark Lord Cthulhu, Cthulhu, who's not Cthulhu, but like my blood's too tainted, so I need I need uh, like noble blood, I need like pure blood, I need someone who's pure of heart to kill this rabbit. And Victor doesn't do it, mm-hmm. and his mother's disappointed in him. So you go forward thirty years in the future where Doctor Doom's trying to be a good person, and then she is like, Doom, I've been waiting for you to be this good person. Things aren't gelling right. It doesn't. It doesn't drill right because no. she was always this mean person. Yeah. So it's he doesn't see it, but clearly that's not his actual mom. And you just slowly start to see everything around him start to break down. And you realize, oh, maybe this isn't Reed. Yeah. Oh man, that's definitely not his mom. Well, also another thing I just flipped to it was uh, when Ben goes to Liberia again. Ben yes. Grimm keeps going and, back. Yeah, he keeps going back to that damn castle. Oh, him and Sharon Carter have really funny stuff together. Mm-hmm. But there's this. Oh little, yeah, the little girl. Mm-hmm. There's this little girl who's trying to find stuff to sell, and of course Ben's like, "Hey, are you glad that Doom's gone?" She's like what and he's like yeah he's he's gone he was a bad guy she's like i would give anything to have lord doom back he's like what and she says how he protected them he was good to them yeah doom loved us he cared for us yeah and how well dr doom treated them and of course to ben Grimm, all he knows about dr doom is how much of an asshole he is and how crappy of a person that kid says i we would give anything to have doom back yeah especially now that he's a hero Mm -hmm. uh and then like yeah you have uh so um I'm trying to I'm trying to put things in perspective before Doom gets captured because Doom gets captured by Riri, but not yeah. really by Riri. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I love I love when he's got uh, they they bring in the villain, the thug guy. Uh, and oh, the wrecker. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. wrecker, and he's he's sitting there and he's like, "Well, you need to protect me because he he killed him, he killed all of them." And it's like yeah. he didn't kill anybody, and he's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, because like he he spilled all the stuff, and he's like, "I knew the person who would run away would be the smartest guy." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. I, I like what I like when he he has Riri like really trying to knock him out, and he's just like, um, uh, he's just like, uh, "Hello, Victor, it's me." Yeah, it's Tony Stark, and it's Tony Stark, Sorcerer Supreme. Oh yeah. yeah. And he's just kind of like, yeah, of course it is. Oh, also, yep. yeah. Uh, so Victor had to have like a concussion to basically go into like this like mind space where he can talk to future Tony Stark. Oh, that's right. So, he has to. Didn't he ask someone to punch him in the face? Yeah. So Riri. He asked Riri to keep repulsing. Blast uh-huh. him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, the bit with Johnny and Ben. I just. Flipped oh that. yeah, in the, in the diner. Oh yeah. Oh man, yeah. All that stuff is so good. Oh, and sad. Ben, ben is such a standout for me in these 12 issues. Oh, ben, yeah. I really Bendis, love everything that yeah. happens with Ben Grimm. Bendis writes a hell of a Ben Grimm, man, let me tell you. Also, this is might not be the, like, the best part, but I really enjoyed it. Was like There's a part near the end when Mephisto kind of breaks the fourth wall and like people he, are oh, fighting. That's, that's definitely he something he does. He breaks the fourth wall, but he looks and he's like, yeah, I know I shouldn't, but I hate this guy. Yeah. This guy's a dick. Yeah. 
And he just keeps talking about how much he just wants to screw Doom over, yeah. and he gets it. And I do agree with you, Brandon. This isn't the ending that I wanted with all the buildup with the other stuff, but I do feel like... Because they kept building it up Ultimate Reed Richards. Yeah, yeah I was really hoping... And he's that, around. Yeah, I was really hoping it was going to be Ultimate um, Reed Richards, but then I was like, surprise, it's Mephisto. Thinking, this book definitely eh. um, got, got sh- shorted, I think. Um, and it, and it yeah. feels that, that that last issue is just like Mephisto talking for like two thirds of it. Um, it's, yeah, it's it does very, feel that yeah. way, but I do think it's handled as well as it can be with the Stark and the and the and how Doom takes it. Especially, I love Doom and, I'd love Doom and Strange being like ah, Mephisto, just yeah. pissed off about it. Yeah, uh, and 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 Doom and Strange have a great history together. Yeah, uh, th- for decades. So. Um, Seeing them team up against Mephisto is totally makes sense. Yeah, I just love Doom as Iron Man. I do too, man. Just, I love. I just love Bendis writing uh, Doom in general. It's so good. Yeah. All right. I guess that. Oh, real quick. Uh, so last volume, uh, the 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 wonderful uh, Amara, I think her name was, who is who is the girl who got involved in Iron Man's life and then got oh, involved yeah. in Victor's life. Oh yeah, isn't she pregnant? Yeah. So yeah, at the end, right. it turns out, girl, you wanted you wanted Victor out of your life. Don't sleep with him. You, you have a Dr. Doom baby now. I'm like, oh, this is so juicy. <coughs> this is so Jersey Shore right now. And we won't know no. about where, where that goes unless we read more Invincible Iron Man. Yep, right. and then that ended after seven issues. So Wait, who when knows? did she sleep with Dr. Doom again? In the first volume. The first, well, it's never implied that they sleep together, but he stays at her place. Oh. So I guess the implication is that, yeah, they slept so together. So, like, he was working in his Dr. Doom way. And he's, you've read Iron Man, so it, it is. He, they slept together. Yes, together. it's okay. definitely him, yeah. Say Sparks! Say a little bit more real quick, because it kind of left you out there. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this book. I like I read it, uh, all these issues, back when we did it the first time, because I enjoyed it so much, and I had to yeah. kind of look back on it again now. Um, I really love the way that Bendis is writing Doctor Doom, this this kind of James Marsters-esque Doctor Doom, especially <laughs> yeah. when he's interacting with Doctor Strange. I really enjoy him. Yeah. Um, I I really uh, like how he builds in little character sides. Some of my favorite moments are the parts uh, where Doctor Doom brings up to Ben, do you see what that idiot Peter Parker did with the Baxter building? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll see to it. Don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, another one of my favorite moments was Doctor Strange when he's uh, he's already like, I'm already in the zone. Auto zone. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I, I just love how Bendis is willing to like banter with his characters, and I thought it plays so well. Um, I know I thought this was a great book, and I really love the way that they handle uh, Bendis handles Riri in these issues. And um, yeah, it's good stuff. I, it was good stuff the last time we read it. It's good stuff now. I, I I thoroughly enjoy this stuff. I'm glad. I agree with what Brandon's saying about Mephisto, but I also do feel like it's at least handled in a way where you know I feel like it all has the the snarky punch that it needs, even though it's. I agree with you, Brandon. Yeah, um, and it does. I will say all of this stuff transitions uh, directly into uh, the Iron Man stuff, like all the stuff with all the villains, all the stuff with with the girl getting pregnant. Um, uh, especially Robbie, uh, the Hood. Uh, he he he's a big prominent character uh, in the last uh, Iron, the Invincible Iron Man arc. Well, there you go. Good stuff. All right. Well, that'll do it for the book club, I guess. Uh, Ryan, it's yours next week. Oh, it's me. So, hey guys, my name is Ryan Leopolis. I like comic books. So uh, we talked about Cyberpunk 2077 last week. We did. Uh, it was last week, right? E3? Yeah. Okay. My, my brain's bad. Brain bad. Uh, and I was in the aesthetic for more Cyberpunk stuff, and I wasn't going to watch Blade Runner again because it's three hours long, and I just watched it. So uh, I wanted something similar to it, and I thought, oh, here's a book that we did one volume of that only I read because this is back when we were doing the Dumb Book Club. It's called Tokyo Ghost. 
It's 10 issues long. We're going to read uh, volume one and two because I already did volume one, but I don't remember it. Um, I read it, uh, but I'm going to give these two volumes to you, Ben, because, hey. Brandon, you have a beautiful hardcover you're going to read. I do indeed. Um, this is this is such a good book. This is about a future where people are dependent on on technology as like a drug, uh, and it's very cyberpunk. It's very dystopian, but like in a fun way. Um, it's like Neo Japan, like Los Angeles. Uh, it's Sean Murphy, one of my favorite artists. Rick Remender, one of my favorite uh, writers. Uh, it's a ten this out of ten. This is your this is your descender. This is my descender. Yeah, there you yeah, go. This is my favorite writer and favorite artist. There you I go. Am, yeah, this is my descender. I am flipping through it. This is a gorgeous book, I dude. Oh my god, I can't wait to. Uh, uh, I mean, I've read it like twice already, but I will reread it again. Heck yeah, Tokyo Ghost. All right, that does it for this extremely long episode. Oh, my favorite. I, I actually have one last thing I want to throw out there. I, I will allow you. I tagged Ryan in this, and it was pretty funny and exciting. Uh, this week in Japan, they released the first <sighs> teaser for the anime Dragon Ball Heroes. Yes, dude. Where it looks like they have completely broken multiverse theory entirely into Dragon Ball because the very first shot is <laughs> Super Saiyan 4 Goku shooting a Kamehameha at Super Saiyan Blue Goku. Yep. Full just Secret Wars, baby. Full on All happening, right. baby. Oh, I'm what? so excited. Yeah. And this is the... It, this is the Let's get too much into it because we I do want to wrap up. We're, it's very late. Um, this is the the out of continuity Dragon Ball. Yes, series. it is no longer clear if it is actually going to be out of continuity. Ooh. It looks like it is now. This is why I want to talk about. It. it looks like it is following future Trunks from the main timeline as he explores a multiverse. This could just be like Xenoverse, the TV show. Yes. Essentially. Oh, dude, I'm totally down. When when is it coming out? Do you know? July. Oh, next what? Month. That's oh, yep. oh boy. All right, that'll do it for this uh, oh long episode. Uh, next week, we are going to be doing a review of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Will it fall in the box office? No, because it's made $700 million. Made a lot of money. Um, all right, so thank you to everyone who contributed to the show. Thank you, 100 episodes. Thank you to everyone who's been listening. Thanks. Uh, and we can't stress it enough how much we appreciate uh, you all listening. On to the um, next 100. Yeah, dude. Oh, no. We made it this far. <laughs> dude, come on. I guess so. Okay. Ooh. Thank you to Jeremy Vellucci for uh, all your contributions uh, over the over the year. This is a, yeah, years. Yeah, years. <laughs> I'm so tired, guys. Yeah, dude. Uh, over the years, it's been and now your new contributions to the book club and the bread and butter. Segments. You got a great voice, Jeremy. Um, I'm you can glad. find him at JV Jabberwalk uh, as well. You know he does a theme song. Uh, he does a TV show. Uh, TV show. He I wishes. Oh, uh, ching. Um, he does a podcast, Suburban Proctologist. Uh, you can find that at facebook.com slash suburban proctologist official Instagram at subpark podcast yeah. uh, rate and review that on iTunes rate and review our show on iTunes Five stars. Rate, rate and review everything on iTunes Five stars. Uh, thank you to Mike Matola Mike Matola <laughs> uh, love you brother uh, you gave brother. us a beautiful beautiful new logo it is up there now it so is shiny. everywhere uh, we love it uh, thank you thank you again you the bomb yeah. um, you can find him at Mike Matola Right. Just that easy. Just Got that. his name. Yep. Sweet. On uh, Instagram and Twitter. Nice. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast. Ficknerguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, you can find me at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. You can find Ben. Uh, BT McClure on Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how many? It's cracks? midnight. Yeah. Uh, ben Magnet 27 for both Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it is. Ryan. My name is. Oh, so I don't know why I said my name is Ryan. <laughs> you can find me at DJ Tony Snark and everything. Is your name Slim Shady? Sparks. Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter. S P A R K Z Witty. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and after 121 
episodes. Oh yeah, because of the specials and stuff. Because of the specials and stuff. Oh really? Yep, that's how many episodes we're we've like done a Dragon Ball Z series. We did twenty one specials already. Well, yeah. like the reviews. Well, the, 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 well, twenty eight specials. This is twenty one. Oh, okay, okay. No, there's twenty one specials. You're right. So now after one hundred and twenty one uh, episodes of content, I, I, have we stayed fake enough? Stay fake, nerds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>